Hello, everybody, and thanks for checking out our podcast. And if you do enjoy listening to things about comic books, you know, podcasts, videos, things like that, I would ask you to go and check out our Patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science. And there you can end up finding a ton of comic book shows, DC, Marvel, manga, indie, all of that all wrapped up into one with pretty much one agenda. And that's to enjoy comic books. And I think there's a lot of people still out there that may just enjoy comic books. I'm hoping that is the case. But please go and check it out. It also helps out everything that we do as well. And I'll give you the address once again. It's patreon.com slash weird science. You can even get a link in the show description of this podcast. But also when you go over there, you can sign up for a seven-day free trial where you can actually see everything that we do before you actually do end up deciding to subscribe. Hopefully, after that, you will subscribe, but you end up being able to choose on your own after listening to a bunch of our shows. So go check that out at patreon.com slash weird science. And now on with the show. Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the problem with the emotional spectrum, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 515. You are a problem with everything but my heart, Eric. My big, enlarged heart. I'm saying you got enough problems over there. You don't need me to that. I have a lot of problems with that. Well, I just want to I want to be able to blame you. But you said I wasn't a problem. That I meant, well, your other problems. The real problem, it seems, is you're the one. Who introduced me to comics? Uh, that is the big problem. But is it a problem, Eric, or is it a boon? Is it a boon or a bane? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. We will. We will tonight. Uh, as we go into this uh, episode, just a quick deal. I know there's this big fight going on with the comics deal. You can really? leave that behind. Yeah. We're non-agenda comic book reviewers who just like to review things honestly. And I think that that's why you know we've been doing it for so long. And everybody's that's opinion why. matters. That's what I want to say, Eric. I was told that my opinion only matters if I agree with certain people this week. And I, I don't yep. get that. But I was like, I, I think I'm going to check out. I'm like, I'm going to check out. I'm not going to do that. So, yeah. And pretty much I, I was thinking the idea of an agenda. Uh, our agenda is we like to have fun skewering and reviewering, as you say. And we like talking to each other about that. comics. That's why we started doing it. And you got me into comics. You're my mentor. but has the student passed the teacher. I don't know. Well, that's what I know. Find out. I know. But here we are. We have a bunch of books this week. As a little bit of an aside, I know that there's other books that came out, like a Gargoyle of Gotham, City of Madness, even the Batman Santa Claus deal. I had planned to do those with other people, and the scheduling all fell through. So those will not be on this week. Eventually, we will try to catch Pretty up low, with those. And if not, they might be on the Patreon, so there's a little incentive. Pretty Speaking low, of the Patreon, Jim. each week we have a badass spotlight. Well, you're not going to talk to me about them, so and, uh-huh. and if we did, the thing we would have been talking for three years. But yeah, Simon and me had problems because of the timing difference, because of him being in London town, and me and Zach ended up just not having a day to do it because we had to do things. I didn't even think about it beforehand. Me and him usually record Fridays. 
But then we had to record because we had so many books. So those things will try to get on the podcast. But next week, I think we have even more books. So there's going to be issues there as well. But we try to do as many as we can, could, should, or would. But yeah, this week, the spotlight, that is picked on our Patreon. It is the badass Patreon-only spotlight picked by the badasses, the Get Fresh crew. They picked two books each week. This week, they picked... You know, the big Beast World book, and I mean Titans Beast World Tour Gotham, number one. I said, of course, I got it out there. And we talked, we'll bring that up, I'm sure, while we're talking about the main Beast World issue this week. But if you want to hear us talk about that at length, you can go over and plus we did Speed Force, number two, the book that everybody's talking about. Everybody's talking about how terrific that Mr. Terrific is in that book. That That is a, a weird Wacky book that you can go and hear us talk Wacky. about. I said in length, we almost had, I guess, two hours or so the pot, the uh, spotlight was. So if you want to hear that, go on over. But we're going to kick this into overdrive because we have a lot of books. So let's get to the roll call, Eric. This is the badass roll call. If I can fight. There it is. There it is. <laughs> yes. What episode is this? <laughs> 515. Oh my, 515. Oh, it's the greatest. Uh, yeah, we might get there like the pay. David Fink. <laughs> Trevitt. I'm having problems now. I thought I was, uh, I thought I was with it again. Dad Nation. Yeah, yeah. Eric K. Jeffrey Greek. Zach Walker. Stephen Bat. Dad Mitchell. The Annihilator. Ted Probst. I love Punchline. Stork. Michael S. Cam. Matt Razor. Niels Tewart. Stephen Baum. Jason Covey. Suit 42 to you and me. Michael G. Ken Halleck. Comic Boom. Rocky. Scary Potter. Mark Jager. Bill Beer of the Bat Pod. Ruben. Carlos. Nova Barb. Matthew Rapier. Luke Hollywood. Luke said he was sick. All week I said, did you have COVID-19? He said he had COVID-69. Dude. Simon. Luis. Man. Shoot. Andrew in Belfast, as we know, he is a mixer there. Uh, We have Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, Batman Beyond, Mark, Brandy Murray, that's Brandon up there in Buffalo, Canada, and Double A Ron Doxing his ass in Minnesota, and then all-time greats, Reginald Drinkwater, Reggie, and our man Rob Lewis. So a shout-out to everybody, and a thank you to all of our patrons, not just the badasses they get named, but everybody is named in Eric's heart. As I said, tattooed on my chest. Yes, a big old tattoo. I love the idea. Somebody's like, yeah, I think I'll quit. You're like, damn, I can't afford to get this laser tattoo removal. Who's lasering? I'm I'm just getting an X like over it. That's fine. You're not going to do like Johnny Depp when he had Winona and then he just made it. Why no? No. (laughs) What What a piece of work. But here we are. Like I said, we have a bunch of books. We have big event books. We have intermezzos. We have somewhat finales we thought so and even more so let's get off into the books right about now i see a star who's green not we said blue Jake Garrick in the boom, boom, long needles you and I think to myself, what the hell is this world? I don't have a clue, but it's not right, 
Watch out for the whistling That bitch might bite And I say to myself What the hell is peace world? Ah, uh, yes, Eric, and here we are. That whole thing with Lois Lane, doesn't matter if she's a beast. That's just normal. <laughs> what I is forgot, wrong with you? I forgot that that happened on there. I'm like, oh, my God. You're I, such a I, monster all I the time. Am. Oh, my God. I told you I like to throw a shade beast. in song. Do you like the idea that for no reason except to rhyme that Nightwing says moo? <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm sitting there, I'm like, but Nightwing's in blue. Uh, well, you could have that, but I needed to make a joke. I was just joking. That, and again, I did that thing weeks before the first issue came out. I'm like, please make him turn into Bat Cal, please. And it'll really make sense. Uh, and then I don't know why, but we had just done a Jake Eric and, you know, the Jake Eric boom deal. So that was in my mind, too. I mean, that was a, uh, a spur of the moment type deal, but it made me giggle. With you could have just rhymed blue with blue. Yeah, but that doesn't. I wanted to have all animal deals. It, works, and it then, works for wrong turn. And then at the end, yeah, it does. At the end, I just was like, yeah, I'm gonna make fun of Lois Lane, which we don't really see. And there's a weird play in one of the books. I guess it's action when we get to it, where a bunch of people are, are, you know, called out this, that, this, and Lois is not. And it's weird. I do think it is the Nora Stone when she's like, "You're there with your family," and goes down like a whole laundry list. Never mentions Lois. Poor Lois. She gets ditched, but we have some big books. And unlike what that song theme is about, besides, you know, Lois being a little over the top, I, I like Beast World. I've actually, I like the first issue. We'll see if we like this issue. But the only thing that I worry about is, and we talked about it on our spotlight, is that as a crossover, that would have been just a Titans and a Nightwing crossover. Maybe, you know, it's on the. I think it could have been really, really solid. These tires are already wearing it down. They're watering it down. They're making me think less of it, and I don't want to be like that. Like I think that it's pretty good. Do. Yeah, they they usually do, and not just and not just normal tie-ins where you have like a crossover. This is like a special issue that's put out just for this little event as a side story that doesn't really matter. It's just there for a cash grab. It's, and that's DC's thing. Uh, you have the idea where. If you want to do these tie-ins and say you have, oh, there's Batman. What's Batman doing? Or, hey, that person's doing it. But we keep getting these anthology ones. We had it during Lazarus Planet. We had all this stuff going on, and they just end up being just nothing. But I do like Titans Beast World. We'll see if you like this issue and maybe if I do as well. I think it's fun. Oh, no. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's your Achilles heel. The fun factor is not what Eric Shea likes to hear. But let's get into it. Start being my Achilles feel. That is, oh my goodness, what is this there? Titans Beast World number two, written by Tom Taylor with art by Ivan Rice, Danny Mickey, Brad Anderson, and Wes Abbott. We continue our Beast World jaunt with Garo in space with the rest of the heroes trying to fight off this mindless Beast Boy Starro. And it's such a weird idea, too, because we start out the issue with, you know, Raven trying to find, you know, Cyborg so we can boom tube up to where everybody has been. For some reason, ever since Cyborg has opened up that boom tube that sent the Necro Star to the coldest part of the galaxy or universe, he seems to have, like, you know, forgotten everything for the Lost last half mind. hour. Man. And it's such a weird idea. Like, are we going to play that up or is it just because we're doing something here that, like, you know, Cyborg has to be let in on what's going on as, like, you know, per the reader after it's jumping in this issue? It just looks like a weird place to start. And it's a weird idea as well, because the way that these go down, you can sit there and say it was, I don't know, any other character. You can go, well, maybe the whole, 
but it's cyborg. Like, that should be something that wouldn't affect him. And overall, I can't think that Necrostar or anything with Garo and all would affect cyborg. It's very odd. It is very odd. Like you said, maybe he's in shock. Maybe that's it. And maybe he's just in shock and he has no memory backups in his freaking cyborg yeah. brain. I mean, he didn't charge his batteries. It's a weird play to start out. I'll, I'll, I'm right with you thinking, okay, and I don't want to get too invested in thinking that this is going to be something that is real, real important because I don't know that it is, but it is weird. Then it's also weird. And I get the play here, but to throw an animal man in this freak out mode of his, I don't know. It just seems like that's just thrown in because he's Animal, animal man. man. And that's the worst part because you go from the side of it. I'm like, all right, look, that's pretty cool. I want to know more about that. Does it mean something? I don't know. But and then you turn the page and you move on. It's like connected to the life like of no, like uh, connected to life like no other. The Animal Man says this is a momental sh- momental shift. He was overcome by the planet's seismic change, and he freaks out right there as he felt a million new creatures burst into life. And I'm sitting there like. Oh shit, what's Animal Man gonna do here? Freaking, like, you know, pull him out. Like, this is gonna be Animal Man's time to shine after all of these years. And then he turned the page, and now we move on to Bloodhaven. I'm like, yeah, God damn it. It's a weird play, and I, I get the concept. Come I back, get buddy. the idea. Come but back. It, it is a weird play because the people are, you know, there's still the same amount they've just changed. So you get that seismic shift that they talk about, but it's an odd concept if you really I, I think agree. about it. it. It's a very odd concept because you have Animal Man who's connected to the Red who can take on the powers of animals and such like that. There are tributes, whatever he needs to do when he, well, since he's connected to the Red. Everybody we have here, for the most part, are animal-human hybrids, but let's just say they're like, you know, if you sense them, they would just be the animal that they become. Like, That's you know, what I'm saying. Is is the Batman wolf that we get in this issue? Is that a new species that's coming together right now? Like, does he not sense like Anthony Lupus? Is it, is that the same thing? And with that, I've never really felt like at any point because I mean, there. I don't know if you know this, Eric. There's a lot of animals on the Earth. A lot of things with the red. The hell, you say? I, I, they're almost they're playing this. They're playing it up more like a Superman who all of a sudden he hears everything, and I yeah. don't quite get that full connection with Animal Man to the red that way. But when you end up, like you said, I think that it's done in a way that's supposed to be like, just turn the page, guys. Yeah, Yeah, it's a wow moment. And I think it's also at play something that kind of, like you said, gets me a little upset. I think that Tom Taylor doesn't want to get Animal Man that involved. So he has to have him. You know, so he has to show him so that it doesn't seem like, oh, my God, you had a Beast World and you forgot about Animal Man. I think that what's going on here is he is showing you. He's going insane and he can't help that he's not going to be able to. That's a shame. And I wanted him and Maxine both to be involved and, and get well, you some do sort that. of thing You have go. Maxine and you him. You have them both freak out. The, like you have the tantum totem around Vixen's neck start like, you know, doing weird shit that she doesn't understand. You have like Freedom Beast like freaking out over the idea of, hey, he feels the shift as well. You just go down the course of people who are connected to the red. Just like one page of a freak out because you know what? They're not going to be featured. And when you get to say... I don't know, Eric. Titans, Beast World, colon, tour, colon, Central City. I would have liked to have had Irie, Jay, and Maxine maybe working some things through. Have Animal Girl doing stuff with them and have some fun with it. But I don't think we're going to have anything. I don't, like, I don't so. know. I don't know. And and really, if you're going to do that, give fans what they want and let Jeremy Adams come back and, and write the kids for one bit of a thing. That'd be really cool. But whether or not that's going to happen, I... I just the idea I sat there and I sat way too long looking at the page thinking, well, there were the humans that were there. And I know the ship he's saying, but then does that change the deal? And then that and then I'm thinking, 
How many animals of all sorts and everything of the red are born each day? Does he have this problem every morning he wakes up? I mean, there's a lot of shit going down in the world, but it's just to show that he is like he's aware of. And I mean, Tom Taylor is aware that maybe Animal Man could have been involved, but I don't think he will be. This is going to be more I just of imagine a it's like focus. him going to like, you know, like Commandy's Earth, Earth 50. I think it's 51. But the idea is like he goes there, all the human people, I mean, the animal people that are there, it's like, oh, God, he swoons over and faints. Like, it's too much of a shock for him. They're just like on planet Earth. And they're just like every time, like, who brought this guy? Like, really? He's yelling about vegetarian burgers. I don't like those. Now he's passing out all over the place. And I think he peed himself. But we go from there and we're in Bloodhaven. We're in the blood air. You know, shit goes down in in the the blood. blood, right? Batman, he's actually making an appearance there. And they're saving people. And again, I'm not going to say that this is the greatest thing I've ever read. Or, oh, my God, this is going to be Eisner winning. I like it. I actually like seeing Batman and Nightwing working together. I agree. Batman and Nightwing just saving people here. They left a girl behind, and Batman has to like throw himself into the fray to make sure that this girl is saved and everything like that. And even the idea where he breaks down, like, your father sent me to save you, like, me and Nightwing to save you type of thing. This Connor guy. Night- is Nightwing your son? Yes, he is. And I'm like, that was so good. There's such a little it thing. Was. It doesn't matter because Batman's eventually going to become a goddamn wolfman when a freaking a yeah, star, is, a Garo yeah. spore jumps out of a freaking viper woman's mouth into his. But like this moment right now, this is really some good ass Batman. It's really nice. I only have a couple problems with it. That kid's going right to TMZ. It, Batman's identity done. But also, I would have hooked that zip line to like the kid's belt or something. He like has him hold it. When the kid goes, he's so little as he's shooting up. But it's nice. And the idea of when you you want to do a play on the whole idea of like we have Vicky Vale in the '89 Batman movies. Like, how much do you weigh? But instead of like, hey kid, how good's your upper arm strength? Or yeah, upper body yeah, strength? You're even working out. You're throwing. You're playing jacks. Hold lately. on to this. You end up where again he's trying to, and he saves the kid. Like, there's this giant bear. Who's going to get him? It looks great. And then you end up where he takes care of the bear, gets the kid. And like you said, just that idea. Be funny if this Batman's like, no, he's not my son. What are you talking about? But he's being so nice. And this is a nice play. It works out so well for we have the world's finest Teen Titans this week as well for how Batman treats Robin and that. The idea, like how proud he is of him for like, you know, being able to lead a team, even though he's disapproves with the idea of showing his identity. You just had this really great moment of father-son kind of like camaraderie between Dick and Bruce, like in two different books. Now. And partners and, it's very minor. and all it's, that, yeah. It's, it's very minor to the actual issues at hand, but they really just re- like jump out of the page and grab a hold of you. I agree. And you can go with the lay of the land here and say, at this point, they're not really, nobody's seeing eye to eye with Batman, but shit's gone down. He's doing all these things. And what I do like, and this is the, a reminder I think to a lot of people, including myself, of what I do love about Tom Taylor when he writes things, he gets these character moments. The problem is they're better done in something that's a limited series because when he has something like his Nightwing or Titans book, that's all you get. It's it, And that, that waters it down. When you have it here, it's so good because it's boom, boom, and then you get back to the story. And his other things, he's got to just think to himself, don't do it every page because then it doesn't mean as much and it does feel really cool here it, it's really well written for this whole thing but ivan rice's art really makes it actually add more to it because this entire book looks so good it does and it's a shame he's only going to be doing a couple issues more and then he's this done. is what events and, should look like yeah yeah and and again when you sit there and when i said earlier about it's a shame that this isn't just a crossover with nightwing type it looks like a huge event and why aren't a lot of the events that we get that are supposed to be the huge events, why aren't they as good as this? Or why don't they look as good? 
it's just a weird, weird play at DC with all but these then, things we, going we on. We say that though because you know, man, this looks good. It feels big, and then you have the tie-in issues with the world tours where everything feels small and little, like little freaking one shots that don't matter. People are fine. There's barely ever even talk about a Beast World situation or anything going on. And and here's where I get I get the play. Oh, no, an animal person. And 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 again, some of those ties. Sometimes if you if you do something right. You can have the tie-ins feel smaller because you're going to, you know, go and focus on individual characters and what they're doing or whatever. The problem I have is I think that this Beast World in two issues, it, it's good. I like it. I'm having fun with it. Oh, I hate the premise, but it's okay. That's the, that's my big point. This is my thing. I'm enjoying reading it, but the premise itself does not give me the idea that you need to have those tie-ins and all they're doing is, Oh, what animals can we make this asshole? What can we do this? Ass- it it doesn't have the legs to do these times, but for just this story, it works out really well for me. And I think that it, but it never felt, it's goofy. It's a goofy, fun deal. I don't think a goofy, fun deal needs to have that many times. And they're all cash grabs. It's a hundred percent. You can't ever convince me that that's, you know, it's not like what back it in is. the day, if you, if you took the JL ape and made it into a big event where everybody turns into gorillas, like that's your big thing that you're yeah, playing off. Like, do it yeah. in annuals, isn't that what they did? It was like went through annuals or stuff. But yeah, that it's a goofy thing. And For then some you reason, can I tell. go back in the '90s or early 2000s where it's like, all right, we're gonna do something like weird and fun that people are like. Here's the X babies. Here's JL ape. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, J- I'll X see you next babies. month, guys. <laughs> and so I would like to think in my heart of hearts that. This event was Tom Taylor came up with an idea that he wanted to do. Obviously, it goes through Beast Boy. So he thinks of Beast World, weird title. But then somebody grabbed onto that and said, ooh, it's it's almost like the idea of you don't want it to be like the original Secret Wars all the time of like, we're just going to do this to make toys. But that worked out because it was fun. But if you keep doing so when they did this, I hope it wasn't them just sitting around going, Man, if we did something with Beast guys, we could do this. All I'm we could saying have that. is, do not make this into a toy merchandising thing because I don't want to sit there and have McFarlane only say, "Oh, you're gonna a have Black it. Adam." No, I don't want it though. I don't want a Black Adam Lion Man. I don't want a Werewolf fucking Batman. I just want regular figures that are part of the main DC universe to represent everybody that I love. If he's <laughs> a lion, <laughs> he's a giant, Eric. That's what I say. You don't, you don't want a Wolfman. I don't need wolf a Wolfman man. Batman. No, uh, I mentioned on our Patreon spotlight that. I was getting guff because I was calling Batman a wolfman, not a werewolf. It's a wolfman. A wolfman. <laughs> I just like when he's a wolfman. So you end up where all this is going down. And then after they save that kid, Nightwing just jumps into the fray. And Batman and Nightwing are just beating the. I mean, it is one of those weird plays. Usually at this point, I'll give him credit. Usually at this point, you'll have a lot of mentions of these are just regular people. We can't beat them up. They're going ham. They're beating the crap out of these things because they are oversized monsters. Well, uh, I, and so they I'm go into this. I'm a little disappointed, though, in the idea because I'm liking the issue so far, even though I did not expect much because I thought the first issue of Beast World was great. The idea, like, well, I thought Necrostar was, was a little way. It, it, it's just, you know, like, here's a bigger, worse version of Starro, a Necrostar. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. It was still fun. It was cool for Beast Boy to say, like, I can do something here. I think I got an idea that'll work. It's going to, like, strain me to the nth degree. But Beast Boys in control, like that's kind of cool. You never get to see that shit. But by the end, when it becomes, and then he spreads his spores, and people become animal-human hybrids that go crazy. That's where it lost me. So I was really wary about going into this issue. How dare and, but, you? 
I'm liking what we have because it's fun. You're seeing great character moments. But when Nightwing is fighting a wolf and Batman and he sees saw the like the spore come out of that Viper woman into Batman changing, even had a great moment before Batman changed talking how he believes Dick will be able to save the day and make sure I don't hurt anybody. Great little transformation moment for the last bit of like Batman's true mind. But when it becomes the crux of the issue and probably the event in general, where while Nightwing's fighting the Batman Wolfman, he's like, you know what, Oracle, make sure you tell everybody, I'm pretty sure that these spores, they're just jumping the better hosts. And that becomes the big thing for when Donna Troy and Starfire are in conduct. Oracle has to put the, 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 the announcement out there. It's like, oh, my God, you won't believe this, guys. You've got to cover your mouth and make sure you don't get infected because these spores, they're going to be coming for your ass because you're pretty damn powerful because Nightwing thinks this could be the thing. It's just a weird leap that everybody goes I with. I know it's a leap, but, well, it is a leap. I mean, we had, say, in Night Terrors, where Harley just shows up out of nowhere, like, enter stage left. Holy shit, we got Freddy Krueger rules. They have these all the time. Spot on, also, spot on. Also, isn't that a good to Harley? Thank you. I, I thought you were going to give me a, a little bit of a clap there, Eric, because of how good that was. But remember, just as an enough. aside, I don't want to spoil too much. And we haven't read ahead, but unfortunately... Some of the issues have been ahead in the Metropolis World Tour Gotham Metropolis nonsense. And it said at that point, there's going to be a rule of you can scare it out of them. You can scare them out of their pants and out of their animal deals. Yeah. So and again, that makes sense in that parasitic way that it thinks that the host is dying. So it makes it. But it, it was funny, like you have to get them close to death. But in this, the only reason I think I again. Tom Taylor's setting up rules to try to give you a story and they don't feel as organic like you're saying it's kind of a yeah okay they're gonna jump around but hey I saw this one thing one time where Batman got infected I think this is the crux to everything that we're dealing with right now and it's a jump but I think that the real reason you have that is so that they want to show you characters before they transform so to do that you have this stupid thing that they're gonna go and everybody's just gonna walk next to something and it's gonna jump into them but I said to you that I think that we should all keep a tally so we can see exactly who the Garo Spores actually think are the most powerful characters in the DCU. Obviously, there would be a Batman, but, you know, it didn't jump to Nightwing. So, ooh, Nightwing, you got dissed. He's not as good as the Batman. So what would a Spore like that want? I think it would just want, like, a hulking body, not just, like, brains or something. It's very odd, but... I, I can't tell you what a Garo Spore without a, a mind to go with the actual host body would want at this and point And it is a funny play. We talked about this, and there, I don't... If we get a rule or something explained, I'll laugh, but why would a Spore that was in a lady who was... Was she just a cold snake here? And then it jumps into Batman. I think and he she becomes the, Then he becomes the Wolfman. Like, there, there's no real play here. You want to have, you say, you keep saying you want the mutagen. And all of a sudden, Batman looks around and there's a dog there. It's like, shit, I was next to a dog. Well, at least you were next to a snake. Uh, but he's going to go off and be a good boy, Eric, is what I heard. But yeah, Nightwing he's be says. in a cage. The other big thing that Nightwing says here, and it's kind of, again, convenient, where him and Batman are fighting. Like, you know what? We kind of really need to get some sort of specimen. We need to get somebody to go and get them in a cage. Maybe even put them in the zoo. And I think that's Batman. He is now patient zero to maybe figure this out. But I don't know what there is to really figure out. And I'm telling you, it at would the be moment, weird, it's and, all you, hell. and you would love it. But if you just reintroduce the the Jaro character from Death Metal and stuff like that, the little like you know Starro Spore that loved Batman, you know, like hey, hey, can you give us any insight on this whole thing? It'd be a weird throw out, but it's a cool callback as well because I don't. Will you ever see that character again? The, the Starro Spore that wanted to be Robin? 
It's like, hey, Jaro, what you do? Hell if I know. That's my Jaro. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Uh, but you end up having, again, one of the things that are going to be wow moments. If if you're not out there wanting to see a lion black Adam, this may not be for you. I really, well, it's, because- it's so weird, too, because we saw that like Kondok was just overrun with these spores, but Oracle was monitoring the whole world at this point in time. And the entire, like every nation on Earth is being rocked with this whole thing. But for some reason, we have to focus on Kondok because it's burning. And I'm like, all right, is conduct that important to the rest of us? Because, like, look, we gotta sa- we got to save lives. Look, we're superheroes. We're going to save lives. It doesn't matter. Black Adam, kind of a dick and a dictator. So, like, maybe we should just keep, like, you know, conduct to itself since it wants to be isolated as it is. We got the rest of the world on fly- fire as well and animal people everywhere. Maybe leave the Black Adams alone, but maybe we have to take him down because he is a lion-maned Black Adam. Well, you, he's pretty powerful. I like the idea where at one point you have, that, you know, Barbara, she's talking to Donna and Corey, and it's like, don't you get invaded, because if you get the spores, then we're really, I'm like, I don't know, a Black Adam lion is, is pretty formidable, you might want to, you know, that... All right, but the thing is, they, if they get infected, you have a Black Adam lion, and whatever Starfire and Donna Troy would be well, on top of it's it, it's just going to be on top of everything. Problematic. I mean, Superman, then you get this, everything's problematic. I mean, look at what's going on around the deal. You got an ape. And maybe a giant elk and an, uh, uh, that otter might be the actual uh, first lady, but she wouldn't be in New York. Like you have to see all these things on the screen are kind of crazy there. Gay Paris having problems. Every, the thing is, when Look she yells, and the, uh, I know. Look at the, the freaking, you know, I don't know what those are. Shark men running around. Shark like, men. Yeah. They're like running on the, water. The, they look like they might be speedsters. Possible. But when you end up having all this, it is funny that you see these all the places. I mean, everything's on fire, and there, there's Barbara. Oh no, Kondak is on fire. Like, so is everything else. I mean, it's such yeah. a weird play to ju- again. Like on your screen, it almost looks like the heat is burning the freaking Eiffel Tower, bending it over. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> it does. That's bending over the Leaning Tower of Pisa is leaning a little more. You got a oh, lot no. of crazy. It's reading the, reading the wrong way. <laughs> that bottom right, that's just Quaker Town. That's me and you running for our lives there from that yep. fucking hawk. And the weird thing is that's not even part of the beast world. That's just a fucking hawk chasing us. But we end up in those other two, the hippo and the wolfman there. They're going to get meth downtown. But when we end up having all this, it's just to force you to go to conduct so you can get Agreed. Black Adam. I mean, but he looks cool. I he mean, does it really look cool. Looks and cool, you right? see Don and Starfire taking on a... A lion black Adam. That's a lot of action right here, but ultimately it doesn't do a lot for the issue, but look really cool and give us the stakes, the idea. Hey, uh, you can't get infected because these things are going to jump to the most powerful host. Watch out. Yeah. And as they say that, all of a sudden a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of Garo hey, sports you- are like surrounding them. What do you think this it's all this is all just hypothetical nonsense that I'm gonna bring up now because I don't know if there's ever gonna be a basis for the story that but what do you think one of these Garo spores that transforms people into animals like this? What do you think it would do to like a shapeshifter like Martian Manhunter or Miss Martian? Yeah, that would be weird. Maybe you would flicker through. That'd be kinda neat, wouldn't it? Like all of a sudden he's like just flickering just shifting through constantly? different things. Yeah, just shifting constantly. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I, that's a, a crazy question. It's for some reason when I was looking at Australia, I'm like, hey, Miss Marsha should live there. What's going on with her? Yeah, I don't know. But then we go to Washington, D.C., where you do end up having Amanda Waller, Peacemaker, and Dr. Hate coming into town with a few days to thrill. And they don't want it. You have Dr. Hate there, just so Tom Taylor, does he think this is a singer? And they get to the Capitol and like, hey, I, I like it's Peacemaker. Like, hey, do we need this wacko here? 
Oh, yeah, you're right. Hey, doctor, hey, you take a breather here. We're going to go in there. Oh, really? I think this is a house of chaos just for me. I'm like, get out of We don't need your stand-up routine, doctor. <laughs> uh, so I, I sat there and I thought, like, oh, you got them, Tubtail. You really got them. But you end up having Amanda Waller go in and talk to the president. And again, you would you would assume that this would be Joe Biden, though from the back it looks like Bush. And then it it's just the matter. idea. I know it doesn't matter, but it's funny that the idea, like, hey, I don't know if you know this, Mister. The president's just kind of lounging around. Like I would think he'd be with surrounded by people. They'd be in the war room, things like that. But he's just. You know, chilling. This is the war room. Amanda Waller and Peacemaker here, and he's talking about activating the Bureau of Sovereignty, which I seems think like that a pretty scary people. thing. I think you'd have more people. Yeah, it's just to give Not for, for this power. meeting. Yeah, for this meeting, you have that. And again, you're kind of playing later on in the Action Comics deal. We're going to have a play with the Suicide Squad book that is going to be coming down the line. And it's weird because this really feels like that play of, okay, we're referencing what happened with Amanda Waller? She was on the run. At one point, she was in a war for Earth 3. Uh, you know, I could I could hit this for all of these. Yeah, we, we, we say the idea that they reference. There's no real reference because she was public enemy number one. She jumped Earth because of it. And it's just, and she's back. Well, she's back <laughs> here going back. with the meeting saying, I'm the only one who can stop this. You have to give me my power back. And he's like, I don't think we're going to do that. So at is, least you see even that. the idea of her power back, I feel in the background she's had the power that she had previously this whole time. This is more power. Yeah, I don't think she's had that power up until now. I think that they're going to use this as this uh, Bureau of Sovereignty and Giver of Sovereignty for her to then make the new Suicide Squad and, and go with that. But she then you know, says, Superman, he's cool. But they don't do shit anymore. They broke up, even though that really doesn't matter for anything. And you're going to risk the, so the, the, the world on some 20-something throwing some hellish shade at the Titans. Yeah. And so when you have this, a lot of people were wondering, oh, my God, is this tying into the Tom King sovereign guy? I don't think it is. I, think I don't think it is, no. political sovereignty uh, concept of forgetting that back. And I'm not saying that this ties in, you know tit for tat of oh my god this solves everything that's happened with amanda no. waller but at least i can make it everything work. with the war for earth three and everything that led up to it it doesn't matter no i'm saying the idea that she was kind of out and about and on the run that war for Earth three is bullshit it doesn't matter but, but that now that she's coming back i'm saying this is where she's kind of coming out of the shadows again and saying i need this give me the sovereignty deal let me have the power and he won't let it yet but it seems like you might get there and then we end it with Nightwing fishing old good boy Batman the Wolfman out of the drink and the saying, I got him, get a cage ready. And we kind of know that if you did read or are going to read the uh, Gotham tour Beast what is World it? What deal. Is it? it is Titans Beast World colon tour colon Gotham number one. You'll oh, see okay. what happens there, even though it doesn't jive up completely, but it's OK. It actually, you know, at least it has a. Little no, no, in my what's mind, happening. It, it, it jives up completely because he subdues Batman right here, and then he goes off, and Batman wakes up and makes his way back to Gotham. It's just from this point, we go to the Gotham World tour, and it's right there. It's weird because the way they're playing it here, I'm thinking that Batman's out in the bed, but yeah, he does wake up. It's funny that he wakes up here and just runs off. Uh, but he was in Bloodhaven, so that makes sense. Uh, exactly. what, would, what would you give this? I think the art is spectacular throughout this whole thing. Yeah, there's some things in here that don't like, you know, move the story forward with the idea of like, hey, there's Starfire and Donna Troy and Kondok fighting a lion-headed Black Adam. You do get the idea that, you know, the premise of the Starro spores, you know, jumping to a better host from that. But 
it's some cool ass action. You know, you don't, what are you going to get those two fighting a goddamn lion headed black Adam? Whether it matters or not, it's cool to look at and you get some really good character moments here and it just feels like this has become as big as it wants to be because of the things that we're experiencing through these issues of the main story, at least eight out of 10. Yeah, I made it out of 10 as well. Actually, I thought you were going to go lower. I'm glad that you're as high as you used to be in high school, Eric, as oh, they boy. say. Oh, my. But yeah, and the art is just, it's fantastic. Supoib, as they say, and really does. It makes it, it makes it feel bigger. It makes it everything. And an issue that, I'm not going to say it has, you know, the mind-bending things going on all over. Everything looks great, and it makes it bigger and bigger. And now we move to the next book, and we'll see if that's the case as well, Eric. What are we talking about next? Action Comics number 1060, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with art by Eddie Barrows, Fico Asio, Eber Ferreira, Joe Prado, Jonas Trinidad, Matt Herms, Christopher Sotomayor, and Dave Sharp. There's a lot of freaking artists I was going to say, maybe book. you can mention who's not on the book. It might, it might have but been I'll quicker. tell you this. The idea that Otho Ra, you know, the one of the, the kid, new kids of Superman of the Super Twins, was taken by Nora Stone, who is the Sister the, Shadow, the freaking, Sister Shadow, who is from Earth Al Ghul. I'm telling you, I I should have gone back and read the uh, no, Superman I went, I Batman. Th- don't bother. It really don't bother. Didn't, okay, it just really the idea that this much. is tying into the Batman Superman the Authority special or someone, however they spelled it out for that whole thing. I I should have gone back and do did my due diligence. And I swear to God, somebody actually said we talked about it, so I have read it at some point. It has. And no you have a better memory than me with stuff like that. We did a, a Patreon spotlight on it. We should have listened to that. We probably we should have uh, totally. No, I went back but and looked at is, it. But it. Just as an aside, the thing that you really only have to know in is that they kind of shut it down. Yeah, shut it down. You get that in this issue. Yeah, you, you get what you need. You get what you need. So, it, it's it's not as clever as if you go back. If you're thinking you're going to get a eureka moment and like, oh my god, this is no, so I awesome. Just, you're I just feel like that. I want more background on this Earth Al Ghul for some reason. Like they, they fill you in pretty good here to like for everything in my mind. It's just You're I want to know more about it because <laughs> it just it's a it's a focal point of the story. So I feel like I should want to know more about it. But the idea that pretty much Superman is at his wit's end. One of his kids has been freaking taken. He is he he's Superman, but he is not thinking clearly at all to the point where he actually goes to John Constantine and jolly old England town to freaking grab his magical ass to help him find a way to breach the freaking multiversal gap to find Earth Al Ghul. It's like, look, um, it's weird seeing Superman this way, but I get it. And I kind of really like him and John Constantine working it's together because okay. that's something you see all the time. It's anything, though. And, and I think that he's just doing this just to show John. That and I don't mean John Constantine. I mean John Kenny's like, look, if I knew you were missing, this is what I would have done. I'm, a, I'm a good daddy. And he goes up. I'm going to okay. light Constantine cigarettes with my heat vision, make sure he gets the job done, and get my kid back. It's okay. Superman. The problem I have with this though is that with all of it, it feels a lot like pomp and circumstance. And by the end, we're not really learning anything new. We're not getting anything new. And we have an annual next week. And what I think about this issue is really going to hinge on if we get a proper ending. And that annual, so I'll have to wait until I think it is next week that we're going to get it. But the idea that you're going to just have, you know, it's neat to have Constantine and Superman. Yeah. And you have, you know, he does a good Constantine. He's doing some stuff. He's drunk. He's horned up. You know, Superman shows up. I don't really love the way Superman <laughs> looks when he shows up. It looks like those aren't trunks. Looks like he's got like a mini skirt that he's kind of pushed up. It, it, those trunks are weird, but he's packing. 
I'll tell you, Trunks. later on we're going to be talking about Detective Comics, but in this one, Superman is hung. Just, just imagine <laughs> that. Jim talking about it. It looks like Superman's wearing a skirt that's all hiked up it is. It does. Look, at it doesn't look like Trunks. It looks, it looks weird. like Trunks to me. It actually, to me, it looks like when you like have a towel and you wrap He's it around. He's trying to let some balls dangle a little bigger bit with his there, skirt. It's weird. He's hung, though. But yeah, you get constantly. It's something neat because you rarely see it. So it Agreed. is kind of a cool and play, the, but the two personalities that are going to just like you know not jive with each other at all. Just it's a, such a cool moment for me. Where even the idea constantly, he don't like to play with the capes, and this is the ultimate cape that he's forced to play with because it's Superman right there, and you don't say no to Superman. Yeah, it's just weird. Like it feels big. It's only like three pages that they're together, and I think that he's there just to point out, oh, you know, they came through hell, which is a cool concept. When you end oh, up even shutting the idea down, of this, uh, you know, of this, of this place that we Ghoul. saw before, yeah, the Earth Al Ghoul place, but the, the the little basement center that you know Nora Stone kept going to, who we saw looked looked like the body of Etrigan and all this weird magical mumbo. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh my god, it's all multiversal stuff that she has used to create a goddamn portal throughout hell to breach the multiverse. Because on Earth Al Ghoul, that's what Sister Shadow does. Her and her ilk go and conquer other universes and bring them peace throughout the Al Ghul way by going in there and doing things like Blue Earth, by getting the lousy Kryptonians out there, by introducing the Blue Earthers and giving them superpowers. And this is the way she's doing it here on Earth as well. But she's also going one step further by stealing Otho Ra. But I don't know if she's going to get what she wants because she does want Otho Ra to see the future that she could have had if she would have stayed on, you know, the war or just, It's just a multiversal this- deal. She said she ran into a bunch of them, so it's kind well, of yeah, like, but the like the idea, idea of like a hyper time of what you play. could have yeah, been if yeah. you would have stayed on this one. And you see the vision of her being this badass warrior like in the future and she like, you know, who never let her chains go. She looks really freaking cool. But like, I like, I don't think it's going to work out for her where she's going to try to tempt Otho with this whole thing because when Daddy Superman gets there, you ain't going to have a chance to try to talk your funny talk because he's gonna whoop your monkey ass yeah and you even have a deal where you know as they go in which they should it's weird play because you do get blood when the last time we saw blood when he was down in hell trying to stop doomsday from coming out there's like a weird play that we've had you know dribs and drabs as we go on but it's kind of cool seeing him at the end of course he has his chains again I, I say that as well. It's like, hey, it's cool to see Bloodwind. I'm like, is it Bloodwind? Is it Martian Manhunter? Why do we care well, about no, Bloodwind at new, this point it's, in time? It's a brand new Bloodwind that kind of was came about in action. I, I, I remember, I remember when he showed up before. But like, the thing is, like, we had like Bloodwind is not one of the. It's almost like we had in um, what the hell is the issue now? The um, oh the uh, the Amanda Waller Beast Ward Rising special that we had, where it's like, here's you know, like Doctor Mist. I'm like, you're not gonna sell a lot of books by having Doctor Mist on your team. The idea that Bloodwind shows up here. I, I don't know what Bloodwind does for anything. And then he doesn't even barely say anything. Etrigan's there with him. Like, Etrigan's a showrunner, but he's just sitting there rhyming and stealing, pissing me off because I don't want you to talk in bloody rhymes the entire time. It is weird because the one issue that came out and they had that big, I think it was just an action comics me and Simon did, and it had, I don't know what it was, maybe a special because it had Bloodwind and he was down in hell trying to keep doomsday from bashing down the day it was a weird uh story I, I remember the inclusion i don't remember what the story really did though because every time i try to think about it i always think of martian manhunter and then i think about the martian manhunter doomsday thing where they like you know breaching the gap through the me- the memory through the lazarus reign well and that was the play is it's that yeah. one guy who ended up having to be calmed down by my it's all that nonsense from lazarus reign and lazarus planet but I, again i think that there's some cool things in this, but by the end, it's it's Superman going to get, you know, Otho, and we'll see how that plays out. But I don't really know anything about Sister Shadow. I think it's kind of a cool concept of going through hell since 
they shut down Planet Al Ghul and ended up. But it really, I'm still at the point where I don't. This time it's personal, Jim. She has a vendetta. I know, but I just still don't think it's that much of a any moment that I cared about the idea of, oh, my God, she looks like Bruce. Oh, I know who she is. Oh, my God. Sister Shadow from Planet Al Ghul. When we talked about Beast World, that little idea, Beast, oh, you know, Beast, uh, Nightwing saw a spore jump from one person to the other. Batman's powerful, so obviously the spores are jumping to more powerful hosts. That was the explanation. And this, what we got before was Lois Lane looking at a picture of her. She looks like Bruce. Oh my gosh, you're right, Earth Al Ghul. Fuck me. That's how we got the, the reveal of Nora Stone being the sister and then shadow. She, she grabs Osul. And I, I like at one point where she's like bragging to Osul and it's like, don't talk to me of heroes, girl. Mine is the line of Wayne. Osul's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, that that like, Otho wouldn't have any concept of what that means. I'd love to trash talk him. All right, whatever. I don't know who this Wayne is that you're talking about or anything, but she's just, you know. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, did I miss something in my, you know, action comics reading from World World to the point we get to A-Town where we bring in the super twins into the super family? So when Otho is going to get all like War World on Sister Shadow's ass, she is throwing energy projectiles out of her hands. Did this, is this a Felosian power that for some reason I wasn't aware don't think of that outside we've of actually, We haven't seen enough of them. So, I mean, I think that you're like last second Hail Mary where I think that we would have seen more and maybe developed some more powers. And since we didn't, I think that Phil Kenny Johnson's just like throwing everything at you. I'm telling you, all of a sudden there. it looks like she has construct or electrical powers that she just starts kamehameha at freaking Sister Shadow. I'm like, who are you? I'm telling you. And, and later on in the podcast, we're going to talk about the idea that that Sinister Sons book is coming up from Tomasi. Why didn't they just have a Super Twins book? With Otho and Oso. Again, I it's, it's going to be weird and you can like the debate, and I'm sure people will, because who doesn't like to fight about comics? But no, um, what do you think would sell more? Because obviously the Super Sons, people love it, and but it doesn't ever really sell that well. Sinister Sons, I think, no, would I'll sell tell less, you but you still would get the people. Well. But I feel that neither one would really sell all that great. But I think the Sinister Sons might do better than a Super Twin. So you have what might be, we still don't even know, the son of Sinestro in a right. backup. That's a wreck in my mind. Actually, it's just boring. And then you have it's boring. you have Zod's son, you know, Laura. Laura uh, Zod. Zod. I wanted to say yeah. Laurel. Laura Zod. So you have them. Okay, you're going to do. Okay. If you have the super twins, then who else might you have? Oh, John. Oh, my God. Damien could show up. Like, you could actually finagle shit in the super twins book a lot more. Then you can with those sinister twins things. I don't think anybody's going to care about them. If we're talking about just throwing out books like this for like you know younger characters, I want to see that Jeremy Adams team you were talking about. Where in the future, you know, uh, Maxine and uh, Jay and Irie, they form a team with some other kids. Yeah, I would like to cool. see that team come together. That sounds badass. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be really neat. But that sinister. Uh, uh, just, this is just me. When we get to the Green Lantern book, that's where you have. I guess isn't that where we have the backups? Yes. Each time I read the, the next part of that backup, I, I want the book less. Like, I just, I'm bored with it already. We well, that's the thing is, wet. like, if, if, if you've read one of the backups in Green Lantern about Korg, the supposed son of Sinestro, if, if you've read one, you've read them all because it's just continuing the idea throughout pretty much the same things where I'm the son of Sinestro, I'm going to do things through fear, and nothing ever really changes. So we'll see what nothing happens. Nothing really it's moves gonna be forward weird. in that backup just, story. Just as an aside, I just think that the Super Twins might have been something where you can then announce it from here and then go up to that, but nah, we'll see. But in this all going down, though, you have Superman and Constantine. They're trying to find 
Oso. In the meanwhile, Otho's going to do that whole play. Or Oso actually is upset that I'm getting them all mixed up all the, the time. But he's upset because, oh, I've never been apart from my sister. And you end up having Supergirl like, oh, come on. Nice. If they I was listening, she would this. do whatever to find me. So I got to do this. Hush now, child. Hush. Well, well, remember the story we told that kind of seems a lot like the, you know, the new gods, but not. So let's talk about that. Then you just get that story. It's fine. It's fine. But you have a lot of like little lore shoved in a little. He loves doing that as well. It's just that by the end of this, I just think that it's going to end by obviously Superman going, getting Otho. And then everybody's just going to kind of like, oh, well, they got away and this happened. And but imagine the journey, though, because not only do we have Superman and Constantine traverse through hell to find a multiversal world, then you end up with a team. On Earth Al Ghul, which, you know, maybe Earth Al Ghul isn't that thing like, oh, that's not that spect- spectacle that I want out of something because it mm. doesn't wow me. But an Earth Al Ghul, but a team of Superman, Constantine, Bloodwind, I don't and think Etrigan. Constantine's there, though. Who had that on their bingo card? Yeah, I don't think he made it through. I think Superman just went by himself. I think Constantine's done. Because you I end feel up like when he's they... going to have to jump in because there's no way in my mind Constantine is going to like he's going to get there because if he leaves Superman behind he's going to be the guy who left Superman behind and he's an asshole but I don't think he, I don't think uh, uh, that's the thing is if the Organum Inferno but... blew up I don't think he can get there I think that they don't yeah, but he's want a magic Constantine man. there yeah I don't think he's going to be there I think it's he's just going to be man. the three it would be funny but I think he's just going to be st- maybe he'll do some other things outside I'm telling but... you I really want his ass to show up and get here because again I, he's an asshole but I still don't think he wants to be known as the guy that left Superman behind and like made a world without Superman so I want him to try to get there but, but you have Bloodwind Etrigan and Superman and Earth Al Ghul because of the passageway to hell with the, you know what they traveled 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 through but I need this magic Constantine is this weird, weird, fucked up force. It'll be fine. I just don't think that he's going to be there. I think that you're going to have them. And you already said you hate Etrigan. You don't care about Bloodwind. Yes. And but even this Bloodwind. But we'll see. The idea of this team is inspiring to me because the idea that somebody's taking a chance of doing something weird and off the wall that you've never seen before. I'm like, I can get down on something like that. Make me, Give me a reason to say that this new Bloodwind's badass and I should be all about him. Give me a reason not to hate the rhyme and the steal on Etrigan because – Actually, not, whatever he's going to if the guy opens his mouth, I'm going to still be pissed off. But whatever. Show me a fun team. I'm Like I said, I like this story enough, but I have to see how it ends. And I think there's not enough pages in even an annual to get everything that you would want because you have to still deal with other things going. Not a ton of other things, but you'll still show them. But you also have to have that. I don't know how many pages, but you'll have that whole epilogue deal. And hey, everybody, we love you. Also, if you're going to deal with. With what happens to Otho and Oso overall, like that's going to take some pages. I don't know. I just worry. I worry because it's a shame. We said it before about Philip Kenny Johnson that he keeps getting these ends of stories kind of cut to get to the next thing. But the next thing isn't his now. You're going to have Jason Aaron on this book and doing his bizarre. And it says the Superman superstars You like that. Superman superstars. So we'll see. We'll see. And I do think that it's next week that you have the annual. We'll talk about it at the end of the podcast. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. But I just, this is just set up to me. And it's cool. I'm intrigued like you are, but I'm worried that we just won't have enough time. But we'll move on to the next story because there are a couple stories. A dreamer's story that's written by Nicole Maines and Steve Orlando with art by Fico Asio, Luis Guerrero, and Rob Lee. So now that we got all our eight town refugees to the hidden neighborhood of Parthus, it seems that Superboy, he's taking his ass a nap and, t- and talking about the fucked up food the dreamer needs to eat in order to have good, you know, 
premonitions and stuff no, like she that. she needs until- the spicy food, Sarah. Amanda Waller comes knocking on the door because, boy, does, now that she found Dreamer, she's got a job for this superhero. I like her just walking around in her go-go boots and her mini skirt. She's like, let me in. And just comes in. I like also that Dreamer. In my mind, I wanted to play the idea that she thinks Amanda Waller's a vampire. She's like, <laughs> I didn't invite you in. A daywalker. Oh, there you go. So in this, and Nicole Maines is the Dreamer writer. We have yeah. them. They play Dreamer. And we never really... Talk about the idea of not really being, you know, a longtime comic book writer. I think that Nicole Maines does a good job with some dialogue, things like that. No, I, I think, though, they might want to get to them and talk about the idea of pacing and what you're doing with the story. Because I think that this is kind of one of those plays where you're doing a lot of setup to, hey, go get this, go get that. We have to do that. And you're not doing it. You keep talking about doing it, but you never get to it. But by the end, Okay. I, I mean, I, I hope that once we, we get to? to the Suicide Squad, when we end up the whole mission, that Amanda Waller spends page after page repeating the same thing of what you need to do. I need to have you go and get this guy. I can't you remember. You afterthought. Yeah, afterthought. Atha, as I go. So after, the whole afterthought, he's a precog that can see five seconds in the future. And I'm just sitting mm-hmm. back there. This it's asshole, like you got shot. a problem with like, No, no, that's the worst part. It's a second less, I believe, than Longshot. If you can't even... Ascend to the level of being equal to Longshot? Who are you and who gives a shit about you, Longshot? Go to hell, Afterthought. Because do you think Afterthought is that important? I mean, look no. at that guy. Where's the brain bomb? That's my biggest problem in the story. Where's the brain bomb? This is said to be the Suicide Squad. Even though we didn't know the Suicide Squad was actually going on. He even says he was on the, I'm on the Suicide Squad. I'm this. No mention of brain bomb ever in this. There should have been an easy press the button. Boom, done. I think she wants afterthought, though. Well, that's what I'm asking you. She doesn't really say if she wants him or not. That should have been stressed. She should have mentioned, listen, I don't want you to kill him. And Dreamer could say, well, I would never do that. But she never says that. So she's sending Dreamer to go take care of him. Who knows what that means? And then everybody else is getting killed. It should have been mentioned. She should have said, I could take care of him in a lethal way. And I will if I have to. But the lethal way that they kind of spell out here is firebombing an entire place. Like, why then would if you're going to firebomb an entire place to kill afterthought, if you have to, there should be a brain bomb. That should be it. Well, it's, It's weird, too, because the idea of using a brain bomb, let's just say... Play devil's advocate. She wants, you know, afterthought for, you know, for precog reasons. But right now, afterthought has got himself a militia. They're going to go around and kill a bunch of people to try to prove that Amanda Waller is a piece of shit. You know, come after her and stuff like that. We can't have that. She's going to kill all of his men that he's got together. But we still need afterthought. But when you get to the brain bob thing, let's just play devil's advocate and say, like, we need him alive because if you start playing the brain bomb, we'll have, we have all this baggage as of the last couple of years where the brain bomb is such a cool idea. Somebody's like fucking around. You don't need him anymore. Bam, push the button. Your head blows up. Good times. But recently in the suicide squad, it's like, well, they're acting up a little bit. Just give it a little, a little bit of juice in that brain bomb. Just to tase them a little bit in the mind. Well, I'm yeah, like, I, oh, I mean, yeah, they yeah, do oh, the craziest oh. things. And like, like you said, this is the idea where, Anytime you have something with the brain bomb, it's always something 
that oh my god we lost transmission oh my god they're in the jungle oh my like it always ends up being but anyway that. but i let's, wish it was let's mentioned just say the brain bombs intact and amanda waller doesn't need afterthought at all but what she does need is to find out the limits that she could push dreamer to know how well she can use her later on and that's what she does by the end of this so you have you keep afterthought alive to see where you can do like what you can do with dreamer and how far you can push them to make sure that they will work for you in your future Suicide Squad that you have plans for them. That's a weird deal, though, because right away, Afterthought, you know that he's a loose cannon and he's a wild card. And he, he starts talking shit to Dreamer, which is already like almost seems to make her a little creep. But that was my Lego Batman 3 villain named Wildcard. And we said before when she ended up seeing the A Town and then switching it off to this Parthus that we really don't know about because it's part of the TV deal. But that's where all the A Town. I was gonna say muties. All the aliens are from War oh, World there, lousy and that's what that's what Amanda Waller uses that as blackmail. Like, listen, I'm gonna reveal what that is if you don't join up. So that's fine. That's fine. It's, it's just, and I'll even give you the idea that Amanda Waller may not want to tell Dreamer about the brain bomb because that's so nefarious sounding, and she wants to kind of pretend that's not a thing. But she should have said it to one of these guys that are around. After Dreamer, like, oh, why didn't you tell about the brain? But hey, she doesn't need to know. But I just wish it was a reference because the way it's played out and the way this mission is. Or, hey, why don't we use the brain bomb? Oh, I want to see how good Dreamer is. You, you could do a lot. I just wish it was referenced because of what it is and what it means to the, you know, the Suicide Squad. And Nicole Maines, if you don't know, will be writing the Suicide Squad book that's coming out Crazy. in a couple months. So this is the setup to it. Dreamer's going to be on the team. I want to see a new Suicide Squad book because that could be badass. I always look forward to that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get that. We haven't had one in quite Especially some time. Especially with a crazy so. cast of characters. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So we'll end up having that. I'm telling you that this fight between Dreamer and Afterthought, it it, it seems well, it's a battle cool of the pre-cogs. on paper. Uh, yeah, it is cool, but you never get to have the thing because you know you always have that moment, like you know any kind of precog battle where they're always trying to play chess three steps ahead, but. With Afterthought, only seeing five steps ahead. Yeah, normally five that works steps, out pretty well for me. A step and a half. Five seconds. Five seconds ahead, I said. I thought you said steps. Oh, like, it's not five steps. That works okay for him normally on the field. with what he, But Dreamer, she's been dreaming about this for a while. So that they're like, they know exactly what's going on this whole time and know exactly what to do to freaking outplay uh, Afterthought. So it's a pretty quick battle. And it's actually really cool to see what, you know, Dreamer can do in a battle, like to think things through like this. because. They're able to take down Afterthought and just, you know, get the job done. And Amanda Waller's tickled pink about it because, man, I can do some shit with this Dreamer. You, you think he's an Afterthought, Eric? The idea is Dreamer ended up eating that crazy, you know, pepper. That is a shout out to Oliver Queen, by the way. It was kind of funny with this chili. It was yeah. like that, the Oliver of the Queen 52. Eh, that chili of his. Nobody likes that chili. That I, I keep telling you, that Everybody chili's loves bullshit. That chili. He is just, he has made himself the guy who's known for that chili, and everybody feels like they have to say it's good, because that's all he's got. That, I'm that's just what saying, it is. though, at least Oliver Queen is the chili guy. If you came around, you'd be the hamburger helper guy. That I'd would rather be, be the chili guy, chili guy. Be strong enough, everyone. And the worst part is... Straight from the skillet. You'd be freaking like uh, Cousin Eddie. I don't know why they call it hamburger helper. That's why it's Ah, yes. It, well... Eric, sometimes you have to eat pancakes, and sometimes you gotta eat the. And I don't have that sound bite that I should have had at that point that you gave me. I have it somewhere, but uh, sometimes I've had, we've had the hamburger helper minus. It's, I actually just made the joke for the kids. We're just having helper tonight, but you know how it is. And when you <laughs> and do I that, helped. 
when you do that, you add a little extra of the macaroni. See, beef it up there a little. And then that's it. Hey, there's no beef. I'm like, oh, I beefed I, it I, up I, with I, more I wish macaroni. I beefed it up, please. Yeah, really. <laughs> that is true. You, you kind of don't get the full concept without without the meat. But, hey, there there you go. But, yeah, at the chili end, guy. you end up having. Be the chili guy in life. Dreamer ends up. You know, taking down Afterthought, Afterthought warns Dreamer, hey, and I like the idea. Hey, listen, Amanda Waller isn't on the up and up, and Dreamer's like, I kind of see ahead. Yeah, I know, and plus, Amanda Waller's kind of blackmailing me, so I have to do this, but it's okay. It's okay. Every time I see Dr. Hate, though. He's different every time, I think. He shows up different and, like, more out there every time, and I don't know if I dislike it, because I'm telling you, I, I, I'm like, when he saw him in Ivan Rice's, you know, Beast World, I'm like, oh, he looks so bad as he's in his feathers. Do you see him here? He is glowing with chaos he's energy. fire. He looks so badass, though. <laughs> I don't know. He looks a little skinny. He looks like a little skinny in this we version. We call that lean. By the way, too, in this one, I don't know how they spelled it out before, but if you really look here, you can tell that it is the Nightmare Stone here. Oh, it's, yeah. I really, like, in your face. So and for whatever reason, too, I don't know, like, with anything else we see, like, when, when he's just glowing or radiating this chaos energy, I don't know if I actually had a proper look at the helm of hate this entire time, because it really just pops in this. Yeah, it, it's. I just think he's a little skippy. <laughs> he Lean. looks pretty cool. He looks pretty cool. He's a jogger. But it is a weird play in this where we had talked about things before and all sorts of different things, but that play of is anybody guessing who he is anymore? Because no, I'm, I'm done. I, I yeah, I, I don't think anybody is because I don't. Once think he started you can. talking about multiversal things, I'm like, nope, I can't play along no more. I'm out. I hate the idea that they really spelled it out of being the you know Joshua Williamson. Man, you're never going to guess who this is. And then when you go, oh man, I'm going to get involved, like because we never learn our damn lesson. Oh man, I'm going to. And then it's going to be, oh by the way, it's another asshole from Planet Al Ghul. <laughs> Planet Al It's Bruce Wayne from Planet Al Ghul. Yeah, if it ends up being something like, you know, the bat woman who laughs, <laughs> I'll, I'll lose it. But uh, yeah, we have another story, though. We're not done with this just yet, Eric. We What's are not. the other story? We have a prelude to the Neil Before Zod series going forward, and it's written by Joe Casey with art by Dan McDade, John Cleese, and Troy Petiri. And this whole idea, it's, it's kind of cool, but this, I want to know something. I was because we've so been so, bored. So removed from it, but like the idea of New Candor, you know, Zod's planet that he took over and like, you know, said, I'm the ruler now, all the people here are like, you know, under me. Has it always been called New Candor? Because like, for some reason in my mind, for all these years, I've been calling it New Krypton. But like, New Candor is weird. Because I said to you, I read a interview and he was talking about it and he called it New Krypton at one point, but it's now, I think it was New Candor because it was part of that deal when Zod went and he smashed up the bottled city of Candor and they were doing wacky shit. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Remember in that Joshua Williamson Batman Superman book and that's where I think he went and was like, fuck it. I'm going to use this brand. I'm like going to make the new candle. I feel like here before that from Green Lantern books and stuff, though. And, and the, and it, yeah, actually, what was he? And, and with all that, even then, because I remember him going off and saying, now I have an army, and he goes off, whatever. But the play is weird because there's no way in hell that when this all comes to fruition, that he wouldn't change the name than the new Krypton. Because well, that's, that's what he that's wants, all I right? Want to know because the whole idea here, like, I just kept putting myself in Zod's shoes where I'm the last survivor of my home Earth here. And now because I have power, like I never knew before in my home world, I'm able to go to another world. I'm going to call this my new home world. What am I going to call my new home world? New Philadelphia. It doesn't, it doesn't have the same ring as like a new Earth or something like that that I'm trying to really 
Me and you go, and it's like, I'm going to call it New Los Angeles. Like, I've never been there, but I'll do that. It's a weird play. I thought, in my mind, because I'm with you, I was reading this, I'm like, New Candor, okay, it it doesn't have a good mouthfeel of what we've talked about in the past. You know, it's like, okay. And then I'm starting to think, is he doing that? Because if you hear, oh, my God, Zod's making a new Krypton, you're like, oh, shit, everybody, we got to stop. Oh, he's just doing a new Candor. Oh, yeah, but I it's, see. it's just weird though because you know he's been on this planet ruling it for what feels like years now. Like this is where, and even the idea, like you know, we have Lord Zod show up in this. Like we said before, he's going to be showing up in the Sinister Sons book, but he died during the War for Earth three with the Amanda Waller thing. So, but nobody's going to reference it. I'm guessing he survived and made his ass back to New Candor. So everything worked out. He together healed. That, so let's just forget about that. He, yeah, he healed. Everybody's you know, Krypton, healing now. It's good. <laughs> it's because he was. It's because he was born in the Phantom Zone. He just got better. Yeah, he got better. There you go. You even see it. Uh, and yeah, it's a weird play because I wonder, like, you're going to have that Sinister Sons. Now, that's kind of an all-ages type deal, so I'm not yeah. going to say that that's going to tie in or you're going to have it because I think that this whole play will be, you know, Lord Zod and Zod and Ursa. They're going to, you know, deal with their crazy family life or whatever. But when I went into this and you have a lot of yakety yak, and I know it's setting up things. I don't know. By the end, I just got bored. I, I got the idea of like, I don't know that I want to have a book where I'm just standing around with, you know, oh, my God, that Lord Zod, he is so much a teenager. He wants to go and do things. I'm like, I just don't care. I, Lord I, Zod I eventually to wants it. to take over for his father as the ruler of New Candor, stuff like that. He wants to become General Zod one day, which I can understand. He aspires to be big like his daddy. But when you have this whole thing, I even like the idea of, you know, General Zod having to talk to the United Federation of Planets about what he's up to. Like, you know, how far his military is uh, compared to what the other military is, what the state of the galaxy is right now, or universe as it would be. I I look forward to that, but it does seem like there's this underlining factor of this mystery that General Zod is up to some weird stuff because Ursa's pregnant as well. She was trying to keep that a secret, but with X-ray vision, General Zod knows that she's pregnant again. Lord Zod's going off to restricted areas, and he's pissed off because there shouldn't be a restricted area on his homeworld with him being the prince that he is. And so he's going to go and find out what his daddy's hiding. But there's this one scene where you have this weird like fetus inside a machine where it looks like Zod is trying to genetically grow new Kryptonians, or at least to the best of his ability, because this one is 99.7547% Kryptonian. So it's not 100%, but it's pretty much exactly there. And I'm thinking to myself, did Warzad actually die? And he's being ventured brothered where he keeps being cloned by his father. And the reason that he can't go past this point where he has all these, you know, eradicator drones keeping like a standing watch is because this is where the cloning factory is, where there's a bunch of Warzads and shit. And when you go and show that, I'm like, oh, th- this is Star Wars. I mean, it's exact. They're going to go, oh, that's where the clones are there. They also also look like Star Destroyers. I'm like, okay, but even then, and and the play here where I I wonder what Joe Casey, his deal is, because it feels like you're supposed to really know what's going on in that cliffhanger deal, and you're like, okay, we'll have to see, I guess, what's happening, because I didn't, I I think it's cloning facilities, but it's not like all of a sudden, father? I'm like, oh my God, like, I just, I was bored. I was actually pretty bored with the over dialogue. When you have this whole thing, when, you know, Warzad makes his way past the forbidden zone that he's not supposed to see, you have these weird Star Destroyer looking things looking like they're building a gigantic fortress of solitude using these crystals. I'm like, I I, I don't know what this is. Hopefully it's cool when we get back to it. It could be a fleet. 
it, for some reason, though, it just looks like they have like you know. Let's just just think of a star destroyer right, yeah. with a little oh, yeah. arm hanging off it, the bottom of this is carrying like. I beams. <laughs> to me, I'm like, oh, look at the big star destroyer with the ladder up to it. I'm like, wait a minute, that'd be that big ass ladder again. It it could be a fleet. I don't know because it's just a weird like way to look at this whole like. Just think of a dome for the Fortress of Solitude where the top oh, is yeah, missing. I see it. But you yeah. have these things like I don't exactly know what I'm seeing. And here. also, it but looks on, like one of the star destroyers is bringing like plans to everyone. Like it's. The, it's the Mike Brady on the top. Like, hey, I got the plan. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You have this weird thing that Earth is doing as well, where she seems like she's trying to genetically modify the actual like inhabitants of this world to be stronger and more savage, like uh, warriors than they normally are. On top of it, so it looks like on top of everything else, if you're making more Kryptonians, you're trying to make the inhabitants of this world more brutal and better warriors. It looks like Zod's going to be going out there and taking everything for his own. Yeah, it's but I don't know a, why at this point in time for this little bit of story, he's keeping it a secret from lore. Well, he's keeping it a secret, and then we only have a mini series, so I, I have a feeling well, he can't keep stop. his mouth shut. I mean, here's the thing. They have all the shit going down, and I really feel bad for Laura Zod because they do all this, and yet they can't get a good barber. They just can't get that hair. He loves, he loves that, that hair hairstyle. That hair is the worst. It's the worst. But Look, the thing is, there's not a lot to do on New Candle. One of his favorite pastimes is the haircut where it's just, you know, shaved down one side. He likes looking at himself with a profile in the mirror from one side, like, bald, turn it over the other side, hair, bald, <laughs> hair, bald This hair, is his favorite bald, hobby. They don't get TV on New Candle. He's like, I look like Trent Reznor up in this joint. He's all excited. He's having some fun. I think that's what Zod's pissed off about. So industrial. He's like, Sod's like, there's no way that smacked ass is ever going to be a general. Look at that hair. It's not my boy. There is no way that that's happening. He's like, you died and only half your the hair Phantom came Zone turned him emo. Damn right. Look at him. It is kind of a funny emo. <laughs> he he is always pissed. That, that is the deal, too, which I do like. But that hair, it's when he's standing. And the one part, it's like our page, like 31, where he's there. Yes, my father, who hasn't seemed like himself. I'm like. You look so ridiculous. That's why he doesn't talk to you. Like, every time he gets near you, he gets angry. It's like, I can't stand it. And it's so funny. I, I, I People are going to pine for Chris Kent, the idea where, like, Lore became, like, an adopted son of Superman before the Flashpoint happened and stuff like that. This is bare bones, like, you know, I'm my father's uh, – I'm, like, yeah, I'm a father's son kind of ideal of Lore's uh, – same place he's been ever since, you know, he was reintroduced in the New 52 and Rebirth and wherever it would be. He is early days Damian Wayne at this point. Maybe there's a chance for him to find the softer side of when you talk about along. when you talk about all this in Sinister Sons. As right before you said that, I was thinking like, what would you call or how can you finagle a book with Lorzad and Damian? Like the idea that they get together, so then Damian's going to be kind of the the light that John was in the Super Sons, but teaching Lorzad a bit. Maybe it's one of those where Zod gets taken out. And they end up where John and the super family ask Damien to, to hang out. I don't or maybe know. John could be the cool. same for him as he did for Damien. Yeah, just the age difference. I don't, yeah, they're kind of similar, actually. Ever, they've they've kind of de-aged war recently. So, like, at one point, he, like, during the like the War for Earth 3, it looked like he was a proper teenager. Well, I think it's because they want to do the Sinister Sons. <laughs> yeah. And you have them hooked up in that cartoony book. But I don't know. I'd like them to hang out with. Just because if you did the John, then it's just why not just have Damien? I like the idea that Damien would be the softer side where the Lord Zod and it would drive Damien nuts and it would be a cool little, you know, connection. But we don't get it, but you know, because I don't get things that I pretty much John Kent came in and replaced any ideas of anybody ever getting Chris Kent again. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame, but yeah, you have that that whole play. I 
I, in my crazy mind, I thought that the whole play was oh, the proximity deal. I thought, oh, uh-huh. he's just protecting him because he was going to go past that. And it was going to be just like hell on earth there or hell on your candor. But it wasn't. It looked like something. But we don't know what it was. We have like 80 See, ideas, right? That's the thing is, you were bored. I would I would love to know what the yeah, hell I was, was looking at, at the end with the whole thing. But I actually really look forward to a Neil before Zod book because there's, there's a uh, group of characters there we don't see a lot of. And they're always such a powerhouse that it's like it can always be fun in my mind whenever they show up. And I look forward to that series overall. And I look this forward to this trailer. as well. This is the trailer and you don't get anything. You have them sitting around yakety yak. I could go with the yakety yak later. Give me something that I'm excited to. Yeah, but if you're trying to sell a book, I think that you have to have it the cool factor way above the idea of what Zod's been up to. Because there's going to be a ton of people reading this that don't give a rat's ass and don't even know. Me and you have been reading this stuff. There's going to be a ton of people who do read it and care about it. I don't think so. I think that more people going for this book would be like, oh, my God, it's Joe Casey. He hasn't written a DC for 12 years. I'll check it out. May not even read any other DC books, but to have this, I think you should have had this play of, oh, my God, this looks awesome. This looks action packed. They're just standing around talking. I mean, at one point, they're just using military. It's the idea of these terms. And I just I was kind of bored. I was kind of bored with it. Uh, So we'll see. And in fact, I was thinking that, hey, uh, do we have to talk? But you like it. So we'll be talking about it on the podcast, I I guess, because I don't really want to deal with it. I really don't. But it's sad. I don't care. I really don't care about Zod because I don't think he's going to end up, you know, winning in the end. Some somebody's going to stop whatever the hell he's up to. What are you we'll talking stop. about? There's always a chance. Because even the idea, even the idea, there's always a chance. Because you know, even Zod, I don't know what he's up to now or where his headspace is. But at one point, he was like, you know, extending an arm to Superman. Like, hey, okay, like even when we saw that future state where, like, you know, the House of L became a part of New Candor uh, and stuff. That's all cool stuff in the future that we could see. I don't know, again, don't know where Zod's headspace. It seems kind of nefarious, but maybe we can get something out of this that, like, you know, puts Zod out of just, oh, I'm an arch villain kind of tone. Yeah, I just think he's just going to end up like, hey, new <laughs> new Kendra. I almost call it Korrigar. Well, you also have a new Korrigar as well, so you're not wrong there either. If it was up to me. And it is in continuity, so I can't even yeah. finagle that out. So, damn it, Eric. Damn it! But we'll be doing it. But that is the issue. So, what would you give this as a whole? I, I had fun with the like pretty much every story we had here. Yeah, there's some little problems here and there with different ideas of plots and where they want to go with things and how they could have done things differently to introduce and like you know show us more of the character. Like I'm telling you, I'm sitting here still wondering how does Dreamer's fucking powers work? All of a sudden, they're just going to be on the Suicide Squad, which I do look forward to. But I just I had some issues. Even the idea of like the characters we have, like Bloodwind showing up with Etrigan on Earth, Al Ghul, like. It all just kind of goes good, but I look forward to seeing like where we go with that. So I'm giving it a seven point five out of ten. I am a six. I'm a six out of ten. No, I agree. I'm telling you, there has been nothing but sirens for like the last ten minutes. It feels like I don't know what's happening. The dreamer deal. That's just me seeing again. It's like a backdoor pilot to the Suicide Squad book, and yeah. I think that Nicole Maines does a good enough job. But I don't know. It just didn't have the pacing that I think. I went from that, but we'll see when that goes. And this sub thing just bored me. It really did. It just bored the hell out of me. And I don't, I know some people are like, oh man, Joe Casey's awesome. I have no connection whatsoever. Did a big adventures of Superman run back in the day, but I never read it. So, uh, yeah, I just don't, yeah, just Zod's fine. See, I'm a Zod I, fan, so you don't care for Zod, so there you go. I don't mind Zod when he's, you know, fighting Superman or he's in you know, action comics him, or he's in Superman. Really stupid name On your too. knees, Jim. I hope that it gets a little more exciting it's a than prelude, just standing Jim. around. But a prelude should be the 
that's where you're getting people to say, oh my god, I'm reading it, I gotta read this. And we have one more book, and what is that, Eric? Green Lantern number six, written by Jeremy Adams, Arpais, and Monaco, Scott Gadaguski, Ramya Fajardo Jr., and Dave Sharp. And in this we have Hal Jordan and Green Lantern taking on Sinestro, who, if you remember from the previous issue, he got a little angry, and because the emotional spectrum's wonky, he somehow got Red Lantern power. So it's Red Lantern, Sinestro taking on Hal Jordan, and that's the majority of the issue. And it's a fun ring swing. It looks good, but like you were, you were bored for the like you know the the Zod stuff in the previous issue. But I was just kind of bored to seeing how take on Sinestro with rage powers. That it, it doesn't matter that the rage powers. It's just Sinestro being angry and doing stuff. I don't At know. At least I'm seeing something more than just faces in the panels. I mean that that Zod deal was just over and over. It's just talking heads. I I don't watch CNN. Maybe I do sometimes, but you end up here, at least it's action packed. I feel like I got more information from the Zod stuff than I did in this for what's going on in the story overall. No, I don't think I did. Because you find out at the end that clear and thing, the thing that I said from the beginning, Kilowog's dead. That is the biggest thing. That we probably well, learned the thing is, we, in a we, lot we of We learned books. that, but we've been saying it for like issues. But we've now. been guessing that. Nobody else people said that we were full of shit. They didn't know. I mean the idea that it was a construct, even when we had and you were gone at that point with the baseball game, and I said, I think that Kilowog's dead and that's a construct, which would be odd because it's there at the baseball game carrying kids around and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, that's kind of wacky. But it is the big play. Now it'll be how he died, who did it, and because it does Why? seem to be that Hal might have done it, but was forced to do it maybe through manipulation of Sinestro, the way that it was played. But we also will find out next issue is where we'll find more and more stuff. But again, you say that, well, we knew that Kilowog, you know, was dead. Again, we, we didn't really. We guessed. But yeah. it's a bigger reveal, though, than what we get, like, later in Batman and Robin. And the reveal in the Zod deal, that this will be our big fight in play, is that, oh, my God, Zod's not a good guy. All right. But, yeah, I thought that the art was really good in this. I know that when we reviewed the last issue and we didn't, you know, go head over heels of it, we got a lot of flack. It was over at YouTube, but people were like, this is the best issue I've ever read and things. And I get it. I get the idea that there's not a lot of great issues in this time right now. There's there's not a ton going. So you want to grab onto something. And Jeremy Adams is another writer that you can grab onto because he does give you some cool moments and things like that. But you got to be there to admit points when, okay, I get it. This is cool. But is, does that make it a good issue? I like this issue enough, but I want next issue when we're going to find out more about the United Planets. I need to get some info going. The sad thing is, is I have to admit that we actually got more United Planets shit in that sod thing than we, we have here. And yeah. this is where we need it more. But I also want to know with that, where's Guy? Where's Kyle? What's going on? Did they quit the core? Are they somewhere else? They Are they like stranded the away? I, it's hard to say anything of what's playing out. They may actually be not able to get to Earth because it's quarantine. I don't know. Agreed. So we'll have to find out. And again, I well, like we got to find out what happened. The Green Lantern War Journal. It seemed like Guy Gardner was keeping in contact with John Stewart, so like he was still a part of the core. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see. Like you said, you have some other things going on too, where we've seen him in like Doom Patrol, but I'm not going to go with that either. But you know, and what would they think if if you're in the core? And something bad happened to Kilowog and probably a lot of other people on New Corridor. Well, what are you doing about that? What are they playing it up? And I don't know. I want to see all that stuff. But this is just a continuation of the last issue. And like you said, you get the ring slinging stuff. 
you end up having and, to, but you even know. the ring slinging stuff, like, I think it's cool because it looks badass, but, like, even when, you know, Sinestro has a giant kaiju rage monster construct and has, like, I'm going to create a giant Jaeger mecha, like, it's yeah, specific it's a Jaeger, and I, I look at it, I'm like, it, it feels like more of a Kyle Rayner construct than anything Hal Jordan well, would do. It does a little, and it's a weird play. At one point, he makes himself into an octopus, and I thought that... It's kind of funny because he's grabbing a bunch of people, but just put... See, a- I can see him doing an octopus. I don't know why. But like, it should be like a big old catching mitt. Well, this is the thing. Octopus with catcher's mitts. That's what I, I was going to say that. <laughs> That's that what creative. I wanted. I wanted to have something crazy because then you'd say like, oh my God, he's learning. Like It would be that funny play of such a lame thing to be like, oh man, he's doing it. But I don't know. He ends up where it's weird. You just watch Pacific Rim. You, you yeah. just end up, well, I'm getting the way that he's saying this, that he might have, you know, watched it two days ago with Construct Kilowog. I kind of like that. I like the idea where Hal might end up, like, as he's watching a movie, he's like, that's a pretty cool Construct. And then it happens where, oh, shit, he's a kaiju. I'm going to go with it. It's just for fun. You do kind of make up some rules here. And I know that you don't like, like, well, the, you know, willpower spiking. And, and that's what we're going to get, even... You know, the the super family, they can't get involved because they end up, hey, you know, the emotional spectrum, it's kind of kryptonite. We'll get away. See, from oh, no. See, when they said that, like, if you can if you can will it strong enough, you can make some kryptonite with the radiation radiating from it. I can get that. But for the fight that's going on now, they are not focusing on, you know, creating kryptonite at this point in time. So the idea that you actually said Superman family can't get involved because, you know, it kind of irradiates kryptonite. I'm like, mm, no, I don't I'm not I know. buying it. And I brought it up because I knew you'd have an issue with it. But the issue is, is that you don't want to have the, the super family is too super. So you want them to be, but you want how to be large and in charge. And so with that, though, this is we talk about this a lot. The idea of, you know, adding something to try to make it work. But you you didn't need to do that. You, you didn't need to have the super family ever. Nobody's going to sit there. Oh, man, we're super. You're just having a fight between Hal and Sinestro, which is fine. But you're having that. And even at one point, I think that Jeremy Adams even thinks to himself, oh, my God, well, we don't really know a lot about Hal's ring yet. We don't know how it really recharges and how things work. So somebody's going to say, oh, my God, you know, how does this keep going? How can he make, a, you know, a Jaeger Dale? It should be. And it, it's almost the willpower spiking Jaeger. again. It, oh, my Jaeger. It almost is the Yaramir. No, uh, no, I agree. Because like the, even the things like strange. My ring is glowing. I can feel it as if it's supercharged. What the hell is going? And he starts fighting some more and then goes back to it. I can feel the energy of this place. Something is powering the ring. So we have this idea that there's something in the area they're at. I would have to assume it's the area they're at that is powering probably his ring and maybe even Sinestro's to the point where they clash and like there's this gigantic, you know, eruption of power that they, you know, Hal has to try to contain because it's like a shockwave going out. He's like, the the emotional spectrum is not supposed to be like that. But I'm just sitting back like, I don't know what any of this means at this point, but it's just like weird occurrences that nobody understands. Even and, the and characters. That's the biggest problem here, and it's that weird play again, where you're fudging things, but are you doing it to, you know, do something cool? And you kind of are, right? I mean, I'm saying you, you get the Jaeger and you get the Kaiju. A lot of people, this issue got rave reviews and people thought it was the, you know, the, and that's what you get. So Jeremy Adams, he realizes that, and he's giving what a lot of people want from it, just a fun time, and people are liking it. I just, in in the deal, I'm not a huge Green Lantern fan like you, and so some of the things I realized, like, ooh, Eric's not going to like that. I can look past it. But then by the end, where I had heard, because we usually do read these 
a lot later than most people. It's a crazy yeah. deal, but we read them on the weekend to do the podcast. So I've already heard working people for the talking. weekend, and I oh I hear oh my god, these are my favorite. We talk about it in the Slack a lot where people you know hey these are my three favorite. Or this is it. Or I also hear people on or see people on Twitter, and people were gushing about this issue. And I thought it was the one where we're going to get the big reveals and things like that. But instead, we end up getting all these things here that really are just another fight. We got that. Well, the last thing is, I have, I have to assume that the reason everybody's like raving about this is not the Sinestro thing with the fight and him having rage powers for whatever reason to the point where he just flies away and he can get away no problem. But House Ring is still bound to Earth for whatever reason. Again, we don't know. I think it has to be after the fact when Razor, the character that everybody loved from the Green Lantern animated series, shows up like, hey, there's Razor. Everybody loves Razor. And I have to assume that was the reason. No, a lot of people were upset that that was not set up. People just like the Kaiju versus the Jaeger battle. <laughs> That's what it seems to be. And then when you get, I've had people actually send me DMs of like, hey, uh, can you tell me how Razor's involved here? Because I don't get, and I'm like, no. No, I can't. No, he just shows here, up. So he just shows Razor's up. Razor's a part of something in Hal's past. So like, we might see some stuff where he was a Red Lantern and became a Green Lantern. And here he is now because he probably left after the you know United Federation of Planets took over. But again, when we're talking about these things, too, just to point out, like, we try to, you know, have some fun in deep dive. And we're having fun, whatever. But we're pretty much done. The part of this issue when we're like nine minutes. That, that oh, is yeah. low. Because Razor comes down and not much Razor happened. comes down and is like, I've come a long way through the United Football Planets blockade to find my former ally, my friend, talking to a Contra Kilowog. What is going on, Lantern? How, Jordan? Razor, Kilowog is dead. And it's all my fault. Yeah, yeah. So either he didn't save him or he did it. Now, the other thing about this is, is that play that when Hal goes up and what Sinestro has said is that, it, and it's weird because this ring was the ring that was made from the willpower after getting blasted with Manhunter tech that he ends up making, but he still seems to push that play that the, the United Federation, you know, the United Planets embargo quarantine is what's causing it to shut down, it seems. And I, I don't quite get that. I don't quite get how that plays into what's going on with the United Planets and what's going on with Hal and this ring. Cause all the other books, all the other books you have, like even John Stewart, where they're coming down and like, you have a ring, you're not supposed to have it, blah, blah. Nobody's really said that to Hal because it's his own weird thing. But it does, even with Sinestro, where he has to get this energy supercharged to leave the planet because he says that he couldn't just do it on his own. He needed to do it something different. He gets so out So I tried here. to build up the fear by scaring people across the world by showing my presence, but nobody was afraid of old Sinestro, and then I got angry, and then I became a Red Lantern for some reason. Yeah, yeah, and it's, but it's not, but it is, but it's rage. And now his power is his power is supercharged as well, and Hal's worried about him leaving this planet because of how supercharged his Red Lantern power is, which... Again, I'm just sitting here I'm like, I don't know what this means. I know. And and that's my problem. And I do like Jeremy Adams, and I think he's doing a good job on this book. But when you come to the the emotional spectrum is, is wonky. Oh, my God, supercharged. Ooh, I have rage. But it's because it, it just is fudging a lot of things. It's fudging to get some cool moments. But at this point, I need more. I need more. And I hope that what it says next month and what Jeremy Adams has promised is that we will find out more of the big story. And, and that's I'm what I want to say. Because, I mean, we're six issues and we have a trade here. It's a cool way to end the trade. Yeah, and Sinestro skedaddly gets up, boom, and now we'll start and the next arc. So, that, yeah, I'm raising it again. These are things where, and I'm sure I said that nobody said to me about Razor, like that's their wow moment. They were more confused about it. 
But I don't have any connection to Razor. So for me personally, I'm more of Kilowog. Okay. I was just glad we were right. He was dead. He was a construct. All right, let's move on. Let's see what happens and why and what and how. So I'm down with that. And then we end up having the backup. And I said, I like this backup. The core backup that's written by Peter J. Tomasi with art by David Lafuente, Tamara Bonvillon, and Rob Lee. That backup? That backup, Aaron. That ba- I can't wait to edit this podcast with the freaking sirens. Of course, we didn't. We didn't stop and let's go on. But it seems like they might be gone for a little. But we we end up with this cord backup. And while you were talking, I think I just looked out my window, and all I think all these sirens are that just keep happening. I think it's that bullshit thing where Santa goes it's around Santa? And on a fire truck. I love seeing that Santa. I like so seeing why, that. But I'm, it always I missed happens it. when we record. I actually, it's so weird. I think two days ago. Because we we are near the hospital where I live, so you have things going. But all of a sudden, a bunch of like ambulances and fire. I thought it was somebody. I got like I was a little kid. I went flying to the window to see. Oh my god! <laughs> when all this goes, this cord backup. I hate to say it, but you've you read one, you read them all, Eric, because yeah. you really don't do much in this. And Korg is stopping earlier, a guy from getting credits because he he stole some transplanted organs that were on their way to help somebody, and then he sold those organs. Then Korg got those organs back and stole the credits from the guy, and then returned the organs to the people that needed to get it. And he's there, and he's going to you know use those credits to buy some stuff so to help him build his spaceship so he can get off world. But the man who's been keeping him like under his thumb this whole time, he makes sure that Korg can't get off planet. Man, he shoots down this little rocket. I will say that Korg shave half that head. Boom. They got twinsies going on. It'll look like Zor. Uh, so like one of those little lockets that you wear that you put together that says best friends. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It's just their heads there with their deal. But I, each time I read these backups, I get less interested in it. Uh, it's because nothing's really. And I guess the play will be. You don't want to do too much, but. Why is it this long? I mean, we're still, I think, a couple months away from that book, so I'm assuming we're going to get a couple more of these. Uh, but I just don't really care. I really don't care. I don't know. The I like the idea that he, he's he's using fear to do like almost like Batman stuff with the little like tech that he built to emulate Sinestro. Fear boots. He's just yelling it's shit. Stuff like that. But like, people. I, I want more of the idea to let me know who Korg is. I thought, yes, he's really, you know, He's doing good works, but he still wants to be the son of Sinestro. So he knows in his mind he is. We don't believe it, but it just feels weird. Like he has to go find his daddy, but he's doing good works here at, like, to make sure that he can get paid to do what he needs to get off world. But I need more from Korg for me to be really in the mindset that I'm like, I care about you going into the Sinister Sons because I'm telling you, I read this issue and it feels just like the first issue we had, but with less, you know, background. And you know, it's weird when you, when I read it. Like, instead of me reading, say, like, that Zod deal with you, not me, Eric, I'm telling you, it's easy, like, I need more of this. Like, oh, my God, like, even if you didn't know there was a Neil before Zod book, when we got done, you would have said, like, oh, man, I hope that we get something from it. When I'm reading this, there's not one point where I think of anything about all I feel of, like, oh, this is just here to try to force me to go and read that book that I'm not in. Like, it's like the opposite of what it should be doing. Like, I'm like, I think I got enough cord here. Then I, I don't need to go anywhere. It's not intriguing me. And the book, the Sinister Sons book, and what I was getting at, the Sinister Sons book was announced kind of before this. And then you get this and you, you realize what it is. Okay, you're just trying to grab some, but it's not working for me. It's kind of boring. And it's just, I'm not connected. Like, you, I'm not connected to the character. And I think the art's great in the main Green Lantern book, but then you get to this and it's a very cartoony style. Yeah, and I assume really that of. this is going to be the, the style of that book because it's yeah. a, a, like, you know, 
skewed towards a young adult deal, which is fine, but yeah. it's just, yeah, it just doesn't feel like anything. It feels like, it, I'm trying to explain that it feels like the Super Suns train has, has run its course, but they want Tomasi to do something, so they kind of finagled this in. And they're but Jim, trying that to, train kept a rolling all night long. Well, it didn't, Eric. And it, to me, you should have. You should have just that because I don't know how this would do any better than the Super Sons. And then you get this. I'm like, yeah, I don't think this has it. I don't think that this character, Korg, has it at all. And whether or not we find out that he is the son of Sinestro. Or if he I don't think he is. I don't think he he's is just like either. all those orphans out there. Like, my daddy's like a, a king and they're going to come back for me one day. Yeah, exactly. I think that has been the play, and I think it is. But even with that, I even if he was, I don't. I don't think that would change anything for me. I'm just not that interested. But some people will be, and we'll check it out when it comes out. Yeah, but I just, I'm not. It's nothing that I have on my radar, uh, really. And did I say? Did I mention the people that in between books we had some snafus, and I was able to find out that the Neil before Zod is twelve issues. So we nice. have that to look for. A to. year of Zod. A yeah. year of Fucking Zod. Get oh on your God. knees. It's going to be a long year. I'm doing my own Neil before Grodd, Eric, is what I'm doing. But this was a very quick book. Uh, what would you give it? I would give this a 5.8 out of 10. I think the art is great throughout. You get some really cool battles, but ultimately there's not a lot of meat to the bone here. Yeah, I'm giving it a 6.5. I, I like the battles. I think that you set up some cool things, but you have to fudge things to get there. And it's just those cool things. And we had that kind of last issue. I want more. I wanted to find out more. You get that big, you know, cliffhanger again. That didn't hit as well with me and you because we kind of thought that we knew that already. And yeah. I, you know, we it was said there it a constructor. How is losing his mind? I was just thinking that his buddy was still there with him. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a combo. So there you go. But that's that. We're gonna go take a little break, and then we'll be back with the the Bat Family section. It's weird having that in the second section, but we'll be back with that in just a moment. He got his first real comic Got it at a five and dime Read it to his fingers plan Been reading comics most of his life Him and some guys from school They had a book and they tried real hard Jake quit, Knuckles got married Yannis was never gonna get far When he looks back now Did he ever fight forever? And now that he has a choice He told Jesse he would marry or never Eric comics most of his life a little tribute to you, Eric. No Wolfman. I was looking for werewolves. No werewolves. We got too many Wolfmen going around, and that is that, Eric. And God damn it. What are those sirens on your end, I, Jim? I'm so I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to edit this. I'm telling you, this is going to be the worst <laughs> sounding thing ever. So I apologize because there's no way of getting it out. I actually, before you started talking, I was about to hit stop and just give up. But here we are. We have two books in this section. It's the Bat Family section. And we're going to find out that Batman's hung, right? Sure in is. A sexy way. And that no, he also. Oh, and that he also is that Playboy Bruce Wayne that everybody talks about. You know that, Eric. I'm just trying to talk while these stupid sirens go off. We're going to start with Detective Comics number 1079. If you haven't heard 
I believe that it is issue 1089, maybe, that Ram V's ending is run soon. He has like 10 issues or so left. So we'll get all the answers by then, right? The reality engine and the Asmers and the Orgums and I don't get it, but it's written by Ram V, art by Jason, Sean Alexander, Liam Sharp, Dave Stewart, and Ariana Mayer. Yeah, yeah, Liam Sharp out of nowhere going to be on this issue as well. Crazy. And if you were wondering how this was going to be and you didn't think, oh, that Batman can't die, he dies. He is dead. He doesn't or die. is he? No, he's fine. He's, he's got them strong neck muscles where he doesn't need to breathe for whatever reason. Here's the thing in this where you're going to end up having a lot of Ocean's Eleven stuff being thrown at you. But if you really do end up looking at each one, they kind of fall apart. And the big thing falls apart is that you really have to suspend a lot of disbelief that a Batman's neck muscles are going to make it so that his neck doesn't crack when he's getting hung, but also this paralytic where it's going to end up where the crazy adrenaline looks like he's dead, but then... Who's looking at him to make sure he's dead? And my big play, too, is still hinging. Everybody I heard that didn't like the issue is the idea of, uh, you know, Catwoman went, kissed Batman, gave him this poison from Poison Ivy paralytic that goes with the adrenaline. It only activates with the adrenaline that you'll get from being hung. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so full of adrenaline all the time, Eric. Uh, But. I still go back to the play of why are they allowed to do this? And you could sit there and say, well, it's the reality engine. Thalamus engine. It's the Thalamus engine. But if that's the case, why are there people there protesting with signs? Don't hang the bed. Like, nothing makes sense. And then when it's done, why are they allowed to take his body? I don't know what well, the stop them? family is. I don't they get it. They got stormtroopers and wolfmen. They need who's going to stop them. Maybe the National Guard should have been called in by. It's just a weird play. I know that you have to suspend. I'm suspending so much disbelief to get to this point. Then you even almost play this. Suspended. I'm expelled. Uh, Yeah, really. I'm suspended so much. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's pretty good. In this, you even have mention. I think it's the backup, but still the mention of that. It almost seems like Ram V is pushing that the Orgums are now the royalty running, go- like they're ruling Gotham no, no, now. See, the thing is, even with the backup, the idea where we have, you know, the queen coming in and we have to make sure that the Orgum name, people don't recognize it anymore. And it's like, you know, we have to make it mean something again. I'm like, you are the talk of the town and have been for months. Like, the, the idea that you leave somebody alive and they're going to whisper something about this, these people murder people and they'll laugh at you because it's impossible. But like people don't understand that the organ, I'm telling you, this backup, I had such trouble following the, the concept, even like what we're doing. Like, is this in the past? Is this the present? Is this the actual queen coming from their country now? And it's just, it's like on a little tugboat in my mind, this entire trip. <laughs> and the funny play is, is it looks like it's from before. And then it, it, in my mind, you're like, well, we don't have a lot more to do with the backup, so let's throw that out there. It was weird. I just don't feel like I still don't know the Orgums well enough to pinpoint who everybody is exactly and what I should be doing with Prince Arzen here and his royal bloodline and his little lackeys and stooges that are wolfmen and fucking ten-eyed bitches. Yeah, and so when you have this, though, I did appreciate when the queens come in, I'm like, okay, her name's Daria. I, I can say that. So I, I'm, it's not Shavhod. Rockleberry or whatever these things. Yeah, yeah, Rockleberry. Yeah, end up where also, I just want to point out at one point here where they say 
get that Batman's body to the organ place. I'm like, oh shit, that's like, where did that come back from? Everything is just kind of thrown out. And, and Ramsey, in my mind, he talks about the idea that he, and this is not me making this up, and whether or not it's something that it doesn't annoy me, the, the thing, it just annoys me that he says it, that he doesn't give a shit about anybody reading his book. He does, he writes it for him, him only. Yeah. He doesn't care. I don't care about the readers. Like, he really seems proud. To say, he says it all the time. It's an odd take, but whatever. But when he does with that, you can get the play that he does like. I, I said it before, even as other things. He's mood over details. He ends up being style over plot. Substance. And, and so yeah. substance. But, and even so, you have substance, but things get pushed aside. And then you might not get back to them. They might be twisted and turned. And it seems that people who like him... They they don't mind that we had this. This is what we said a lot of Tom King in in the new or yeah in the rebirth with the Batman yeah. that he would end up where he'd set something huge up and then it wouldn't be something and actually go against it. But people were okay because they liked what they were getting and that's fine. That's everybody's thing. But for when we're doing this and I'm just like you said, where you have this backup, where I think a lot of people, if you're not doing a podcast, you really you read it and you're like, man, that's kind of and you just move on. But yeah. in this, with what Ram V and Dan Waters in the back, but more Ram V for me and the regular deal, I tried to just get the semblance of, okay, that connects to this and that makes sense there. But a lot of the things just end up being like almost like a whisper down the lane in my mind swirling around. And at the end, you either have to kind of shrug and say, okay, I'll go with what's here and now. Because it doesn't really make it. But at this point, I need to know what this reality engine is. Like, that's one of the biggest things that he keeps mentioning. And we don't know what it is. And I, like I said, it, you have down, don't, don't hang the bat. Well, why isn't it working on that? But I just don't get it. Is the thalamus engine is doing this or is it they've like infected so many people with asthma that they are uh, like all about it and allowing this to happen because they're being controlled by the organs while some people are just hanging out like, this is a weird show, huh? Maybe I should protest uh, against again, this because it's kind of That's what I'm saying, though, is, you know, you have the asthma. You have the people in the sewers, you have the, but then you have the reality engine. Well, that's first supposed you get to be, the people in the sewer to asthma them up, then you put them back on the streets. Yeah, but then they seem like they would just be like animals running around. I don't, I don't know that they could write signs. I, I don't know. This is the thing, though, because it's actually it's concepts that he does a lot of, too. You know, that whole play where, oh, my God, it's so crazy. They round up people in the sewers and they put the asthma in them. But what does that really do? What are those Puts people a wolf doing? in their mind. They might be, Makes yeah, them be able to be controlled. Maybe they're controlled, but you have the reality engine that's supposed to be doing that as well. That's not well, really I don't like, even oh, understand first we need the asthma and then that. It's just nothing really. When we put together our group of thieves where everybody is doing misdirection to make sure that Selena Kyle can ferret Batman's body away from the organs before they ever realize that he's not dead, they're just causing distraction here and there with the, like, you know, with uh, Batgirl and Mr. Freeze and with, you know, Asriel doing stuff against the Wolfman. You have all this, but, like, the inclusion of Mr. Freeze, like, oh, I knew he'd betray me, but, like, what does that do for anybody? He comes in here, him and Batgirl are supposed to, like, take care of the Thalamus engine and take out the shock troops they got there, all, you know, baselining on Asper, but it's just Mr. Freeze, like, you know what, I was supposed to do this thing, but I'm I'm just here for the organ like, science work, and I downloaded it now, and now I'm gone. I'm like, why did we have the inclusion of Mr. Freeze at okay. all? Okay. Because he wanted to include Mr. Freeze He actually had a tweet that said I love writing this guy, but he did nothing And then you almost play that idea Where Catwoman, ooh, this is a 
double cross crisscross applesauce where I knew that like almost like Catwoman telling us or Ram V telling us that him not following the plan was actually her plan all along. But that doesn't make sense because he doesn't do anything. And you end up where I thought I know that you can say Cass can hold her own, but you're also putting her in danger. <laughs> like you're doing weird. And what she says, well, even so, though, you didn't even have her there to make sure he didn't do it because he does it anyway. And then in that, he says, I, I don't get this. He says, yes, I came here for the technology the organs have used to tap into natural pathways underneath the city. In my mind, as a good boy, it's, it's a shovel. <laughs> like, that's what they use. They use the backhoe. Like, what are you talking about? You're the natural pathways. That they used to tap into natural pathways underneath. Are, are we talking about, like, ley lines? Is that what we're talking about? I think he needs a shovel. They ended up because they were already there. They were. They had to clean up a little. Maybe a broom. Maybe he means. And he says, I can access that from here. I have no need for the reality engine. You know the reality engine that could actually turn the whole of Gotham into, I don't know, but something. Because we Gotham. really don't know. But if I think of what it would mean, and maybe you can have them explain it, but maybe he can have a, you know, a paradise of ice. You know, a paradise. A paradise. And you have all that going on. But no, no, he just wants a shovel. As he's doing that, he seems to just have, you know, his cryogenic body. And then he's just going to throw it and run away. What? Like, why did you have but that? But Jim, then? as they describe this here, the reality engine hums away beneath Gotham, warping truth, shaping thought, and the future still. Yeah, maybe you guys should take care of that shit, huh? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that play, too. It's like you ask me, like, oh, Jim, you know, you have this new podcast system. What does it do? And I'm like, ooh, it ends up swaying the tide of minds. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I want it, like, it's all just ambiguous nonsense. Because, again, what does that mean? To, he uses it to say, that's why we're able to hang the Batman. But then you have the asthma to control the people. But when we see Batman get it, you're not really controlling him in a way that it's like, hey, you know, go do this or whatever. They become animals. They're all over the place. You got the wolfmans and all that. And then in the meantime, the wolfman. where is anybody? Like, it just is too much to say that they are actually killing a man in Gotham, a Batman. To, and and it's, it's just so weird. And you just play these fudging of it. We have Catwoman being able to ferret Batman away, like I said before. Everybody playing their role just to distract the organs. But like, by now, they'll know that, you know, Batman's body is missing. And they'll be on the streets looking for us. And all of a sudden, like, you got some girder-looking motherfucker walking to the streets with stormtroopers. Like, who are you now? Yeah, I think that that's, uh, you know, Gail Tenclaw. I think that they're playing that he's got some crazy mask on. I don't know. Oh, Metal Face. I love when, <laughs> I love when they're like, oh, Is that man. what happens when, like, Azrael took his flaming sword to a freaking cargo container of, like, propane tanks? He got all burned up. Now he's the freaking mm, man of the have, iron mask. That was it. I mean, even then, Azrael's there to throw his burning sword in the propane tanks. That, that's it. Boom. Yeah, also, and again, the way that you know, you know that, that, that car, as far as I'm concerned, that, that cargo container or trailer to that semi that he cut himself out of that's filled to the brim with propane tanks. But it already blew up. But now I'm with you. I think like, I don't know. This, this thing's blown up seven times. So then you have the other play. And again, it's presented in a way that I don't mind. You know, you're getting that whole reveal of this Ocean's Eleven. But as I usually joke, this is an Ocean's three and a half. And you end up where it's. It's almost Four like it's, tr it's trying to convince us that it's more clever than it is by kind of doing 
And, you know, go with the play a little sleight of hand where you have these big explosions. You have this. But when you think about it, it like you said about, you know, freeze, it's almost like Randy wants you to say, oh, I knew he was going to double cross you. Oh, man. But you, if you sit there and think like, what well, what did he say? What did he want? He left it nothing. Then you have Ico, who is disguised as Catwoman to get as captured so that she can then escape. So she didn't really do anything. I mean, because they, yeah. they think that Catwoman's there, but Catwoman's elsewhere because you have the doppelganger Catwoman, Aiko Hasegawa. The only thing it does is they're not looking for Catwoman then, but then she reveals that she's not, so they're going to be looking for her anyway. And it just, nothing really plays out that well in my I'll mind. I'll tell you this I, whole thing this ragtag group of Catwoman thieves to get the master heist done to get Batman out of the way, like out, his body out of the way. I never really cared about it because, it, like, you know, you got Solomon Grunder there, you got Cheshire, you got shoes. Like, that, that's all cool. But the, the plan, I never knew what the hell they were doing because it always, like, and now that I see what they're doing, it, it's just distraction. All they're doing is kicking some ass and just trying to take up some time for Catwoman to do what she needs to do. Now, we're, now we're taking Batman's body to the docks because she needs some extra help now that the organs will be on the streets looking for him. We're going to Talia Al Ghul in the League of Shadows that she has, and also Two Face. Now I look forward to these people showing up and actually doing something. And there's the weird play, and and again, it's not like this is in in the past or anything like that. But we still have one more issue of this. And then we get back, so we get to, back to the main story. The main story, but this just feels like it says it's an intermezzo because uh, it's fancy, but it, it's just kind of the main story. And then we'll have to see what's <laughs> going on as he ends this run because, as he, he announced, I guess it was on, I don't know, I think it was on Word Bubble or Word Balloon, whatever the hell that's called. He ended up saying that he has like 10 issues left. So we'll end up, you know, seeing what he does. But seriously, I hope he starts explaining some things and people seem to really like. This run and tell oh my god, it's just it's too much it's of meandering. Nothing. Oh, it is, and it has been. It's got for this a while. gigantic concept, but if you try to explain it, you can't because it's too big to explain. Because there's never any details given; it's just words and phrases thrown out there. They're like, okay, I can go with that until you can't. Yeah, and so when you have the, I actually, I thought, I th- well, anything's better with the Wolfman. We learned that tonight. I uh, I liked it at first. I did the one issue before you came back, and I actually was like, okay, this is actually, because it felt like... Maybe I'm the problem. Eh, no, no, here, here's the problem. The problem is I'm a dummy. I mean, seriously, sure. if you go back and listen to me talk about the first part of the inner mezzo, Eric, I actually <laughs> had an idea that Ram V was focused, and he was going to tell a tight five-issue story, and that was going to, oh my god, this is what happened. Tweet like a toiger. Yeah, like an idiot I was, because he doesn't like to do that he likes to just kind of do what he wants to do and go and again he did say and yes, I, I, brought fancy. Up, I brought up oceans 11 because he legitimately said that he thought of oceans 11 doing this whole thing and i don't know it just ends up at the end like a lot of things were kind of cool to see some of the characters but then at the deal of it and again also i think do, do we not have the question come flying in renee montoya at the very end and punch a guy in the face I, I didn't know. even see that before. It looks like right before Metal Face, it's actually Renee Montoya question like, where did she come from? She wasn't even part of it. She's there wrecking house. So that's cool. But overall, I thought it was cool to have, you know, Mr. Freeze. It was cool to see Asriel, but they really didn't do anything except it was cool to see them part of it. It wasn't cool to see them in my mind. I, I like to see in in this book. I'm saying in the Bram V deal. We've been just orgum, 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 and I'm like, even the idea of Azure like rebuilding his as bat suit just for this. I'm like, 
it's just like you know a wow factor that doesn't matter to the plot at all and doesn't make sense you know what it is you know what it is and i'll, I'll explain it to you right now because i love the ass bat suit but it does nothing for me here but it even goes back to you know the stuff we talked about earlier i do like wow moments but Especially, there's not really any well moments for me in this entire run from Ram V. So I'll take them when I can get them. And I, I was like, okay. And then I see them there and it looks like Liam Sharp's art at the end. I'm like, how do those gauntlets even work? Holy shit. But you know, at the end, I just, I, I don't know. It just didn't work out. But it, thank God Batman didn't die. Also with the play that when you have this backup, they really should have spelled out more of it because it, it is true. At the end, you end up where Batman's tied up in a dungeon. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck does that mean? Because he should be off with Talia and take care of that. But that's kind of a cool play. The thing is, he still has the asthma in his head. So remember, they had to subdue his ass like he's a wolfman. I'm telling you, if that is like the, in Beast World, <laughs> if that's the boat and they have like a brick wall in that no, no, boat. No, I'm not saying a boat. I'm not saying that we're in a boat. I'm saying we're, we went to the docks to go find Talia, but like we, we probably went somewhere else because also it says we're going to have Two Face showing up as well. Yeah, I, I thought that they like put him in the boat, but I, I you think know, the that's the cement this, dungeons that boats have. But again, I think that at the end, when because it, it plays in the deal, what she says, and when we ascend to our rightful place, they will remember to fear us and how we. I think that that's just part of that backup. Maybe it's a little out of time because of how the story went, but eh, you know, the backup we you already said uh, in it, you have Daria showing up. <laughs> I like that you said it was a tugboat. Yeah, end up where she shows up. It feels and, like. The whole crew, half of them are Talia's assassins, the other half of this, that, and the other thing, and then everybody and they gets all killed. Dead. Except the one guy who I swear to God, I do like the art because it's Juan Ferrer. We like him. But Juan yeah, ends yeah. up making this kid. It looks like this guy aged at least 10 years while this story happened. He kind of played out at the beginning of this little kid by the end. I mean, it does take a while to cross the seven seas here, but by the it's end, funny he looked too. like he went from 13 to like. Like twenty two, it looked Pretty like. Good, uh, happened this year, though. It's funny because I play a lot of Dead by Daylight, and I don't know if any other listeners out there like know about it or play it. But when they, Daria Orgum shows up at the door, she looks just like one of the killers from that game called The Plague. I'm like, holy shit, The Plague showed up! And I'm like, eh, that's not as cool. That's a vomit mommy. She vomits everything, crosses plagues. I'm telling you, when you end up having, you know, a fair, they're almost like this is the tugboat Uber. And you end up showing up and like, okay, this is going to be a lot of money because this is Queen Daria. All right. And you show up and she looks like that. Get the fuck out of there. She's not going to, she's going to kill you. She's wearing, you know, pretty much a tiara of knives. What's the thing is I, I almost imagine like, you know, Daria Oregon coming here is almost like the, the, the Demeter, right? The, the ship that the Dracula came on where people just kept dying over and over again. She's almost the Dracula's coming to town. It plays that. It does play out. And again, I, I, we keep kind of making it. The, the backup, you said you were confused. If this would have been earlier as just a little aside, I don't mind it. I don't mind the idea of seeing, oh, man, these organs are badass. But this feels like, you know, that great villain afterthought, Eric. At the end of this, it's like, yeah, that doesn't really do much because they already know you. If it's in the brand, if it's a past deal, all right, we get it. But why didn't you come with the it other It doesn't assholes? feel like a past deal. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know why. Like, as as you said, though, if it isn't, then there's a big misplay because, like, hey, go and tell them. People are going to, 
You mean the organs that just hung back and have all these giant place that everybody came out had a ticker tape parade for? This place, ticker tape parade that we love, but then it blew up. But then underneath was the thalamus engine that's now going, and they're supposed to be taking Batman's body. But unfortunately, for them, like it's nitrous. We got the asthma, and then you got the kisses with the paralytic that go end up being the crank, and then oh my goodness, strong muscles. Again, the big play of this was that it Batman's... Like a, a Jerry Lewis had a stroke <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> hey, ladies! You end up where... With the, the kisses and the, the things. <laughs> oh, I, I want the ladies and the kisses! You end up where <laughs> this whole thing hinges on. I hope that Batman's been working the neck muscles. I hope that he can take it. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> that is a weird way because, again, that's something you cannot possibly play with. You, you, nobody's going to sit there. I love it. Like, just out of nowhere. Like, like imagine, because I've had some predictions, and you'll claim that it's sus. Somebody told you, or you read it, or something. But out of nowhere, I say to you, I think that what's happening here is that when Catwoman went to visit Batman, she had a paralytic, you know, poison on her lips that she got from Poison Ivy, so that shows her play. She kisses Batman, but the poison doesn't activate until the adrenaline goes, and that's when he's going to get hung. And then it's not you, you would, you would tell me I'm an idiot, right? An no, idiot, no, I tell say. you if somebody's feeding you information, it's way too detailed for your dumbass. Seriously, though, it doesn't make any sense. But you get it. I like the art in this issue uh, throughout, including Juan, except that guy who ages a bit. But I mean, going across the seven seas with Daria killing everybody, it ages a man. It really it does. does. That, he he left to it's get the orgums right as a kid. He returned a man. <laughs> he returned a, a dead man. man. And, well, he gets the it, and it is it's funny because I'm like, oh, so it's like the Dread Pirate Roberts, but kind of the deal. It's that whole play. Somebody has to live to tell the tale, my son. He's like hiding in the cupboard there too. That's what I'm hiding. My big ass Damn squeezing right. as much as I can. It's funny too. Like he's hiding. In the open spot, but right next to him, there's two. He could have hid in the the cabinet. He wasn't hiding very well. This kid's not too smart, but he lived. He lived. <laughs> it's so funny. I like. I do like the play that Dan Waters where he's like, "I won't tell anybody." She's like, "Oh no, you're alive to tell people." I'm like, "All right, you whatever. will but be." What would you give this? Ultimately, I found the story very disappointing and lackluster. I was like, I, I this whole thing about Batman, like the big, like. uh the big turning up to the point where Batman's going to be hung, everything we've been waiting for, it's just kind of this throwaway idea that doesn't really matter because, oh, we did all of this, but all the stuff that we did, that also didn't really matter. And ultimately, the backup didn't do anything for me story-wise because it didn't make sense for the idea. Like, hey, people are going to remember the Oregon name. Like, everybody's talking about you nonstop. Get the fuck out of here, Daria. But 5.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm just a straight five. I like the art. Now, again, when we talk about this and people, you know, they make crazy claims. Usually, we're not going to be ones that will say, oh, this will be a classic 20 years from now and whatnot. I just think that people will end up, and I say... Not like that Neil before Zod. You know, like, yeah, yeah, that backup, that's going to be known throughout the ages, I'll tell you. Uh, like, we'll end up, like, a year and a half from now. All we'll be doing is I'll say randomly to you, what was that Oregon place? And you'll go, <laughs> I'm still wondering what the reality engine is, and we'll giggle. And then or will they, uh, something will pop up and like, oh, man, that will how be about, about the it, yes. orgums? How about how the about thalamus engine? It'll be nothing about like, oh, man, that, that, that was good. We, we're just going to these random concepts that make us giggle. We'll throw out and that's all we got because that's all we're getting. 
at least for us. Maybe some other people are smarter than us. That is How are they able to do this right? with the deed to Arkham Asylum? That's the other thing. I think that, remember when it first started? It really did, and I'm just, you know, off the top of my head. We thought, and it looked like they had the deed to Gotham, and that uh-huh. felt big. And then we laughed, and we're like, oh, they only have the deed to the old rundown, broken down, that they're not even using Arkham Asylum. Like, we giggled and thought that was crazy. And now it's gotten back to the idea that it seems like they're just ruling God. We run this bitch, bitch. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. It, again, it's another one where Batman was asleep at the wheel. This guy the entire just doesn't series. know about anything. And just, yeah. And so that's the big, again, where now he's just asthmered up. He's poisoned. He's this, that, and the other Jim thing. Jim Gordon he's has paralyzed. done more heroics in this series than Batman. It feels this entire time that Ram V didn't want to write Batman at all, and was given Detective Comics, and I have no idea how that happens. And just look at the things that he's done. He, the Orgums, they're this mystical, you know, Indian family. Then you have an Asriel who's got, he likes that sort of character. He likes that sort of character that has the mystic or the religious, that sort of tone. And I don't think it really fit Batman, so he made it fit with everybody else around to write the story he wanted to. That's his, you know, prerogative. Just like Bobby Brown, but right. just not that interested overall. But what are we uh, doing next, Eric? Batman and Robin, number four, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Mikhail Janine, Simone D. Mayo, and oh, Jeremy Cox, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Steve Wands. We had a bunch of people there I was not expecting for some reason, even though it's written down right here in front of me. Like I'm telling you, it is written down in a notepad that I have open right here. I can see there are more names, and I decided, nope, not going to say it. You're going to say end and finish. I don't know what's wrong with my brain. You know right what now. I like to put on my turkey? Sandwich, Eric. D Mayo. That's what I like to put. D Mayo. They're like, what do you want on that? I want D Mayo. That's what I say. And maybe sometimes, yeah. Do you like sometimes with like a turkey and Swiss with mayo and mustard? Would you eat? I like that. I'll pretty much eat anything for the most part, but no, I usually wouldn't have that. That's true. Jess told me that. So we end up in this here. This is a. This is, again, a, another Joshua Williamson classic where you you set up a lot of things. And then somehow after four issues, they don't matter at all. And and in a way that it's, it, it, I'd rather it be like pushed aside when he tries to explain things matter. and he tries to go with it. It just makes it that much more pronounced of everything that we've dealt with. He has kind of changed around. We talked about earlier about the whole Green Lantern book and oh man, it wasn't a big reveal because we thought Kilowog was dead anyway. But seriously, there's been nobody in this book. That could possibly be shush, except that Mistress Harsh. And we said it immediately. The only thing that we thought different was you might have had two separate people as the principal and then possible. Well, no, the thing is, I I still because we have a Mistress Harsh, right? Who was the former teacher of Damien when he was, you know, still with the Al Ghouls and stuff like that, who lost her job because she overstepped her bounds and slapped Damien when he was talking back. Talia saw that shit and she said, not on my watch and fired her ass, but good. She Probably would have killed her if you asked me, but of Gotham High School. Okay, that's going on. We saw that before where it seemed like she had a deep interest in what Damien was doing at school, even though he was his first day and it seemed like she's had this job for a while. Now we also had his teacher, who I would say would be Shush, but I don't think that the two are related, even though they're in the same proximity at a school that Damien just started going to in this series right now. Yeah, but now. they're not. Damien says. Damien says, my principal is shush he says he thinks it might be shush but it's all it's his former like you know uh his uh teacher from this whole thing mistress harsh it definitely is that but i can't say for certain that that is shush yeah he says though 
My principal is a former instructor of mine, and I believe she is also shush. I don't think that he he's believes. gotten it wrong. I still think it's the teacher with the dark hair for some reason, which doesn't wouldn't matter at all. It'd be weird. I don't, because even when you look at the principal, it looks exactly like what you would think shush looks like. But just shush the has dark and hair. There. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, I think that it's Damien would be kind of smart enough to say. Well, the thing yeah, is, I think, even and the, that's the thing. Everybody's a dummy in this book anyway, so maybe it is. Which is the worst part. You're, you're, you're trying to say the idea like Damien's like, he knows this person is this person and he believes it. So why wouldn't you trust Damien? I just want to know why should we trust Damien when he – this is the second day of school. Bruce is taking him to school at this point in time. We're introduced to the principal and the teacher right there and Damien out of nowhere after they walk away. Oh, yes, father. That is an old former like uh, mentor of mine, a trainer, and I believe it to be Shush. Yeah. When did Why he didn't come you to this epiphany, Damon? This, this seems like some crucial <laughs> you know information I mean? that we could have, you know, used fucking yesterday or the day before that any time. Exactly. It's it's this is bad. I mean, this is uh, we love a Batman and Robin book. We love think it, it, sh- it should so. be bigger. It should be bigger. And also, Joshua Williamson, whether anybody likes it or not, he is continuously being pushed as the architect of the DC universe. Here, he is their main writer. He's the guy who did the big events, and any time they mention any series, including this one, when it came out, they will say the DC architect, Joshua Williamson, and in four issues, he cannot even keep things going in this book that has done nothing. I mean, the only things that he has done in here, he actually just says, and I said in my notes where I wrote down, this issue should be Batman Robin because, because things happen in here of, hey, why did that happen? Because. Because. because Immediately, I feel like a dummy because I spent all that time looking. Oh my god, I think it's Rachel Cool Man Bat. No, 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 it's just Man Told Bat. You. Man Bat's dead. And that's Man the Bat worst part dead. about the idea because we we bring up the idea of because because and the thing that they're trying to say, aren't you dead? Over the years, I've injected so many different chemical concoctions into my body. What others saw as death was merely a cocoon for me to emerge as the superior specimen you see before you today. And I'm How looking could at you this. Do that? How about this? How about this? You were dead, and then you were on a team as a zombie where you died again. And was that merely the cocoon to make you the just the bat now? Because you're not even man bat; you're just the bat persona. You've left Kurt Langstrom behind. Yeah, and that's what it's. And like also with that, I mean, here you go. Because we needed another animal person for the story. He was heading towards a hero's path, and totally. even at one point, I think the that charity? Batman I think that Batman even at one point even like ruled out that he would be involved. All of a sudden, he's involved, and I don't know about you, but I, man, bat, Kurt, he's cool enough, right? He's a nice guy. Seems like he's got his heart in the right place when he's not a raging bat. But I don't look at him as any sort of big, giant villain. I actually think of him as more of a goof anymore. They never really show him as anything that's a threat. And now, not all the, because you kind of lose track that he's the big Cheese here. Well, he's the one the that thing Shush is, is working for. Man Bat, who we saw with the rest of the year, like the animal people, Killer Croc, Orca, the Terrible Trio, and Shush, when they all showed up, we were wondering, okay, well, Shush is still a lackey because we have that mysterious figure that's in the shadows that's giving orders. We find out here, oh no, it, it's just fucking Man Bat. It, it's just Man Bat. That, that was the, the, our secret architect. The big giant reveal then was, oh my god, it's Man Bat. <laughs> Here's why I ended up you jumping to got a- better. I was jumping to the idea, and it's 100%. I jumped to the idea that maybe it's racial. He says he, he talks like Raish, and he ends up having like hair. But the reason why is because I thought it would be lame if it was just Man Bat. I mean, that's Man Bat. This is nothing big. And so when you go and he's like, 
Yep, I thought you were dead. Yeah, I got better. That's the first part of the, oh, yeah, let's just, you know, shrug things off. And that's one thing. It like Say things like, you know, make it a little bit better than I healed. Please. I mean, do something a a little more. My death, and now I am no longer the Kirk Langstrom. I am just the bat, the bat persona of the man bat. Really? And I am the big bad, the architect of this whole thing. And before you can stop me, the Batman, you know what I will do? I will take Shush and she will fly away with me, and I'll summon the rest of the bats to come with you. Because you remember that pheromone that Shush sprayed on you? That means that you can't go out at night because it's going to constantly hump in your goddamn face? Well, they're all here now until you decide. You're going to show them that you're the alpha bat, but at the what same the time, that pheromone that? that we had to be all worried about, the Batman couldn't operate as Batman in fear of this happening to him. The bats are all over Gotham attacking him. Oh, no, that shit just wore off at the same time that you decided to tell them that you're the Batman. Yeah, it just, it just wore off. Like, the big play here, Fuck like, me. all these things that could have, oh, my God, this will change things forever until it wears off. Again, like, Batman wouldn't have changed. The big play, a big wild moment in this book. And seriously, I don't know who's more of a lame architect, Joshua Williamson or Mambat, but you end up where he's doing this and he's like, look at everything. I mean, he's like yelling, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm Batman. Look, look. Hey, I'm going to remind these bats who's in charge. Who's And he like raises his hand and they they fly off. And and the look of Damien's like, yep, that's my cool ass father. No, no, no. You have both Dr. Uh, Kafara, I think it is, and White Rabbit's like, what an asshole. She says, whoa, but it, it's it's lame. I mean, I'm telling you, this whole play of him raising his arms. Who's boss? I'm like, really? What happened, Batman? I mean, seriously, you are awful. So then you go and you go have the doctor look into. Hey, Dr. Kafira, what are, what, what's going on? What were you working with with the man bat? Well, you won't believe this, Batman, but I didn't want to work with my DNA project with the man bat, but he gave me a truth serum. But you know what? It's weird because it also acted as a memory blocker, so I can't even remember what I was working on on top of the truth serum. But, but, you, but you remember that it was a truth serum because you told him, but you don't remember what you told him and worked on. So one page, you have the doctor, the good doctor, he says, oh, by the way, Batman, that whole pheromone deal that really could screw up everything for you and change. Oh, it, was, it wasn't permanent. It was, it was temporary. A, it was a big kind of stakes at the beginning of the series to try to, like, you know, throw Batman out of the game of a Batman and Robin book. You know, nothing. And then, oh, so what were you doing? It's one page that then he says, oh, oh, I got a truth serum. And I, uh, I'm telling you right there, Batman's like, I don't believe a shit in things. <laughs> if I'm Batman, I'm not. But he says a truth serum that won't now allow me to remember what I did, but in the meantime, I think I might have figured out that the terrible trio—they got the rage in them. I'm like, well, no, no, th- just just imagine this, because you you have this whole thing where we're combining. It seems like something we'd have with the lizard and Spider-Man, where the Man Bat's whole thing is let's turn the freaking human populace into animal-human hybrids. I'm like, you're fucking Beast World again. <laughs> No, that's the problem. But the thing I'm is, the DNA, my the, notes. the DNA sequencing that they're doing to the terrible tree to actually make them animal-human hybrids, it's corrupting their DNA and filling them with rage, though. So you have almost like, you know, 28 days later, animal-human hybrids, Beast World, which technically you already have in Beast World. Okay, yeah, here, this is what, here's Joshua Williamson, like, he, he ends up, he's like, I'm going to do this Batman and Robin. All right, well, I'm going to end up, because Zoran R in the Batman book and the Gotham War, it's taken over Batman's mind. Damien's not talking. Oh, I think I'll have a book here where they're just doing their normal thing. And then in the meantime, I heard this Beast World shit. So I think that I'll do that. Also, 
maybe I'll play like it's almost like the asthma. <laughs> it's like everything, but not. It, the idea that you're playing with anything that involves, you know, crazy beasts going around. You can't do that during Beast not World. Right you have to know a little bit better of if you're the architect, you should be in touch with a lot of people. So is this his way to tie into it? Your your little event that you got going on at DC Comics right now. Yeah. It, it, and even then, it's not set up any sort of way. It's so funny. They got the rage, Jim. Who knows? With the emotional spectrum being wonky, they might become fucking Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they'll just throw that in. I think that what the play here is, is you do have Kurt Langstrom, and he's like, okay, I'm going to do all this. I'm going to make... And then all of a sudden, Beast World happens. He's like, I spent all that fucking time and money. And then these spores just did it. I'm fucking pissed because that's what it's. He seems like he's trying to make a beast world. It's so ridiculous. But again, because you're gonna throw things, shush and and like they just get shush. away. They just go yeah. away. Fly. And then they have the terrible trio. But in my mind, this is just a way to pack them away as well because yep. they're in these tubes. You know, so everything in she knows. I don't know, but to think that you know, oh my god, just to go, I I. I would say to you, oh, uh, you think that Kirk Langstrom, man, bad, like he's okay. You know, the, the the big play with him is the connection he has with Batman of points yeah. and some things like that. But if I asked you, like, oh, do you think he's a real big threat? Is he at the rogues gallery? Is well, he that's on the, the thing top? is, no, he's not on the top, but this is supposed to be like the new and improved man bat where it's like the su- superior mind that's just well, the if bat I with no said humanity. To you, if I said to you, Oh, well, what happened if it was just him and he's just always the bat? You'd be like, fuck that. Like, usually with Kurt, that's all we get anyway. Man Bat is just the lizard here from Spider-Man. That's all he is now. It's just terrible. Everything in this is generic minus one. Like, it's worse than just generic. Because even in The Amazing Spider-Man, because I can't think of the the story of Spider-Man off the top of my head, but The Amazing Spider-Man movie with uh, Andrew Garfield, the plot of that was the lizard. Now that he was a full-blown lizard man, he was going to turn the rest of the people into animals, but lizards, you know. So... It's the same thing. Yeah, you know. And he had a pheromone to make Batman, but that didn't work. And somehow, somehow, too, he's there. He's like, man, I'm Kirk Langstrom. I want to be the bat. Somehow I healed from dying, came back, and I got this idea. And boy, I think I'm going to grab that principle that was Damien's whole deal. And maybe she's shush. I'm I'm still not going with the idea that the principle of Miss Stone is shush i'm thinking that his teacher miss hall is even if it is then damien's an idiot the principal in my mind is you know um mistress harsh from you know the from the talyal ghouls like stuff from the past yeah again it's not when if it's revealed to be the teacher or revealed to be the it's not gonna matter it's it's just the same thing anyway damien's going back to school so he get to the bottom of this because now he sees a reason to go to high school even though he didn't want to yeah so what you're thinking in your mind here as Damien and Batman because at, at do you one see point, what they call the next issue is going to be uh yeah 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 oh yeah I was gonna ask you about that yeah that sounds like a lot of deadly bullshit. pancake breakfast yeah. yeah it seems like we're gonna have like oh we need a cool down I'm so excited here Eric I'm luckily the paralytic kiss that I got didn't activate because my adrenaline didn't go up too much but even then when you have this mistress harsh to me if you smack Damien and it's something you're dead you're not good. I oh, like that, that bitch's hands. I like the play that we actually said from the very get-go. We said it's going to be something involved with Mr. Sarge that Damien got sent off to Gotham because that's what happened. And then she didn't have a job. They Like, you don't have anybody to train. You're done. And that would make the revenge 
to Batman and Robin, I think that that would have been cool. Or Bruce Wayne and Damien. But how does this shit just fall on her lap, though? Because it seems like she's been principal of Gotham High for a while, and Damien just started going there three days ago. In this, I don't know why. It, what's worse? But, you know, Nightwing, he's going around. He's like, hey, everybody, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Oh, wait a minute. I think I have a serial killer running around Bloodhaven. Eh, fuck it. I'll do the other I stuff. I got shit or, to do. Nightwing or Damien, shit. who's like, okay, I know that that's my old, you know, t- mentor teacher. I know that that's my old trainer who really is not a good person, it seems. And really is, again, also might be, and even if it's a teacher, but also might be a supervillain going around slicing and dicing people. Yeah, I think I'll look into this while I go to school. I'm like, what? But I won't bring it up to my father ahead of time. Even also, though there's doing kids. Batman Robin you should shit. just sit there. You're you're letting people who you think, even if it's wrong, you think that it's a really good chance that this principal might also be shush. And you're just like, yeah, she's a pretty good principal. Though. So I don't think she'll hurt anybody. Well, to go That's along bullshit. with this whole thing, I have to imagine that we'll have the scene from Amazing Spider-Man as well, where the lizard's taking on Spider-Man in the high school. So you'll have Bam Bat show up going throughout the halls, going after Robin. Yeah. 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 We'll have that. Of course. <laughs> just, yeah, the, the big play in this would be the tell of, you know, Damien punches shush in the face and we want to see you as a black eye or something. You know, And, and if it's me, the teacher... Like starts punching everybody else. They all have black eye. It's just the idea of like he's probably wrong. Like you said, it probably is the teacher, so he's wrong. Also, though, he's like it's like a fun little. This is not Encyclopedia Brown here. You're not seeing a Bugs Meanie actually switched an apple with an orange. You are talking about killers, people who are willing to grab people and maybe DNA splice them, and yet it's- you're like, eh. It's so funny, too. I was about to jump in and say, you think people even know who Encyclopedia Brown was? Because I was going to jump in and say, you know, more like the Hardy Boys. But then I thought to myself, I don't know who the Hardy Boys <laughs> the are anymore. Hardy Boys. Uh, you know, it's I, I was for some reason I was going to end up saying I thought there's another like the, you know, the Third Rail Boys. or something, But I was going to say Breakfast Club for some reason. I was thinking you know, the Babysitter's people Club. People know the Breakfast Club. You know, the, the Babysitter's Club. club. <laughs> breakfast Club. They yeah, don't know really, that either. If they don't know the Breakfast Club, then I don't. I, <laughs> again, Encyclopedia Brown, and you decide to to, to go further back. For some reason, <laughs> I still think Encyclopedia Brown is more obscure than the Hardy Boys. I don't think so because you had those a lot in school. I mean, are we talking the Hardy Boys books? Because I used to love those. Or are we talking, yeah, I was talking the, the Sean Cassidy, Parker Stevenson TV I show? I am not talking about that. And then suddenly, Eric, you. Go with one of my first crushes along with Batgirl, Nancy Drew. Boom, Eric, I was in. But yeah, with all of that, I just like this. I had all this, those books growing up. Yeah, I did too. My dad, actually, it was like his stuff that he had as a kid, and I got a bunch of those, and they smelt like my grandparents' basement. I would scour yard sales for them. Yeah, they were cool. Those like hardback, but they were kind of little. The blue? They were neat. Yeah, the blue. I was going to say the blue hardback. They were pretty cool. Oh man, maybe I'll maybe that's what I'll collect. You collect the Transformers. I'll collect books I'll never even open. That'd be pretty cool. Right? That'd be cool. I'm t- me and uh me and uh Jason, two forty two to me and you, we were talking uh-huh. about uh the whole Encyclopedia Brown. I told him and I've said this to a bunch of people and even on podcasts, that there was one where you couldn't play along with. And supposedly there was a couple like that. And I ended up getting so mad, I never read another one again. I was so angry because I, I liked those, even though I ended up like I never could figure. But this was something along the lines that a made-up baseball player 
his card that Bugs Meany said he had the rookie card, the stats were wrong because the guy only played 120 games. I call that a Mrs. Voorhees. He can't play alone. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? You knew Bugs Meany was up to something. You always know he's up to something. Every time I think of Bugs Meany, I then think of the, uh, what's his name? Uh, on the deal oh. now in the Christmas story because they both had that red hair and stuff yeah. like that. So they, they really play Yellow out like eyes. that. Yeah, yellow eyes, sir. But with that, though, what do you give this? <laughs> 3.5 out of 10. Things. Yeah, I'm a three. And you do have Michael Janine on art where it looks really good when it gets to that, but by then... We've, had a, we've had a problem with the art throughout this whole run because of the way, that, like, you see the mm-hmm. action scenes, like, broken up in the different... Pa- like, you know, the way the panel layout is, it's very confusing at times. It's very close up, and you're trying to follow along, and it's very hard at times. I followed this perfectly in my mind. I thought the art looked great. It's just the story... The love part, every second it could, it just changed things, came up with bullshit, and I'm like, just, I was just so disappointed by everything that Joshua Williamson gave us for a book that I want to love. And it's, it's, it's four, it's, this is the fourth issue, and you're already fudging things to end a story that did nothing. I, you're fudging things that you, uh, I do like where Damien and Batman are flying and like, game on, son. And he looks like Yeah, they're dove. going after White Rabbit. It looks good. Look at his, his mask. It's like Dove's mask. It's a little big for a Robin in my mind, but that's fine. That's fine, Eric. It's but a little yeah. big for a Robin in my no, mind. No, like, look at it. Look how big that I thing gotta is. I got to get to it. Hold on. I think it looks like Dove's looks mask. Great. Uh, it's okay. I can see where you're coming from, though, but it looks great. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, it looks good. But it doesn't. When I saw it, I'm like, oh, he looks like dumb. I can tell. I think it's, I just wanted to be contrary, and I was getting to him like, there's no fucking, no, uh, I can see exactly see where you're you coming know what from. I'm but it looks good. It's kind of funny, but it looks good. It does look good. And, uh, yeah, and even, even, uh, DeMayo, like I say on my sandwich, the, uh, their art looks good, but when Michael Janine comes in, I, I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. That looks good. And again, though, it's just, it needs to be better. You need to come up with the, these are, Big, I mean, how do you fudge this shit? I don't get it, but there you go. Batman and Robin, everyone, but we're going to go off right now. We have uh, a couple more books left, I believe. Is that what we think, Eric? We have three more books. That's a few, not a couple. The deal, yeah. And uh, and we had some fun with these books and and liked them more, you know, than some of the others. Maybe not. I don't know, Eric. I can't remember. But we're going to go off to those right about now. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself And he really thinks that tear is tear Well that's just every shape Looking for a star screen Or maybe a hot cap Spends all his money buying all that crap Well that's just every shape And here we are with the last section of books I had Hubcap sitting with me at work today Hubcap was sitting with you at work. Was he helping you out? Were you talking to Hubcap? He was helping my mental health a bit. Oh, so yeah. well, that's good. And when was the last? What was the last Transformer that you purchased? Do you remember the last one? Well, the, the last one I purchased just as got me for my birthday. It was uh, Detritus. Oh, oh my. Uh, you better go and get that checked at the doctor if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, my. Isn't that a skin disease? He's, he's, he's a mercenary. He'll switch sides whoever's paying him the most, Jim. Oh, my goodness. You better end up having some moolah. Or as I like to say, the cashonda, Eric, as you like. <laughs> Do you like to say that? No, I don't. I wish I had more so I could say it. I have nothing. And we ended up having our front door. The glass broke. I told you about this. Wraith got mad and slammed the door and the glass broke. And we got we got a uh, an estimate. And the estimate's like 650 bucks. Too damn high. 
That's what the estimate said. The estimate's too damn high, and so we're looking to buy a new door, which might actually be a little bit cheaper than buying that stupid glass. Just treat the glass like you would a textbook in school or something. Just wrap that shit up in, like, you know, uh, grocery grocery bags. There's a, a board there that's just taped on, and it might be there for a while. It might be there yeah. for a while, Eric. We will see. But... We have three books. Hopefully, these Sounds like books something are that better. Should pay for but whatever. We'll have to wait until he gets a paycheck. So, like I said, maybe 2040. So we'll end up getting that. But for better things and things we can smile at, Eric, we have these books okay. here. The last couple books here, and we're going to start with what? World's Finest Teen Titans number six, the finale, written by Mark Wade with art by Mike Norton, Emmanuel Lupacino, Jordi Belair, and Steve Wands. And this is it, Jim. Our team have finally come together because Robin has unmasked himself and revealed to his friends and colleagues that he is acrobat Dick Grayson. And with this idea, everybody can now group around Dick and say, you know what, buddy? We believe in you. You're willing to make a sacrifice. We're willing to make a sacrifice to you. Let's get those terror titans and beat their asses. That is true. I like that they group around Dick. That's what I like to do all the time. And I think that there's a thing that's a play here that's funny to me because you kind of you were talking last issue about what you were hoping to get, and you don't get it because what you wanted was more of those personal showdowns between the different characters. Oh, I want to see that. But the way this this finale plays out, they come together as a team, so you can't show that, and that's kind of the play here, which is cool. Where you had a bunch of them end up getting hurt, and you know arrows through the wrist and things like that, and then when they They're come fine. together as a team. You end up having the end like this, and it's it's good. I, I actually like this issue. I think it's a fine issue, but it doesn't make the whole series the greatest thing ever. I oh, mean, no, some people were going and saying, I think that what it does to me is say, man, if we could have just had these last two issues and That's had it like that thinking. for the deal. yeah. The entire time is that I wanted them to be able to come together as a team and take on the terror titans and then or whatever stuff. threat they're going to face. I didn't want them to spend the entire series taking on themselves only to come together and realize, you know what, we are fr- friends and family in the end. Let's get to- let's get the work done. Because if you would have had the fun the entire time, like, I understand you want to create drama and this whole tension of this beginning of the team and what it's going to be like being teenagers, following a leader, just being a part of a clique that you're not exactly set in with, the, like, you know, wherever you come from. But it was just so much fun for them to come together for this final issue. They're like, you should have done this the entire time because you would have had a banger from start to finish if you would have. Yeah. And maybe you have an issue and a half where they're, you know, you have to show that maybe they're not getting along. The problem with this and whether or not we get an, I don't think we're going to get another mini or whatever from this. But this is at the point where I'm most excited about the book. By the end of this issue, I'm like, man, this is great. Like, I should be thinking that the whole series. Man, I can't wait for the next issue. And this, I'm like, when's the, oh, it's, it's the finale. Oh, it's shit. Over. Yeah, so it, it ends up like, I don't know. It, it really meandered at a bit. We ended up going to Titans Con, and we ended up having this, that, and it just didn't feel like anything worthwhile. And then finally we get to the point and it ends. But at least it did end. Pretty good, the last well, two even, issues. Even the Titans Con was such a weird issue because, like, all right, we're all just going to head out and do a Titans convention where people are going to love us. And, like, you know, Bumblebee's going to get freaked out where nobody can ever know her identity, even though it's never brought up again why or how or anything like that. Even though she's willing to tell Mal this entire time who she is and even bring him on the team because she has a liking to him out of nowhere. But this whole thing, that at least that Titans Con set up the idea of the Toy Boy, a part of the Terror Titans and a part of the crew, and then the idea of Haywire breaking him out on the way to jail to bring him a part of the group. Everyone else just kind of shows up like, I want to see Artemis show up. I want to see Ant show up. He, they just kind of appear and they're already a part of the Terror Titans. And I'm like, 
that's a little disappointing. If you would have maybe you know, used your space in the each issue like you did with Toy Boy, who's obviously not the best of the group. Yeah, it's just Toy Boy. Thing. I'm, I'm laughing Boy. that you're glad that you got a lot of Toy Boy in that Titans. Because Titan's I love got... Toy Boy. Isn't that great? We could have actually used each issue to have one of these characters that they faced off against who then Haywire brought in for the Terror Titans. I think that maybe the way that you could have skewed it to be a little better is you start out with having Haywire. You know, Haywire just all of a sudden showed up and, oh my, we realize now that he tried to join the team before. Now start the series with him coming for that tryout and maybe show the dissension and between the team when they're arguing if Haywire should be part of the team. You know, you can end up like, oh, you're always telling us what to do. Dick Remote didn't know it was Dick, but Robin, and like, hey, whatever, and have that the play. And then have that Terror Titan start out, you know, as the thing right away. You have it in the second issue, third issue, but a little more so that they can end up having some fun with this and then come together Just as a team as they did. Just don't have the shadow of Haywire showing us some mysterious figure who's behind it all and me thinking, oh my God, is Charlie Parker evil Yeah, we this thought time? it was Charlie Parker because we were trying to figure out, like, what is the concept of this? Who is the big bad? Who is the whole thing? And really, we started at the beginning with this whole you social media. And then at the end, it kind of comes full circle when Dick's like, hey, look, I did it. But that was only that. I thought that we both thought that was a big play, that Charlie was the one involved Louis doing this. So, no, 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 that was just to get people angry at each other. That was just to have the, oh, don't reveal your identity from back. That's all it ended up being. It it, it served its purpose, but it, it felt like this should have been more in the beginning than, because it got more by the end. And I really did you know, enjoy it by the end. This issue is very quick. You end up where you see that they come together with a plan. They even get Oliver involved, which was nice. But you don't really get any resolution between Roy well, and Oliver. The idea, when the idea comes to pass, it's like, all right, we, we have all these plans. You go do this. You go do this. You go do this. You don't understand what it is. And all of a sudden, there's a, a supervillain called Seismic who has Oliver Queen by the throat. He's calling out the Terror Titans. Like, I saw you take out the Teen Titans. But you know what, guys? You ain't shit. You can't take out old Seismic over here. And the Terror Titans are like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Let's go take his ass Let's out. Let's go too. get him. And when yeah. Artemis goes to take a shot. I actually felt the progression was a little off where it's just Wally in like a Bumblebee armor, but different than Bumblebee armor, where he then zips out of the armor before the arrow can hit him. And now it's like, oh, we fooled you. It's a trap. And the Teen Titans are here to take on the Terror Titans. It was just a weird I weird like the progression, that. I actually. I don't I think it was really played out very well. Well, what you could have done. Because when you end up, when they shoot, when he, when he ends up shooting this armor. I thought the seismic was like one of those inflatable men that just like, you know, flail on their arms about. Wally comes out. Maybe you could have done one of those plays where you see like five Wallys coming out of it. They always do it when you go real fast. You yeah. have the deal. Or actually, all you really had to do was do that, you know, contrail behind the speed force kind of lightning coming out of it. And it would have been a lot easier. I guess that's the surprise. But I did like it once you end up where Wally's like, hey, suckers. And then they go and you have the full team pose. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I want the, the weird play, too, is that you have Guardian throughout this. And, oh, my God, Guardian's going to join the team. Oh, my God, we're going to have Mel. He, and then doesn't. And then in a weird way. And then says, I'm not going to, but I yet. didn't return that. It's weird where that's getting that timeline in. He's almost like that actor in the first Iron Man movie when he looks at the war machine. I'm like, next time. But, like, you know, he never got that next time. And it's, it's yeah. And it's kind of a weird play. Like, again, you could sit there and say, well, if he did join, it would have been. But they already met him and it's already off. So just have it. I thought he was going to show up a little late and kind of come in and, and maybe somebody was, you know, Haywire was going to be on the no, ground doing like a him. lethal weapon where he's about to shoot them or something and he ends up knocking them out. But. 
Toy Boy, I, I don't think has a future. I, I, don't, no, I don't think, think people so really like the old Toy Boy. He also just looks dirty and sus. I mean, look at that guy, and he's making jacks. What, what is this, 1920? I mean, seriously. Honestly, do jacks? kids know what jacks are anymore? No, I don't think they do. I, I'm telling do you, kids right? know what jacks are? I don't know. Maybe if it's off after, they may. I don't know. I'm sure. At one point, when the shutdown first started, I think it was the shutdown, we did end up getting checked. We actually had this idea that we're going to play old-timey games, and we got jacks. You know, we got. We realized that, yeah, the old-timey games suck. Well, even the idea of getting old-timey games three years ago, it's like, the kids were in their late teens at that point. Yeah, it might have been that first time. Remember, remember when I got laid off that first time? Uh-huh. I think it might have been then. Three years ago. <laughs> no, no. When I got laid off, that was like six years ago. Oh, the first time. Ago. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was about six years ago. So Logan somebody was somebody like said, I want the idea of shutdown. No, no. This, it was one of those times. What we did, we ended up getting a jump rope. You know, and I'm like, my laddie dad. Like, I don't know the rhymes. <laughs> what are the rhymes for the jump rope? And then I got like, t- I got like tied up and they threw me into the river. That was their old timey game. They were playing Al Capone and his gang of gangsters. But uh, no, we had jacks and we played them actually, <laughs> not to go that into this, but we went over to the library and we were playing jacks on the sidewalk there. It wasn't a great place to play jacks and we didn't really, the ball went all over. I didn't know how to play them. We were shooting marbles. I'm like, oh, my God, my cat's eyes. And then we did that for one day and gave it up. I think we also had Mad Libs for some reason. Not that that's an old-timey game, but we're having fun with that. Uh, But Jax, when I first saw it, I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, oh, oh, Jax. Look at that. Look at him going old-time. But, yeah, with those John Lennon glasses, this guy just looks sus. He looks so off. Uh, the other play here, Mal. He looks like Toy Man a bit. Well, the, he does, actually. And, and you do get Bumblebee, who does get a little bit of payback, but that was kind of the deal. He was really sus to her. But the, a lot of this ends up going by real quick. You don't really have that payback. Like, maybe you could have if you had that longer form story with just the Terror Titans. But they end up being able to take them down they take them down fairly easy i mean some of these guys end up like the ant ends up at one point screaming, but then he just gets knocked down and then well even the ant it's it's, it's so disappointing for me because like all right the ant versus garth and like oh what now fish dick think like uh thinks he can beat me on dry land see this he picks up a bunch of street and then crushes over his head the rubble and then for some reason garth just lets him grab like manhandle him grab a hold of him try to put him in a bear hug but it's like hey man i've been on the ocean floor you ain't shit my octopus squeezes harder this and this takes out the ant because he's not strong enough and i'm like Done and done. All right, that's, that's kind of lackluster. I thought you were going to do something with that giant bit of you know asphalt that you crumbled over your head. I just like seeing him. Like he gets pissed off and he grabs Street. That's what he yells. <laughs> he says to the other Terratons, "Let's grab Street," and then they go off. It's it. not catching on, Ant. I wouldn't be able to play jacks there on that on the parking lot now. He fucking ruined it. Uh, but yeah, that play of my octopus hugs tighter than that. It, it's all. This is the thing. A lot of these things are for fun, and they are fun. Yeah, but. It, it it's a shame that we didn't just get want more. more though. Yeah, it's a shame we didn't get more of a you know room to tell this. Because now that but- the t- now that the team Titans have come together as a team, they're even swapping partners out to help the other teammate. They like take on whoever they're taking on, and it just happens so fast, and everything becomes very anticlimactic. And even the idea where Haywire runs away, and they're just like getting Robin's chasing after, but they're just uh, yelling about the idea about Haywire thinks that he's right for the way he does it. You got to be more like you know 
better than the bad guys in order to win. And they talk about morality plays. And it's just Robin overcoming this electric dude because it's Robin. Of course, he's going to overcome this electric dude. And then this, you know, the Titans come together. Yeah, we won the day. And you know what? On top of Robin showing us this identity and gaining our trust, he also he also made sure the drone was flying there to get all the freaking scenery for the like you know the 4.7 million people that are watching on youtube before our live demonstration i'm like that, that went a little bit too far in my mind what he's doing like, you know, is kissing everybody's we, ass exactly <laughs> it really is so i like the progression too though it's like robin's there and you have haywire man you know show your face you coward because he's yelling hey i got nine to ten things if i do and then robin just comes out boom he punches him and then Haywire kind of gets him with electrical shock that looks a lot like that Rebirth number one special in my mind. But then he just gets the water hose. He puts the hose on him, Don. And then you go out and I'm like, why is Don a ripping? Like you're all wet. <laughs> Look at Donna ripping the shirt off of the ant. She's like, let Armor. me see that chest Armor, there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they already have him. You you end up having, you know, Gunn has him from away. behind and he's ripping that deal. It's just kind of funny. But then at the end, it just kind of ends. They just take them away. Everybody's pissed off. Maybe they'll rue the day when they come back. The villains nope. will, will be back. But Never heard of them again. <laughs> maybe we'll have like a, a little annual or a side. If the world's finest book keeps going, we could always have something like that or a little, maybe a backup even would be cool. But you end up, I like where Wally yells, take them away, boys. He wants to do the whole play. And in this whole play, then you have the, hey, I had the drone. I was doing this. Hey, all this going on. And actually, the last bunch of pages here, there are some feels. When when Dick says, yeah, that's about it, boys. Like, I kind of went overboard this really time, and I wanted to have fun with him. Yeah, but I think that I'm going to be done. Now, in that, I wanted one person to just say, well, you don't have to be Robin. To be, like, you could just come up with another name, and you're still what you are. Yeah, Nightwing. Yeah, but they're like, oh, man. And he's like, yeah, once I tell Batman. That I I did this and and told you my identity. He's gonna fire me. I'm not gonna be Robin anymore. And I like that they don't. Wanna... I took a solemn vow never to reveal my identity because it would put us all in danger. And I broke that vow. And I have to tell Bruce. Oh, he didn't say Bruce. I have to tell Batman. And most likely, I won't be wearing this anymore. <laughs> He's like, I have to tell Batman who is Bruce Wayne. By the way, <laughs> uh, one of the funny things though is that Mark Wade. I think he wants to kind of have somebody say, just don't tell him, but. That's bad. So you have them well, like. Well, not only that, it's all over the internet now. Uh, no, no, well, that's the thing is, it's, it's all over the internet it now. But yeah. I know what I'm saying, though, but the idea he wouldn't have to tell Batman the vow, but that's what makes Dick, I mean, that's about the, the identity reveal. But uh, that, that wasn't out there. That's what makes Dick great, though, because he's all about that fair play and he's able to, like, keep that promise. Yeah, I wanted Roy to say, man, I wouldn't tell him. I just, like, somebody should have said that because somebody would have, but the, you don't want to make him look like pieces of well, crap. Well, even so. Roy shines here because, like, you know, he got Oliver Queen on their side in order to put on this whole show for the Terror Titans to show up where this character Seismic has Oliver Queen by the throat. So, like, millionaires have held hostage by supervillain. And even like, you know, I, you're my ward. I got your back, and it made Roy so happy. And it made me so happy for Roy. And it's so terrible knowing what's going down the line for Roy, though. I said earlier that you didn't really get a lot of like I wanted a little more than that, but it was nice. But I'll tell you, and you'll you'll everybody's gonna laugh at me. I shouldn't even tell you this. Uh, maybe it was because of all this fighting this week, everybody fighting in comics or whatnot. But when Dick Grayson says to Wally, "Remember something. You're the youngest, but your name is Kid Flash, not Kid Brother." Yeah, I actually got choked up. I actually almost started crying. I don't know why. I can't. I'm almost, 
I'm t- no, no, almost I'm t- I'm, now. I'm, I'm, thinking I'm telling I'm you, a- I don't know why. I don't it know why great. that hit me. I- I like this issue a lot. I'll say that all the fighting to the Terror Titans, which you want in a comic book, because it's what we've been doing this whole time. It is subpar to everything that we deal with after where Robin actually comes together and tells everybody how he's feeling, everything he's going through, and pretty much all the reconciliation that everybody's doing after the fact. After the battle is over, all the great shit happens. Before the battle, all the great shit happens. And when he says to Kid Brotherline, that's great too, but I'm not lame enough to start getting choked up over it. I might be lame. You big fucking baby. <laughs> Here's the thing about it is because you kind of know that Robin's not going to get fired. It does kind of take it. But in my mind, I don't know I why know that nothing. I could kind of push that aside to be like, this could be the last time they talk. And I, it might be the look of the art with Wally's just like, and it's perfect. I'm telling you, the way this is, is when you know, I'm trying to justify that I kind of started crying. No, the idea should- here. Is, and maybe it's because my, my, him, maybe it. because of you know don't really me and my little brother don't really get along and I I just want a little buddy no it's that the idea that, that I think it's so well done well that's what I'm saying I I wish yeah. I didn't I guess but he says hey as far as this team goes you don't need anybody's approval not for anything you're an equal I felt lucky to be your friend and the way that Wally has played you could have had Wally like thanks a lot Dick give me a hug but he's like what. I I don't think that way. Like it's don't he's, tra- he's trying to like oh, don't t-. yeah. So it's really good. He doesn't want Robin saying this because what Robin is doing now is saying goodbyes. Yep, and Robin is basically saying that deal. Maybe it's the idea that I'm thinking. It's almost like where you know a father's going off to war and says, "Hey, son, you know things might get wacky, and you might be the man of the house." So you know, hey, don't go, whatever. And it, it's I thought it was a really good deal. I, I I want a father to tell his son while he's going off to war. Hey, things might get wacky. <laughs> You'll be the man of the house. Uh, it's better than saying, I probably won't come back. I'm going to die. Or just say it was somebody that had some illness and knew it. Just, wacky. It felt pretty cool. Uh, but the idea then when, you know, he's saying goodbye to everybody, hugs Donna, says, I do it all over. I, you know, this is because I unmask, but I do it all over again. Thanks a lot. I'm going to get going. And I do like the way that, Mark Wade plays this. You don't get the Batman Robin part right away. You have in between. So it's left hanging of, oh my God, you know, what's Batman going to say? But then you go and you have everybody else kind of, you know, Mal, Bumblebee, all that saying, hey, and I like that Bumblebee's like, why don't you just be guarding? He's like, that's not my thing. I'm like, it's going to be your thing. Just make But I thing. saw you didn't give back the costume. Uh oh. <laughs> and he's like, I want costume night. It's it's so weird, though, for the idea of Garth and uh, Donna Troy breaking up in this issue because Garth takes her down to Atlantis off to, on this like little side reef that he loves because it's so peaceful and tranquil and it will always be. And this is the way that they break up in the storyline. It's just that, why do you love this place so much? That's it. Like, you know, it's, it's tranquil and it's quiet. That's its natural state and it always will be. And then Donna looks down and thinks to herself, yeah, I'm a loud bitch. We'll always be friends. <laughs> I, I thought she was going to say, like, well, what does that mean for me? Well... I brought you here, you loud bitch, but you're not allowed here anymore. Oh, shit. He, he just told me that he likes to quiet. That just means we're breaking up now. <laughs> Always be friends. I was waiting Forever for him to say something along the lines of, but that's why I love you because you're so different or something. He's like, nope, I don't like the loud bitches. Get the hell out of here. And there you go. And then you have Bat Robin go to Batman. Dick Grayson goes to Batman. He thinks he's going to be fired. And he stands up to Batman. He actually does say, because Batman says, you honestly believe children. a bunch of children will be able to keep your secret. He's like, but respect, my friends are teenagers, not children. 
And also with respect, you don't know the first thing Semantics. about being a teenager. <laughs> That's really good. It's throwing it at him. Uh, but yeah, he says, I, I understand what I did. I did it because, you know, I knew what it meant and I did it anyway. And then that's when you end up, he says, I assume I'm fired. And then Batman says, one month without the uniform. And he's like, that's it. And then he does ask, hey, unmasking, did this save lives? Dick says, yeah, it did. He's like, yeah. okay, then one month. And I, I like It's so it. funny like to me, too, because we are, we are in the early days of Batman right now. But just the idea of who he is right now, like Robin's just come on in his life. I like to say this is Batman year three. But it's like, you led a team. I don't know if I could that I could do that. I'm like, you just wait. You're not going to stop leading teams. You're going to get addicted. But he's not good at it, right? That's why there's no Justice League right now. The current cut noting Batman failed. Now, and he also says, will you do it again? He says, I won't without talking to you first. And I wanted Batman to say, like, no, no, no. You're just not going to do it. Like, don't even come with me with that bullshit. I got a lot of shit going on. I'm the Batman for crying out loud. But he's like, yes, sir. And and then he says, "Hey, you did. You could lead a team. I and just do for that. no it's reason nice. at all. I just want to lay this out there. You're, you're, you know, grounded for a month without uniform. But also, in the future, if you're ever shot in the head, don't become a cabbie and start dating a pirate queen. Just out of context, just don't do it. Well, I'm going to be just said like out of nowhere. Just hey, here's a tip going forward. Grease does not make a good domino mask. That's all he says. He's like, I think as you say that, it makes a great domino mask. Uh, it, was, it was pretty good, but it, it weirded me out. It's like, you can't get that shit off. But again, I guess maybe he didn't need to, right? He was just a cat. He's a little was Dawn. A, What's wrong with you? He was a greasy ass. I don't know anybody named Dawn. So you end up where he's like, all right. And he goes off probably to eat cucumber sandwiches like an asshole. He's like, what? Take the uniform off and be a rich kid for a month? Oh, woe is me. Off he goes. He's now partying. And they do end up having a party five weeks later so that he can go there. But in the middle of the party, while everyone's eating, Robin comes busting in and says, we got to get going. Oh, my, Mr. Twister. He's just yelling and that's shit. the thing is, I, I like to imagine that you could take this into some weird continuity where this is the point where they first meet Mr. Twister, which will eventually get them to where Titan's Hunt started to bring Wally West back after, like, New 52. I, it seems like they know Mr. Twister already, but I know. I, I ended up where I was looking at some things this week, and something popped up that it was like, oh, that character's first appearance was in that Titan's Hunt. I'm like, oh, God. I, I'll try to remember what it was. But overall, at the end, they end up having pretty much the titans together off they go it looks really cool and that's the end so it's a shame because i'm at my i'm at the peak of excitement when this ends like i'm like oh and my the, god i can't the, wait the funniest part you got a cool battle in this whole thing but the battle is the weakest part of the whole thing whenever you have the character like you know talking to one another the emotional breaks that they have that mark wade has read it just pops so much and more than we have because it's just been nonstop fighting between everybody ever, like the entire run of the series. Now that you actually have a friendly familial connection that these, t- these people will, like, you know, have for the rest of their lives, the book is so solid and I don't even care about the fight. It's kind of lackluster because everything else is so great. Yep. I'm with you. The fights, you know, the down part of it, but. While the fight's going on, you have some good things going on as well. So what would you give this? I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. I had a really great time with this finale, and I just wish the entire series was like it. Yeah, I'm going 8-5. Damn, I wish it was like it. I wish that I was excited for every issue like I was at the end of this. But sadly, it is over. We'll see if anything comes for from now. it. Yeah, we'll see. It's, it's, I actually, for once, I wanted to say the end. <laughs> this may continue. I'm like, oh, it just says the end? Oh, man, I'm just excited. But I think that there's something to be said, though, that 
I don't know. Like a year from now, if we talk about this series, we'll probably still say it was a bit, it was wacky, as that dad said as he was heading off to it's war. It's funny. Because it's a weird idea that we've been talking about throughout this whole thing that, like, this is the, the, con- the new contemporary origins of the Teen Titans as they would happen for how our heroes, like, ha- whatever their ages are now. This is in that time frame. If you come back again, like, you know, a year later and do World's Finest, the new Teen Titans, and show the new contemporary origins of the new Teen Titans, like, I thought those tales of the Teen Titans were going to do, that could be cool as well as long yeah, as those you were actually bullshit. get them doing stuff right away and not just bickering all the time. Yeah, remember the, that now. those Tales of the Teen Titans that was like promised to be so many different things and they never promised bullshit, but that's what they delivered there. Usually don't want to, you know, promise bullshit. Just like when you go off and like, son, I, I things are going to get wacky. They're going to so get wacky. wacky. You might be the man of the house. Got to go buy a pack of smokes. Things are going to get wacky. <laughs> Thinking about this wacky thing called D-Day. I don't know what that means, but it sounds kind of sexy. And so no, no, things he's going might for a pack of smokes. It's 1950. I mean, it's 1995. That's the best. He's like, son. And then realizes, like, he's waiting. And the kid's like, okay, go get them Nazis, daddy. It's like, you are a dull boy, Eric. <laughs> and leaves. That's why he left. This is why I'm leaving. His son did not know proper history. He's like, what? oh, man. I was a child. But he knew about, you knew about Nazis. It's very odd. But you only knew them from comics, Eric. So Indiana Jones. <laughs> Indiana Jones comics and any video game that was coming out at that point, right? So. Anything I would pull, like, I, I said 1995, but that's way too late. Like, let's just say the 80s. What video games were out there that I would have played on an NES that just had Nazis? You're now you're going backwards. And I was thinking more of Kessel Wolfenstein original deal and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I didn't that. play that you, right away. You had some things with some Nazis in it. With all of that, though, what is next, Eric? Next up, we have Wesley Dodds, The Sandman Number 3, written by Robert Venditti, with art by Riley Rossmo, Ivan Placencio, and Tom Napolitano. It's time to get further into our story of Wesley Dodds, The Sandman. Where is Wesley going to figure out who the mad gasser is going to be? Or as they want to say here, just not as fun, the fog. The mad gasser is great. Because when you <laughs> say that, you can actually say it in mixed company, right? And they'll just think it's some guy who can't control his bowels. So you're not going to reveal that you're a, a is that hero? What, is that what mixed company is going to think when you just say <laughs> the mad gasser out of nowhere? Oh, and I'm like, I'm going after the fog. And they're like, What's up with that? Ooh, the velvet he, fog, Melitor May. You're you're gonna. He must be Wesley Dodd's Sandman. He's going after the fog. When you're like, man, I gotta go after the mad guest. They're like, yeah, I know what you mean. You know that guy over there, big fatty Eric Shea. He's been farting all day. See what, what happens? Next company. <laughs> it's when you go into wacky situations. There, uh, you end up starting this out, and I do like, you know, the play. It's it's very noir esque. You end up sure having is. Wesley doing his due diligence. I thought that in I'm listening to the corner and they're talking about how this guy Hubert Klein. Yeah, how an Igor Klug Klug the Klug. body that he didn't die in the fire. And they're going He was killed and left behind in the fire for people to find. And I'm just like, Come on, tell us that you looked at the lungs and they didn't have the soot in them. That's that's what I always hear on the true crime, but they went with the other things as well. But yeah, he was dead before him. Not cliche things. Yeah, no, I mean that's the basic thing of like drowning or burning if they have that in their lungs, it means, you know, they were alive when they went down. But you end up where all that going down, they they're trying to figure out, and Wesley has this guy here, and I, I like that. That her, 
Hubert Klein. Hubert Klein here, he actually is like, you know, a confidant of the Sandman, where he, Sandman can come in and figure out, like, do detective work, and Hubert's all about it because he just wants to get to the truth, because he's even happy that this John Doe is now named by the Sandman, that it's Igor Klug, so he's happy about this because it just seems like he's on the end where he just wants justice to be served, whether it's from a mass vigilante or the police. And I think he was a little upset when he came in. I don't know why, but Sandman, he wrote, Who Speaks for the Dead in Blood on the Floor? And when Hubert Very came in, <laughs> it would be funny. And he's like, why are you writing shit and blood on the floor? So he's like, hey, I'm the Sandman, bitch. It's for the readers. What? Oh, oh. And he's like, don't, don't listen. But no, I, I did like the bit. It, it didn't bore me. This issue didn't bore me. And I'm waiting for a Wesley Dutch Sandman issue to bore me because it's not a character that I really enjoy. I'm actually liking this enough. It's not my favorite book, but I'm having fun with it. The stuff at the, at the mortician or the coroner, that's fun little things to show you like the world that Wesley Dodds live in. But when he goes back to the apartment that he's taking from um, Mr. The hell's his goddamn man? Van, uh, Wheeler. I'm just going to call him Wheeler. It's Wheeler he Vander Lyle. Mr. Vander Lyle. For some reason, I knew fancy. Vander, but once we, once we got past Vander, I'm like, what was I again? Vander? Yeah, yeah. Vander asshole. No, that's not right. Vander Lyle. But he goes back to the apartment that he's borrowing from Mr. Vander Lyle now that his house has been burned down. It's just... Hey, there's Diane and there's Mr. Vanderwire while, you know, Wesley was taking a nap and prophesizing the future as a Sandman does. But it just, it doesn't do anything for me. It's just back to Mr. Vanderwire said, Hey, call me Wheeler. He, and he, Wesley never does. I don't know why type. that it, it still moves quick enough. For, I know what you're saying. There's not much going on there. It seems to be setting up Vanderlyle like, as, as well, the bad guy. I mean, we keep thinking he is, It's the only person right? that it can be at this point in time, because who else do we know except for the one-armed general man who didn't want to buy any freaking sleep gas? Yeah. Yeah, and, and so the big play, too, when we get the mad gas, because I refuse to call him the fog, uh, is a big thing about Wesley being a pacifist. Oh, yeah. So it really pushes. But the idea of this, you know, hey, Vanderlyle was Wesley's father's friend in the war. They the saw some war. shit, you know, it got wacky. And also the guy who died, this Igor Klug, like he's, everybody's connecting Klug. to the military. So you have that play because then at one point I kept thinking like Vanderlyle, he is an older guy. He doesn't look like he's somebody who's going to be bashing through things and punching people. He doesn't look like a guy who's going to put on a gas mask and start shooting toxic you gas You know what everywhere. I mean? But at one point, they're like really slugging it out. And maybe it's going to be one where we're going to see with this Klug that he's hiring somebody else or getting some ex. But it doesn't feel like that would be it's the, the big reveal. For the idea that we go back to the apartment just to have this conversation with Vanderlyle again, because while he's discussing things with Vanderlyle about calling me Wheeler, not calling me Wheeler, but Diane just picks <laughs> up some of the evidence Ray. that <laughs> and you can call me Jack. <laughs> but um but the whole thing where he has all this evidence in front of him that he's trying to go through and Diane just picks up one thing that she points out to Wesley, hey, that uh, Igor Klug, he was dishonorably discharged because of theft and selling of supplies. Well, you know what? What if somebody else was in the army with him who he's now working with? And I'm just thinking to myself, I don't know enough about Igor Klug to say that he's old enough to be in the Great War. Yeah, we point. don't know because I only saw him as a burn victim, Eric. And yeah. I thought and this is just my crazy deal because you end up when Vanderlyle comes in and there are a bunch of papers around. He seems interested in looking. Oh, the police files. I actually thought when he picked it up, I thought that that was Vanderlyle, who they find out at that, and then it, they reveal it isn't. But I thought it was going to be like, oh my God, Vanderlyle didn't really tell the truth that he was dishonorably discharged, but it's not. And he's trying to grab things, but then he's not. It's very odd. It's a very odd deal. 
I don't love the art when we're not in the salmon uh, costume. I when agree. it's just the regular people, that's where you get Riley Rossmo being Riley Sam Rossmo. Great though. Sandman stuff is really, really cool and really great. I had actually talked to a couple of people this week about this book just in general, and I said maybe this is one of those books that when you have like a separate artist on a dream sequence, maybe we could just have Riley Rossimo doing the art of the Sandman crazy stuff and the regular walk-a-day Joe and Jane here. We can have somebody that does it a little better because, I mean, some of the stuff you can't even follow. You can follow it because not much is going on. But it just looks awful. It just does not look real. Everybody looks wacky. So when you get this, it's okay. But Vanderlaus like, okay, my boy, I'm gonna head out. And he's he's coming off as so nice and and willing to do whatever he can for Wesley because their connection with the dad. That it has to be him. Right? I mean, he is. Who else a, do we know? We're probably gonna find out that he owes money to one of those plays because the big thing was they went to the general with. The idea of hey we got the gas this and that and wesley didn't want to get involved in being you know in that war type machine he, he said that he didn't want his research to be look used everybody for that. it's sleep gas or nothing from old wesley dodds yeah yeah he went it still doesn't make sense to me i'm telling you when it's a sleep gas and the general's like we don't want the site said you put him to sleep and shoot him in the head then it's very easy but we don't want to waste the bullets well but are you you're still one shot instead of what normal would be like 50 go. You're still saving. But I think this Vanderlyle is definitely the guy because he wants to make some money and he thinks that, you know, Wesley just is a, a wimp and doesn't want to do this. He's a pacifist. Well, even the idea, that. because, you know, he's a pacifist. And when Wesley Dodds goes back to his like burnt down house to try to find more clues to who could be the mad guesser this whole time and who in general just broke in and besides for Igor Klug. Because that boy was dead, as we found out in this issue, he ends up taking on the fog or the mad gas, or as I like to say. And we just had this back and forth of the idea of like what war is going to be going forward and through the mind. And you're like, you know, a man doomed because of his own creations. And when at the end, though, when Wesley does overpower the fog and like, you know, gets back a little bit and the, the mask comes off the fog and he runs away, he is like, you know, in a position where his forearm is covering the bottom part of his face and the side of his head. And right there, all I could think is, well, those are the defining moments of Vanderlyle where you see the little John Waters mustache or the gray on the sides, and you're just, you're covering only that part. So, like, those are the defining features of my mind. So, like, this this has to be Vanderlyle, right? At one point, when his mask first comes off, he looks like a Dolatron or something. I, I don't even know what he looks like. But it, you're right. Like, what is covered are the things we're looking for to see if it's him. So it has to be him. But we'll see. I do like also. He's very spry for how old he that's should That's what be. I'm saying. Now, maybe we'll find out some weird shit. But I don't think so. The The funniest play that you got off panel, though. Spry. Was when you, end, yeah, when you ended up having Wesley. And he's there with Klug. And he's talking to her. Hubert Klein, the coroner, and he's like, listen, tell his Cora relatives, Klein. tell his relatives that he died a good, honest man. And then later when he gets that evidence, That's why I love like, you, Sam, man. Later You're he so gets good. that evidence. It's <laughs> like, ooh, he was dishonorably discharged for theft. And uh, oh, I got to go. Hey, by the way, Klein, don't get a hold of his relatives. This guy's dirty. And then hangs Look, up. the he thing goes, is, hey. he was dishonorably discharged at some point in the past. Who knows he didn't die an honorable man? Who knows? That's what I want to know. When he says that, you even have clients like, ooh, what do you look into the souls of man almost playing the shadow play, which is kind of a little wink wink, which is cool. But he had no fucking idea. Uh, Wouldn't you want somebody to tell your children and family that you died an honorable man instead of the piece of crap lying in a ditch? 
They couldn't believe it. Still nice that somebody would say it, though. Right there at the adult world. You know, fentanyl. And they end up where all this going down. And You say adult world. I lived there for like five years. It was a nice place to live. No, you just Except mean you lived the- there because you were always there, right? Is no, that what you're saying? No, like, man, I no. lived there. That's the weird part. It's like You got proposition a, a bunch of times, right? I say, it was a very nice place to live when you were inside and all the doors were double locked and stuff like that. Because once you go outside, it becomes kind of bad in the parking lot. So what you're saying is I could have a mansion on Trash Island and it's really good inside the mansion. When I step Honestly, out on that- Trash Island, it sucks. That's honestly how I live my life, because I don't live in a great apartment, and but I like being home away from everybody else. That's true. It's your safe space there, Eric. But you end up again, do you think that Vanderlyle is somebody who would beat the shit out of Wesley? I, I don't know. I Military really don't trained. know. Yeah, Spry. but he's old. He seems old. I mean, they're talking about the – it is the – what year? Do we have a definitive year? Of when this is so yeah you're talking you know 20 odd years since the war so this guy's old I, but again maybe he just keeps in shape maybe he's, and you say that in my mind he's 40 he's he's 40 years old that he's my age yeah i don't you know, I, again when he was going through it seemed like you know he might be 50s or something but still wesley should be able to take care of him he should be able to take care of this guy that but he pacifist can't. I, I like when at one point I didn't really quite get when he was biting canisters and then shoving him in the I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but it looks pretty cool. But then no, Wesley, the, yeah. the, the progression of that grabbing that canister and then shoving it into the eye set, like, was you know, weird, right? eyeball of the gas mask of the mad gasser, it, I, it threw me off because I didn't even understand what I was looking at. All of a sudden, he just had a canister and shoved it into an eye hole. And then the thing is, this causes the mad gasser to break free and then run away, taking his mask off. But it also fills the room full of gas, which is going into Wesley's throat and killing him. Yeah, it's killing him. Now, the thing that I thought that was revealed, and it's on, <laughs> it's on, I think, page 20 in the upper right-hand corner. He's, he's a, a damn Draculus. When he ends up getting the mask off and runs off, he's like, blah, blah. He looks like yeah, he's yeah, going to turn into a bunch of bats and fly away. That's why the Mad Gasser costume's so cool. There is the big play here. And again, that is the specific panel of people were wondering where he is covering where if he's the silver fox, you can't, or you can't see the mustache. And so yeah. it's such a... It's almost the reveal of a non-reveal that it has to be him. It has to but be. But it doesn't but, have the same hair. Well, you know what? He has gas mask hair right now. Well, he does have gas mask hair. But he's a Draculus. Oh, mean, you know what? what I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot because I was looking at this like it was here, but he is still wearing the freaking like the uh, the thing that goes around your head that like, you know, so he, he is covering most of his face. So it looks like hair, though. It does look I, like I hair. I can see I what he you're took saying. that bit off, though. No, and that's another play, though, so we can't see the hair. Oh, it's so crazy. But it has to, I mean, who else would it be at this point? You know what I mean? We're, we're halfway okay, through. I'm looking again for when he first takes off the gas mask because he has. It's so funny, too, because I can't even think what this thing is called. And I was a firefighter for years, and I freaking wore one all the time. But a I ventilator? The no, no, just that thing that goes over your head. This keeps you like the, 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 the your face exposed, essentially. A hat, but um, when he takes the, the mask off initially. He, you can't see a mustache, but maybe it's just the way he has his lips pursed that he's blocking that little pencil thin <laughs> mustache he's got. So you, what you're saying is at that point, you're like, it can't be Vanderlyle or John Waters is what you're saying at that point. That's but it could saying. still be, you, you know, the, but again, if we're going to be able to play along, it does seem so. We said this already. It seems so obvious, but. There's nobody else. Maybe too I, obvious. Th- there's only one other thing Diane. that could be. <laughs> there's, there's, there's two other things, Diane. But I'm telling you, 
If that's the general, oh, he's doing really good with that other arm. Like we're seeing no, no, two dude, arms, right? I was, I think is, I'm like, okay, maybe it's the general or colonel. I don't remember what his rank was. And the thing is, I'm looking at him like, okay, if he only has one arm that he's using, the other's just laying limp like a prosthetic, then maybe I could say so. But he's using both arms throughout this. Yeah, he's shooting guns, rooting toot and all that. That'd be, that'd be hilarious if it's Diane out of nowhere. It's because we don't it's really, it, it might be. I mean, we don't see him. They keep saying, like, he'll be here. Hey, he'll be here in a minute. He's off getting pastries. Now, why would... It's weird. Why would it be Humphreys? Like, Humphreys, in my mind, just to, you know, say it, it he could have just slipped down and grabbed that shit. And, you know what I mean? Like, the idea of burning everything down. But the down thing is, stuff. he he wanted to make sure that to try to get all this, like, evidence gone because he's tired of living that freaking butler well, life. I was he kind of thinking paid. the idea of maybe he was, like, you know, you're not. I, I don't know. Like your dad. Like, I'm, I'm sure that Humphreys is this character that Sandman fans like love and adore because he is the Alfred to Wesley. You're Dallas. like saying you Alfred imagine? is down there doing it, that, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. Because just imagine Alfred becoming a big bad of Bruce Wayne. Well, we didn't find out that when you have the the diary that got you know yanked with the all the different guest formulas. So it was also like, dear diary, Humphreys is a real bitch. Like, it was a lot of shit. That's what he ended up getting upset. I really hate his sandwich. Oops, I dropped a match. The guy can't make a cup of tea worth of shit. Uh, But by the end, yeah, you end up having it where, again, you get the whole deal with the Riley Rossmo art, those last couple pages. I'm like, holy shit, look at that. But he looks like he's about to die by his own hand, which is pretty cool. I, I think that that's a cool play, and even throughout the fight. I don't know by, fight, by his own. Well, I guess. Well, it's the gas. You, you know, I know. It's, I know, but I'm just trying to play semantics here. But for that's the what the bad gasser hand. keeps yelling too. Like he keeps yeah, yelling like, stupid shit like that too. He created the formula for this, but I was gonna. I was gonna say this whole thing. Like, it was his creation, but he he wasn't the one who did it because the man gasser. But no, he's the one who opened the canister. So even is by his own. <laughs> See, I was wrong, but I was right. Oh uh, yes. But again, I, I I think Van Diddy's doing a decent oh. enough job. Eric, I forgot to put that at the beginning. But what do you, what would you give this? Uh, you know, the art's still rough at times. Whatever you see, the Sandman, the Sandman looks cool. The Mad Gas looks even cooler because the Sandman in darker colors, which always looks better in my mind. But the story, it's it's cool at points when you see Sandman doing detective work when he's in the morgue. That's cool. But like ultimately, you don't go anywhere with it. Like he's in the apartment. Hey, this guy was uh, dishonorably discharged, and then you just go right to the Mad Gas. It moves so fast, but I never feel like I'm getting enough here. And just playing the game of who is the Mad Gas, I'm like, we know three goddamn characters. If you just show up with a Mrs. Voorhees at the end, I'm gonna be really pissed. But it's still it, it's fun, but it's not captivating me the way I still I wanted it to because I, I'm not a huge Sandman fan, but I w- always want something to make me that fan. But I'm gonna give it a six point eight out of ten. This was a fun issue though. I'm a 7.5. I'm a little higher only because, like you said, neither of us are big Sandman fans, but I actually feel like I I don't mind reading it when it's time and it comes out and we have to do and talk about it. I kind of like talking about it. And I think that one of the plays here where it it does feel like, and if there's a Mrs. Voorhees as the, you know, that sort of reveal, then we'll both be mad. But as of this point, I think that there's a, a really bad thing that you could do like if this was done by some other writers you may go wacky like size Spurrier gets a hold of this and we won't even know what the fuck's going on extra dimensional dream demons i like that it's that simple he is really giving you the feel of the time as well even with the corner and that whole deal gave us a little more of that the first couple issues we had that as well and so i do like it though 
I like that there's not a ton of characters, but in a mystery like this, it really, but maybe that's the twist, Eric. The big maybe twist. it is the twist. I'm telling you, <sighs> it's, a, it's a weird thing that I want for a little bit of synergy here from everything we've dealt with over the summer. While Night Terrors wasn't great, I would have loved to see the six issue mini dealing with, you know, the classic Sandman like this to show the adventure he went on where he originally found the Nightmare Stone and what happened. Yeah. With it. Yeah. That would have been cool if that was part of it, but it's its own thing. So I like it for what it is. It's giving people a yeah. little peek into. You know, Sandman, maybe get them interested to go read other things. The Sandman Theater, that whole deal, Mystery Theater is the big one. Uh, but with, I don't know what it's, no, it's not that. I'm trying to think like, really? What? No, you goofer. You goofer, as they say. I don't know what's happening tonight. I just want to go to bed. I feel like I'm going to die like the Wesley Dodd Sandman. Eric. Every time. Every uh, day. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't feel right tonight. But uh, what are we going to end with? Hold on, huh? Before we end anything, I want you to send me a message on a day that you do feel right because that's going to be well, a fucking sometimes miracle. Sometimes I feel okay. I it's never felt during those times. Here. I can't. I can't really think of some things. I'm having problems speaking. I'm not. You got uh, the you old know, man brain. I, I'm not having like a, a swallowing. I'm having problems with that right now, Eric. I can't oh, see. No. Um, I I smell like cinnamon. And my left arm hurts. I'm trying to figure out. I think what that's is, fine. What is it that you're supposed to smell if you're having like a stroke? Burnt or a feathers? Oh, well, yeah. Burnt feathers. I don't even know if I know what burnt feathers smell like. If, if they ended up like, when when the fuck would I have ever smelled burnt feathers? I'm not I doing your witchcraft sessions. No. I'm not there. I'm not there sacrificing those chicken to Baba Yaga like you. I'm, just, I'm, Baba a, Yaga. I'm a good boy, Eric. I'm a good boy. I just sit there. I just eat food and I go to bed. Try not to harm people. For Baba Yaga. Try to make some, you know, funny little <laughs> tweets that people take the wrong way because Baba Yaga gets involved there. Baba Yaga's getting her fucking chicken feet involved. I don't know what's going on. Oh, my. But what are we ending with here? Outsiders, number two, written by Jackson Lansing and Callum Kelly with art by Robert Carey, Valentina, uh, Tade, Tade, um, Tadeo. I wanted to say it right, but I'm going to I believe oh. it's Tadeo <laughs> and Tom Napolitano. Yeah, that's yeah. what I told you. We were trying to figure out who did the credits for this. And I'm like, I don't remember saying that name. So I think it's you. But maybe it Pretty wasn't, sure. Eric. Maybe it wasn't. But we'll, we'll give us a little synopsis here of this. I, I know what I want to say, but then I also want to fit, like phonetically pronounce it as I'm reading like a goddamn four-year-old. Is it because you smell burnt feathers for Baba Yaga? <laughs> Baba Yaga. <laughs> isn't, <laughs> that a, isn't that a Who song? I, I think it might be. See, I'm losing it, Eric. I'm losing it. Uh, I, I don't. You, you're going to tell people right now that you like this book a little more than me. I do not. And just before you go it's, and tell it's, people it's this rough, nonsense, though. the rough thing and what I want to go with is what I just said, not Baba Yaga or Burnt Feathers. But what I said about the Wesley Dodds deal, I don't really know much about Wesley Dodds Sandman. I am not really that interested in it. But the way that Venditti, as we like to get the okay, Venditti. Oh. When he ends up giving me the deal here, I am actually more interested in it just because I'm like, okay, it's simple enough for me to grasp. I'm going with this. You're setting some things up and you're doing kind of your due diligence to give me some things going on in a nice mystery. When you get into this, we're two issues in and you will say the planetary book that this is kind of the spiritual sequel to. Yeah, the basis of it told individual one shots, very crazy. Yes. But but the one shots, and you could even go with this could be the Pacific Rim type deal. We're, we probably talked about that earlier. But the one shots in the original planetary, they were these like 
pretty much homages to a lot of pop culture stuff, a lot of big things. You end up having a Godzilla thing in there. You have a bunch of things going on. But when I go into this, I don't get that feel. I feel like they're trying to do that. This feels a lot like what I said Dennis Culver, Denny Colvert, was doing with the Doom Patrol, trying to do something but not really doing their own thing and then kind of getting mixed up along the way to get something boring. And I, I thought that this was kind of boring. And well, I didn't really get weird. any character work in a book that's now two issues in, and I really don't know why I'd want to read it. Th- well, that's with the character work play. that you're talking about, I, I just want to know who you want to know about, because if this is trying to get the feel of Planetary, and you come in with Elijah Snow, the drummer and stuff like that, you didn't know anything about these characters for the most part, except for like weird, I'm saying though, like in the original Planetary though, like they just like, you know, you're here along for the ride, eventually you'll learn some stuff about this. At least in this book, you can have Luke Fox and Kate Kane to jump in on, hey, I know these characters. You say that, so then why aren't I invested in them or the story? Because you do have an easy way in. And yet, you don't like Planetary. No, it's not just Planetary, <laughs> because I've read now seven issues, me and actually on the side, me and Ruben have actually been reading Planetary, and I think it's yeah. awesome. And it gets you right away because it gets you with really good writing. And seriously, Warren Ellis is the star of that. You would go and read that because of no, him. I agree. And there's nothing like that. Like you said, Kate and Luke are the, the deal. The writer is the deal in the other one, whether or not he's canceling it up. But still, the idea of this, though, I just sit there and think, like, why? What is this about? Me knowing Luke is not doing anything for me to understand the story because Luke just sits there and says like random things. Most of the dialogue in here really doesn't have any sort of soul to it. It doesn't have a spark. It's just them saying, you know, military terms and stuff, but it's not good. Well, even the idea of military terms, like I, I don't really see that as a thing, like as a problem because you have them trying to be this pseudo like covert, like I don't even want to say military team, but a team that's going to deal with things that other people can't outside of a superhero basis. And in the first issue, it seemed like, oh my God, it's going to be huge multiversal fucking world ending shit because we found ourselves a shift ship. There's a freaking thing the drummer found about planetary to begin with. The idea of the authority in the background, what's this all mean for everything going forward? We don't know. And this issue jumps in. It's like, you know what? Back in my military days, we had a thing at this, you know, this Bermuda Triangle light area. Actually, I can't remember what the hell the uh, the, the Enlil I can't Triangle. Really say it, Enlil. It's very the odd. Enlil Triangle. Enlil okay, Triangle. We had uh, people go in there, and it has a constant storm for the last twenty five years, nonstop storm in this whole area. And I went in to find these people, and you know what I saw? A gigantic shark tentacle monster that would make H.P. Lovecraft shit his pants. And we didn't get like, uh, like you know. Barely made it out of there alive, and now we're going to go back. I want to investigate this as Kate came because that shit rocked my world back in the day. And instead of doing you know, like you know multiversal like weird shit, it's like, it's like twenty five hey, so- years ago, she's like, I got to get back to that. Well, that's the thing is, it was twenty five years ago, but Kate Kane's not that old in my mind. Like, well, you know, she must she, be. A- she might be like thirty in my mind for some well, reason. Then she so, was like, that's five years old. Five years old. No, the the thing is, when she went there, it, it had already been raging for a while. This this whole thing because it's been like a, since this, the millennium began. You know, the new millennium began. But the idea is like, all right, we do all this extra normal shit. And you know what, Luke Fox for our new planetary outsiders team. I want to go check out the Enlil Triangle, and it's like. Okay, we're gonna go check this shit out, you know. But it's Atlantean jurisdiction, like the hell with jurisdiction. We're gonna go in there, whether it's Atlantis or not. And this weird part about the issue, though, is because. This place that we're going on, the, the surface bottom of this part of the ocean, the surface bottom, I think that's how you want to say it, the ocean bottom, the o- ocean surface, you know what I'm saying. 
there's all these dead sea serpents. And for some reason, our outsiders team and the challenges of the unknown who show up are going to take care of this freaking monster themselves at the same point in time. For some reason, I have no idea why freaking these two units are converging at the same point. In the background of all this, for some reason, both sides want to talk so much shit on the former king of Atlantis, Aquaman, who hunts sea serpents for like sea monsters on the side and has a whole graveyard. I'm like, why are we talking so much shit on Aquaman for what he's doing? Because I want to say his, him being at least half Atlantean and the former king of Atlantis, he knew some shit and like was able to do things like, you know, he had a reason behind what he was doing, just not the, the wanton murder of it's like, you know, whalers. Throw it out there. It's so odd. But here's the thing. Again, the setup, whether or not it means anything, but it is wonky because she says, you know, the, ter- the beginning of the century, the storm starts. And then the first response team so it, what did they wait 15 years to go and check it out for the first time? And she says she was still a cadet. I mean, they, they end up where they're trying to like twist and turn shit to make sense just to make it the century deal to get to this point. It makes no sense. And then the whole play of it when she's talking about it, it really does come down to. And I know if you say, oh, that's planetary, whatever. But still at this point, you can't just have a book out there that people are going to just go, oh, I'll keep reading this bullshit because, hey. It's planetary because it seems like they already don't have anything to do. And they are actually sitting around in an office going, hey, anybody have any fucked up stories we could go investigate? And the drummer's like, not me. Heard a story about Bigfoot. Holy shit. I remember one. I was there. You you know that storm that rages on still? I think we should go there. All right, let's go. Like, it it doesn't even have any circumstance Tells them all about vampires. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) seriously. Like, when she talks about in space. With the freaking that crazy team of hers and stuff. Yeah, so they go to do this thing. Something Kate is the person for this job. If we're going to do more than just multiversal, like world threatening events, stuff like that. If you're going to do the unknown like this, Kate has always been the member of the Bad Family that deals, deals with monsters That's in the occult. fine. But it ends up where even at that one point, Luke's like, listen, we can do that, but we're not no fucking monster hunters. And that, I'm like, what is this book? What are we doing in two issues? It feels like the characters in the book are bored shitless and don't well, know what to know do. I don't even know that Luke at this point, beyond finding that shift ship, really has a mission statement. Like he knows he wants to deal with the broader, the broader things than the superheroes could want to do, like vigilante style. Uh, how about that? You just discovered a gigantic sentient ship last issue, and maybe look into that. But because you're again, I think that the worst play in this is. Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing thinking that they could somehow write as good as Warren Ellis, so they're going to play that game that That's he problem, did yeah. back in the original. Don't do that. You are trying to introduce a team and a team that has some, you know, characters that we can get behind because we know them, Kate and Luke. Use them to explore the stuff that you want to get everybody to know before we end up ending this in 12 issues. Not just random things. I know that that's what you did, but for the first six issues, maybe introduce the team, get people together, do all these things. And then the last six issues, then you could do some, you know, shit like that. But at this point, at the end, you say, we know Kate and Luke. Well, I still know Kate and Luke, but I'm not even saying that they really feel that much like they're doing anything. Well, Kate and Luke at this point in time are trying to do stuff outside of what you know them usually to do. But yet what they're doing here is saying, hey, anybody got anything to do? Oh, yeah, I remember the storm. And then they go to the storm and then it becomes just a wacky, stupid adventure that ends up having like at the end. Oh, my God, the twist is this, this and this. But at the end, I'm like, why the fuck am I reading this? 
Like, no, I'm I agree. This whole thing for the, this little this little one shot where we come across this raging storm that's been going on for a while. We go to the like the bottom, and through all of this, our outsiders team has to take on the challenge of the unknown because they were there first. They called dibs essentially. The coincidence. The coincidence of them, like, at this one point, Kate just goes, hey, we should go back and see this. And the, and the challenge of the unknown are there. But it's the new yeah. challenge of the unknown that we don't know. And, again, it throws everything off in my mind. You and don't it's have so a focus. so weird the way that, that uh, Jackson Lansing and Kellen Kelly are trying to, like, rectify everything that has happened with the challenge of the unknown. Because you have these little panels that are discussing who the challenge of the unknown are and different entities and different versions of the team. Because year one, following the plane crash, Olympic gold medalist Leslie Rocky Davis convinces three other survivor passengers to form a group of heroic two-fisted adventures. Okay, you got the challenges right there. Having successfully opened Pandora's box and following the subsequent mysterious death of their client, the challengers awarded a lucrative Pentagon contract to eliminate the worldwide genie menace. Now, I don't know shit about this part of the story because I'm not a huge challenge of the unknown fan. I don't even know if this is actually canon that's full of shit their ass, but... The idea is when I hear Pandora's box, I immediately go to the character Pandora in the New 52, even though Pandora's box is a, a thing that's been used forever, you know, had the seven deadly sins and stuff that you'd find in the, like the Rock of Eternity right now. But when they had that, I'm like, because I sat there, I'm like, did the challengers do anything for everyone? No, that has nothing to do with it. But when you go to the next little bit, hundreds are killed when Challengers Mountain explodes, including two founding members due to personal and legal intervention by Superman. The team is re reconstituted within a year and never held to account. The Challenge of the Unknown debuts as America's third highest rated reality program. The show is rated T for T due to violent images. But like it's so weird, this mishmash though, of like the, the way they're telling the story, because I find myself confused because I know a little bit about challenges, but it's not a book that I ever got because I don't really care about them that much. But I, I'm trying to figure out the timeline. Does it fucking matter? This isn't gonna sell. This is gonna be a bomb. And and so you're gonna throw this out there. I, I mean, think they're trying to tell us that this team, because I don't remember the story, but the challenge of the unknown that we had, like after like the um the New Age of Heroes book, I believe it was, that came out. I was like, now the fourth iteration of the challenges is formed through the interaction with the Dark Multiverse. They have subsequently executed over 137 confirmed operations against unknown targets. And I'm like, all right, I think I remember you guys, but for some reason, the way I remember it is that there was little tattoos of the hourglass on your chest that were running down and you only had a certain amount of time to live when you were outside of something. If anybody is out there and you have read Jackson and Lansing's like Kang series, but more so his, uh, and it's more of the Marvel stuff, but the stuff like Captain America or the Guardians of the Galaxy that they're doing now. You uh, probably shaking your head when I say that this is all bullshit, that it's not going to mean anything. It's them trying to be fancy. They do it in every book they write, and it means nothing. And that's what this is going to be and what this issue should have been. Like, just say we had six issues, five issues where they're doing things, they're going around, they run into this. You know, challengers of the unknown, this new team at one point, they rub again. And then this is that, like, not cool down issue, but that in between arc issue. That's what this feels like. This feels like something after the big stuff is over and they go, oh man, we got to go check out this storm. And then they run again into this thing, not in the second issue where you still don't even know what's going on. And all that, not interested. But it's just what Planetary did. The way, but again, this isn't Warren Ellis and Planetary. There's no reason why. Is this called Planetary? No, but it's just doing everything that Planetary's doing. Why? Why are you doing that then? It's not called planetary. It, you're going and you're actually grabbing things from the authority as well to go. And what you're doing then is you have a blueprint well, planetary of planetary shift shifts you, as well. Again, though, planetary was written by a great writer. Whether you like him or not, you're thinking sus. I don't care. He's a great writer. Lansing and Kelly aren't. They need to do it basic and get these characters. They're not doing anything with this. This book is going to just be 
Nobody's going to care. What What is it after this two issues? Are you like, man, I really love those challenges of the unknown. Oh, I really like that drummer that we get nothing about in two issues now. And don't get, if you think that the people who like the first planetary are going to like this, I also think you're well over, you know, mistaken there. Well, it's one of those weird things because you have people who just come out and be like, uh, like think that anything that's like a prequel or a sequel to something they love done by somebody else, they'll immediately say it's bullshit. Almost like the idea that we had before Watchmen, like uh, years ago when that was coming out, people just boycotted it because it was just the, how dare you do anything with this Watchmen? Because I love Watchmen so much. And the thing is, not all of them are great, but there were some decent stories, with, like, you know, just spread throughout. But you know that. And you want, you know, I would, if I was a writer, I'd want to avoid that. So how you avoid it is, yeah, you're using characters from Planetary. You're also using things from Authority. Don't try to mimic the, the way that it was done before because it's not working here. And I, I told you, I read the first seven issues of Planetary. Damn good. Each one is very, very good. Way better than any of these two. That I just had. at that I, point in time, like, I don't know anything about Elijah Snow or freaking. Uh, the thing, though, in this. Is Lansing and Ke- well, it's a twelve issue mini for our Maxi. First off, so you only have twelve issues. And the original Planetary is only like twenty seven. But when yeah. when Ellis was writing it, he's just writing it. Well, I'll get to this, and eventually through the whole thing, you learn about the characters. It's you know the whole play here. They only have a set amount of time, and, and I'm not getting anything from this. I again, this second issue feels like it would be an annual story or a cool down kind of side mission. Not a second issue of a series. I, again, I know what you're saying. I know that this is, you know, everything's going to be, but there are, how many, uh, I don't, I guess I could ask you what percentage, but how many people are reading this and they're like, man, this sucks, but it's doing what Planetary did. I think there's a lot of people that don't even get that connection. They just want to see because it's the outsiders. No, it's not really. You know what I mean? When you come in and if you're an outsiders fan, I think you're going to be thrown off, right? It has nothing to do with the outside as far as they're concerned. There's, like, I don't know why they didn't call it planetary. Is it their thing that like DC owns planetary, but they don't have the rights to call something planetary without Warren Ellis saying you know so what? or something? I actually, I I actually think they want to not get the Warren Ellis no, actually, you know, that's, name. That's a great possibility. You know what I mean? I think that that might be the play. And – because you, you're throwing everybody off with everything you're doing here. It's a misdirect from get-go. I'm, I'm yelling – Man, this isn't worn out, but I think that's the play. You call it planetary, and then you get what you said. People are just going to be like, bullshit, they're not Warren Ellis, which they're not, which is fine, but they're trying to be it, though. I don't know why they're trying to mimic. And it's not the outsiders. <laughs> and it's not the outsiders. While in the in the background of everything, we should still have a Batman outsider team out and about that fe- features, you know, Duke Thomas and Cassandra Yeah, Kane. remember that? People actually brought that up, and I kind of forgot that play of remember we even had that black thing coming off of that where we even continued that nonsense yeah and I, like that was kind of a cool team yeah i think it was, was it brandon thomas it was something like i don't know the thing is you say the idea of a cool team because you know let's just say that you're here for the outsiders and like the Outsiders, whether it's the original version, the current version that we have right now, not not talking about this book, but Batman's Outsiders. I have never liked The Outsiders. I've always just wanted Batman to do Batman things. I've always wanted those heroes to either 
go away and not be face like be in front of me anymore or do their own thing like a black lady. I think Katana is one of the most boring superheroes there is. I never want her to show up. Metamorpho, people love Metamorpho. Rex Mason does not do it for me as a whole, though. I think he looks cool, but I never find myself, boy, I have any more fucking Metamorpho in my life. And like Geoforce, I'm just, I thank God that he killed Rachel Gold is locked up now, so I don't have to see his stupid ass she, anymore. Maybe you could have, because they also had the Outsiders book, like the, but maybe that's a weird thing when you say Geoforce, like, Maybe you do a play, and I don't know how many other characters it'd be, but almost like the Outsiders version of the Suicide Squad, where you end up, but you don't like Geoforce, so you don't want him there anyway. Like, maybe Nightwing's, you know, freaking Outsiders weren't terrible. Yeah, that's like, what I'm but, saying, the Nightwing Outsiders know. is a deal, but like like I said, and I'm I'm yelling a lot about, but I'm, it's, it's only because when I go to read this, I like the art, and I think yeah, there's some great. cool things going on, but when I get to this play, and I'm, I'm I'm still in the mode, we say, we usually give something three issues. I'm still in the mode of deciding, what is this book about? Do I like the characters? Do I like the stories? Do I like this? And I I, I just throw my hands up. I don't know. I, I'm not saying that I hate this completely, but as a second issue, the first issue I thought was boring. And I thought that, okay, we're playing some things. Yeah, I get the planetary connection, but I don't really know. Let's see what the next issue does. And you completely just throw that less again, like planetary, but is it serving it well? Because now we end up with Luke and Kate and, and the drummer. Hey, let's go here. And it, you get this play by the end of like the drummer and Kate kind of becoming kind of buddies a little like they're, they're yeah. but, but you don't mutual really, respect. I, I don't feel like it's anything organic. I don't feel like I'm actually believing it. It just is them making it happen. And it's just, Nothing has it because they're just in the play. Kate ends up in a mecha suit. She uh-huh. goes down into a bone graveyard of monsters. They end up with the challengers of the unknown. They're yelling shit about Aquaman. And then at the end, I don't even know really what they do with like this monster that's causing the they, storm they do and things like they that. They go. do nothing. So they did nothing. I mean, that's the they thing did at nothing. the end. They could have helped it, maybe, but not they the did idea. Nothing. There's nothing to help. This is its home, so like this is where it should stay with its family, whether it's dead or mm. alive. But this whole idea becomes this weird thing where it's like we got to kill this monster because Kate Kane's like you know troops were killed like a long time ago from this whole thing. She barely escaped with her life. This is a storm that's it's causing that's been going on for 25 years at this point. But now the idea now that Kate gets down there and she sees this thing face to face for the first time, she recognizes something and it's horrible so abomination ridiculous. face where she realizes. Oh my God, it's like me. It's lost its family. <sighs> and she flashes back to her mom and sister dead. And it's like, Oh my God, check this out, guys. It, 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 this is its home right here. This is what's family left. This has nowhere else to go. It's like, and the challengers are like, fuck this. The one Bethany who can't stop smoking a cigar, especially in an oxygen filled freaking like, you know, sub, submersible. Like you're crazy. But you know, it's like everyone I've ever loved is dead too. Hell, technically we, we all are, but still every day we get up and we put on the uniform and we make the world a better place. The challenge, we challenge the unknown because someone needs to look into the dark and tell the monster staring back they don't belong in the light. And Kate King says to her, he doesn't need your light. He has its own. And then it's like, then the other challenge is like this. Bethany, I don't care if you're a 60-ton storm summoning exocetacean or just a kid growing or a kid good with numbers running away from a group home. If you've got no family, there's no better place to be. And with that little speech there, they all decide, yep, we're going to leave it here. (laughs) You know the storm that raged on for a quarter of a century? Where this thing is killing anybody that enters the annual triangle? Yeah, Yeah. that's the deal. Let the monster watch. And 
it, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the end, the, you're setting it up to be this like feel good thing. Oh my god, they're heroes. Oh my god, they're doing this, but it, it really doesn't do anything. I mean, I, you don't really get the scope of anything because while you're doing this, you're also with the challengers yelling about Aquaman. You end up where oh, the challengers trying down. to kill the outsiders the entire time because they keep going into the like the the plate that they're supposed to go, so they keep almost wrecking like Luke Fox's you know jet submersible. Yeah. So legitimately, this mo- this baby monster has kind of been sitting there like tapping its claw, like "Come on, let's get on with this," and they're like, "Nope, we're gonna let you ride," and then they just leave, and the monster just stays there, upset because it really is living amongst the bones of its family. I'm like. At least do something to help it, please, because it is, it's not happy. What do you to do to help it? But again, it's not happy. They leave it. it, The storm is because it's, you know, flipping out all the time because it's looking at the dead bones of its mother and father. And then they're like, let it go. And then they just, why did you do that? Like, I'm saying the story itself. I'm not saying that in the story you could really do anything. But to base it, to come up with this is just bullshit. I think that they watched half of an episode of Doctor Who. Because it really feels like that sort of play, but they didn't really get the full scope of it, and they really are not good storytellers. In my mind, the idea of a beginning, middle, end to get something like, oh, man, that was awesome. I get at the end, I'm like, I just wasted however long, because it took me a little bit longer than some normal issues to do this. And then again, what the fuck are we going to do next where the drummer's like, you know what? I have a lot of parking tickets in old London town. We're going to have to do those because they're unknown. And then it's bullshit. This book has no focus or anything yet. I, I don't know the challenge of the unknown that it is. Like we get introduced to everybody, but this one black guy and I have no idea why they don't say his name or maybe I just missed it. And I don't know because he is the best. Part. He gives that awful speech at the end about, to, you know, there's no better place for somebody who doesn't have a home. There's no reason for this speech for like the world. I think that say, might you know, be Moses. Is, safe. is that Moses? Is it Moses? Maybe. You, know, it is Moses. Moses. you know what? Yeah. It is Moses. You are, you are absolutely correct. It is Moses. They leave him hanging scene. at the end. When, when everybody <laughs> is done with the sea <laughs> monster, right? <laughs> The, the freaking challenge, the uh, challenge and then they're coming to the surface and then the outsiders are flying up and they're submersible into the jet and he's waving goodbye to them. He goes, oh, they didn't wave back. Yeah. yeah. I started laughing so hard. It made me laugh Moses too. Right there. Poor Moses. I'll put, I don't know how I forgot Moses. He's got the coolest name. I'm not saying quality of anything like in this analogy, but the idea where Warren Ellis's planetary, that's Transformers. This is Transmorphers. This is, this is like, GoBots. It's tra- yeah, it is. It's go- I'm just going by movie deal. But the idea where I'm supposed to sit there and take it seriously when these challenges of the unknown are like, we're going to wreck shit. We're- that Aquaman's a bitch. Oh, man. They're like. Yeah, Bethany and Crunch are a little, like, uh, aggressive. Yeah, and then it's like, man, I don't care if you're a set. When you get that Moses speech, then I'm like. It sounds so cheesy and corny and just not. I don't even know, know what he's talking about, though. It's like there's no better he's place to be. He's saying that the family like, is there. Everybody's getting all, you know, oh, my God, look at that monstrous baby. I now know that we're the family. But we don't know this team. So you don't get it. I said I got this whole, I got misty eyed when Robin's saying, hey, listen, you're not kid brother. Kid Flash, and well, I, I got biggest. a connection. We're, so it may- we are talking about these characters that we know and love, and want to see this connection with. When we have Moses from the newest iteration of the Challenge of the Unknown talking about how he feels compared to a freaking storm summoning underwater monster, I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting the connection here that we had over in the world's finest. Don't you love Titans. it? Where you end up? That's what I'm saying. And and yet, Lansing and Kelly somehow think you do when Moses reaches over. 
to rub the shoulder of Bethany and say, listen, there is no better place than here. You're a challenger. I'm like, mm, whatever. Get the. I actually was uh, hoping. It's the worst because I want to go back and I want to read. I, I say I want to. I don't want to. I just want to understand the idea because I swear there was something with their hourglass tattoos running down and them doing this whole thing. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing right now that's allowing them to stay alive, though, or how that works anymore. Because I hated that miniseries. Yeah, but the miniseries, it was the New Age of Heroes stuff. I couldn't remember the name when we had that new challenges at one point. And it was part of, I believe, because of the dark energy, because of the, the whole metal and things. The dark and it was part of the dark yeah. multiverse energy that they ended up where things were going on. Because remember, the sideways ended up phasing through the mountain. Oh, yeah. And that ended up making him. And so there was that. It was a weird play, but it wasn't well, I'm good. I'm trying to think of how it worked. Because did the mountain show up in Gotham? Or did the, the yeah. earth open up and sideways fell through the dark multiverse <laughs> membrane, thought, which gave it, him his powers? You say that. I thought it just... Like blinked out for a minute. Like I, I don't and remember. I, it possibly it's, did. Yeah, Honestly, I don't it, remember the right. deal. I don't really because remember. Because whenever you the... bring up Dark Multiverse, none of it actually matters because it's all bullshit. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm telling you. Yeah, these guys. Holy crap! I'm looking at the uh, challenge of the unknown, but it's not this new one. I, I just don't care. I, I mean, the idea. If you're gonna give me anything, I need more like Rocky Davis and Brendan Ruskin. Give me Kenny Kawhi. I, I, I actually Play don't want any of those characters because no, I don't, I don't like care it. about any of the challenges that are known, but I will tell you this. I care about the outsider slash planetary, what their original mission statements seem to be in that first, because finding a shift ship and what I know what's going on in the bleed right now with the new candle maker and the Batwoman who laughs, even though I don't want to see a new <laughs> the Batwoman who laughs ever again, but everything that's going on in the DC universe, it seems like something that like we need to have this outsider's team for what they're doing, because we don't have an authority right now. We don't have planetary. We don't have the team that would usually do stuff like this. So I like seeing there. This feels like a weird smaller misstep for what we had from the first issue like it's like a little side quest that you went on for a sea monster instead of the actual thing it's a side quest that you should have done after the first big arc that introduced the team and all the concepts then you could do this in between arcs a storm that's been going on for 25 years in the middle of the ocean well yes that's intriguing it's not multiversal end of the world extinction stuff that you know luke fox seemed to be his mission statement originally yeah but i love the idea too i mean they go back because Lucius, remember, is part of the deal, even though you even said they yeah. got they they mixed up the numbering of how it's supposed to be. Again, they got even in that first issue. They changed things. Yeah, it's weird. In that first issue, you had Kate reference what her mom always says, but then here they remember that her mom was killed in front of her. There's weird plays going on. No, no, no. It's not what her mom always says because she says to the Germany, you're old enough to be my mother. You're, you're my mother's age. I'm like, no, your yeah, mother yeah, died yeah, when you were a little was, girl. Yeah, That's so weird. It was weird. But it was weird. They seemed to not. Uh, but now here we see that they did know, but they just think, I don't know. But it's yeah, well, comment. I, I, I was looking just as we were going. And again, if, if somebody's out there, if we could finally find them, the, the needle in the haystack, the big challengers fan. Right. We we apologize. It's just something we don't know. So when you get the team, I was just trying to look through the team and you do have a mix of like classic members in here like Crunch, but then in with Bethany, who seemed to be on that new challenges book of them. But I'm trying to see they had those tattoos on their forearms. I'm looking at the picture of her. I just don't remember much about that book because it wasn't. Neither do I. I'm not even I, I I'd like to say that we didn't even finish it, but I think those were the days, though, when we we really tried to you know make sure we did everything. But you say those that. new heroes did, got wacky. The terrifics we bailed we, on. Did we finish the Curse of Brimstone? Uh, I doubt it. Uh, I think me <laughs> and Brandon finished Damage. 
But we finished and, and sideways. Damage, I didn't mind. I know we finished sideways. We finished the silencer because those were the standouts in our mind. Yeah, we really did like silencer. But I think we may have bailed. Uh, I now that we think about it, when you say brimstone, that was oh god, wasn't that? I always because Justin Jordan, I believe, and he was just yeah. you know rolling in the town, rolling, rolling, and you end up where I think we stopped reading this. And Scott Snyder bailed on it at one point too. I think I, I'm looking now to see it might have been this Aaron Gillespie that did, I'm looking to see. There was weird things. Remember at that point when you'd have Scott Snyder and he'd start a series, like even the stuff with the signal, and then he'd pass it off to somebody else, and then he'd start something that was all that. Well, a lot of times you have these concepts that Scott Snyder will start to other people, like, you know, then we had um, we had James Tynan when he did James the Tynan the fourth one. Exactly. Like, people would pick up the concepts that he created in other books to do their own series. And even some people, because if you look, you have that Batman and Robin uh Eternal that's listed as Scott Snyder But really it was more James Tynan Is what I was told that he was doing it But they wanted to put Scott Snyder's name on it But it was almost like that makes sense. It was almost like from the mind of Scott Snyder Back in the day but that Yeah, it's like J.J. Abrams back in the day Yeah, exactly, I was thinking about J.J. Abrams When I said it, but the The deal with the new Challengers, it ended up like Really fizzling out so quickly It reminded me of Joshua Williamson before it Switched to Dan Abbott on that Justice League Odyssey, like that Fucking fizzled too. Uh, God damn, that got good with Dan Abbott. Though. It did. We were really liking it. Yet again, almost everything that we talked about in the last five minutes, none of it mattered, Eric. I mean, everything got matter. pushed aside and wiped away. But some of the stuff was pretty cool. This could be cool. I just the way that it's being presented, I can't get behind it yet. And it's a hard, it, like you can't have the two things together in my mind. That's it's disaster. Something that is already hard to get behind for most general readers and then wonky it up to make it even harder. And you have Luke and Kate. There's one reason why they're there, because we know those characters and we love them. And that's our gateway in. And yet you still don't seem to be able to make it like something that's gripping me or me wanting well, to jump in. Well, that's the thing. Besides for Kate looking at this thing and saying, yeah. oh, my God, his family died. You just don't really like my- get the play, right? Let's just say we take Kate, Kate out of it. Like, you know, you have a little bit for the idea of when her, she was in the army and this is where she was first encountered this thing how many years ago, whatever. But besides that, you can pretty much take Luke and Kate and trade them for any other character ever for even, and, and keep all the dialogue the same too, it feels like for the most part. And it's so weird that that's the case because you want them to stand out because they are our gateway in, but they can just be. Tony, this could be Mr. Terrific. And I'm just thinking of anybody who's a rich guy at this point and somebody who's just a random vigilante and they could freaking work. Yeah. Just imagine that out of the, and that's the, you, you said the most craziest thing is that you don't even have to change the dialogue. You wouldn't even have to change it at all. I mean, out of nowhere, you could tell me that I could say, this is Ram V's vigil. It continues on. And oh my God, I agree. Look, Arclight just went down. Oh, Dodge was the one going to – nothing would change. And then we actually – at that point, in my mind, because if you're going to use Kate as this you know, gateway character in – Our proxy, yeah. I like to call her the Kateway character, Eric. You see how oh. I did that? When you end up – when she looks at the monster and then, oh, my God, Kate's mom – we know that. Like you're actually – the only character work you're giving us is something we already know. It's not like if – again – I made the joke of Vigil. If it was Dodge, Dodge is down there and like sees that. And then we're like, oh, my God, Dodge had a disaster. Parents, like that's something new. That makes you connected to the character. But this is just like, yeah, we know this. It almost is. You're almost desensitized to it, unfortunately, of the idea. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. And then move on. And it's just weird. 
It's just a very odd, odd deal. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think that they have that spark for this. And maybe it's the wrong kind of book. I don't hate this issue, Maybe they're though. trying it's too much, though, you know? It doesn't do enough for what it seems like it's almost promising it's going to do. I'm not saying it's promising, but it almost feels like it's almost promising. You said a weird deal. As a one shot with maybe, I don't know. It, it's not bad, but as a second issue of a series, that's already, in my mind, it's going to struggle to get people on board. Uh, it's it's a misplay. But what would you give it? Ultimately, we give it a 6.3 out of 10. I think the art's fine throughout, and the story's fun for a little jump, but it really just becomes nonsense by the end for the outcome of everything. Like, it, it lost its family, and you know what? We should leave it alone because it lost its family. And it's just, uh, it's very lackluster by the end, but like, you know, the challenges I don't care about. They're fun while they're here. They don't really mean anything. It's just uh, something for the our outsiders team to go up against, and they're kind of like unrelenting, which is kind of fun for the issue, but it's it's not a well thing overall because again it is the challengers of the unknown. <laughs> yeah, uh, in my mind too. Just as an aside, because we don't really know them, you can also change the challengers in and out with just about any team, and we would have again. You wouldn't have to change anything. You wouldn't have to change the script, and I can't give anything like that anything. You're like just it's the name anything. All of a sudden, it's a, yeah, the Blackhawks. It could even be the Legion of Superheroes. I mean, you could have any team, and at the end, they're like, oh, you know what? Wildfire, you end up belonging and, here with you know us. What? Let's hug it out. It could be Stormwatch or Vigil. I actually thought of Stormwatch, as I was going to say, but I already used Vigil, but it could be. And maybe it should have been. I mean, that actually, if it was the Vigil no, or the Stormwatch Vigil, team, it might have really, that would have sparked something there. Like, oh my God, it ties into some new oh, But even cool tying into the Stormwatch, I could see Mr. Bones in the crew in here trying to find what's going on with the Storm. I mean, finding out what's going on with Storm, I could see Mr. Bones' asshole going down and saying he's going to end up grabbing that monster and use it for his own nefarious purposes, right? And so then you actually then have something where Kate says, we got to save, like, we got to stop. Originally, we got to stop Bones from getting the monster, but then afterwards saying, what do we do with it? We let it ride. We just let, because it's, you know, the connection there. And then for some reason, strange little Aquaman bashing. Yeah, again, wouldn't Aquaman bashing be better for Mr. Bones? It certainly would for me. I'm telling you, it's made the issue. Certainly would for me. I don't mind if I do. You just made the issue just by inserting a team without changing any dialogue either. Maybe you change it a little because of Bones, but it's already better. It's already, I know that maybe they can't use different things, but why? This is the thing. It feels again like these writers who they come in and Lansing and Kelly did a bunch of stuff at DC, but then they went over to Marvel. They're coming back. They're going back and forth. They have a couple things going on. Like I said, Guardians of the Galaxy right now. Boring as shit, that book. But it feels like they're trying to impress somebody out there that I don't know is out there. You're playing the idea of planetary. Then you bring in challenges, the unknown. Reggie, unfortunately, has passed away. He's the guy I know who would dig this, (laughs) right? The only other person is maybe Ruben. Maybe Ruben Light, but this isn't something that is going to be, oh, my God, did you hear the new challengers are in the Outsiders? That's not quite the Outsiders, but it's playing the, the game of the planetary. I mean, just imagine saying that to somebody. Just imagine, like, oh, you like the Outsiders. I, see, I yeah. I, who am I going to say it to and in what context? I just imagine I'd say this to some random guy and, like, where would I be? Maybe the bar. I'm going to get punched in the face. <laughs> or you're just you're mad at them and you want them to waste money. Go and get that, buddy. Maybe if your friend. Like comics, but he also liked the H. 
And you, you want to convince them to get something They're besides the, besides the H. You tell them that this is good. And it's all over that. I'm giving it a straight five, uh, maybe a four. It's just it's so odd that you could just interchange any character in the DC universe. That is a problem. I'll team. give you that. So I'll go four. Uh, I just think it's boring, but it could get better. I mean, it's it's not like I was. It, I'm not mad because it ruins anything. I'm mad because I don't know what the fuck it's doing. It's just kind of. Doing its own thing, I guess. I don't know. But that's that. It's not my book of the week, I'll tell you that. But what is your book of the week? My book of the week is a tie this week between World's Finest Teen Titans number six and Titans Beast World number two. Mine is as well. Mine is as well. I, I like them a little tiny bit more, but I'm more of a positive guy, Eric. But here, here we go. Here's what we'll be talking about Shush. next week on the podcast. Oh, my goodness. I think I got rid of that now. How about the wolf, the wolf man? Oh, my goodness. Clown maker. <laughs> Ah, we have uh, all these books. We got a lot of books again next week, and two of these will be on the Patreon spotlight. Two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Er, shush, er, shush. And shush, shush. And if you want to get involved and listen to a lot of other shows, including that spotlight, please go over to patreon.com slash weird science, where there's no agenda, just tons and tons of comic book podcasts, Eric. That is my new slogan, right? I like it. I like it. <laughs> ah, here's what we're going to talk about next week. Batman, Superman, World's Finest, number 22. All right. Kingdom Come stuff. We get to see Magog, Eric. We see Gog. Or Gog or whatever, but we'll see what's going on Which there. Which Gog is it, and how is it going to make sense to old Eric Shea? Yeah. Well, that's the big play. Is it going to be able to make sense to old Eric Shea? But we also have Batman Offworld, number two, Jason Aaron's story that I really, I like that first one a lot. So I'm hoping yeah, that that continues on. Him and that punchy robot. And, and that, that girl, right? Was she Tamaranian? I can't, I can't remember yes. quite. Yeah, she <laughs> yeah, was. So. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. See how that goes. Had a little bit of a Guardians of the Galaxy feel in my mind. I, I don't ever pish posh that. Now, I wish that that had the feel over on, at Marvel right now on the actual Guardians of the Galaxy book. But that's besides the point. Here. Catwoman number 60. 60 yep. issues of that. I, I'm, I'm telling you, at one point, we could sit down. And pick out the amount of issues that really were good in that 60 issue run there. And there's not many. There's not many. And a lot of them will be Ram V's. I'll that tell Ram you that. Ram V high story I liked. I was going to say. And I'll <laughs> tell you, even when he took over the deal, like he was the better writer of all this rebirth into this run. Uh, but, you know, you know, you have things going on there. Green Lantern War Journal number four, a book that I wasn't quite into until Eric Shea. Shed the light it. on me. The green light. The green yeah. light. It's plural. You did, it. <laughs> you did it. But I am looking forward to see how that plays. I will say a little teeny now it's be bit of me. Light. Well, a little teeny bit of me is looking forward to it falling apart so I can yell at you then. I'm like, you made me like this. I just thought you to know. You, you even liked the last issue like more than I did, so Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. But I'll tell you, if it goes south, I'm blaming you. I'm not blaming Philip Kennedy Johnson. I'm blaming you. Hawkgirl number six. You like the, the last finale. issue more than I did. Whew. We'll see how that ends. Uh, and when it ends, I believe it'll end to the point where nobody will ever talk about that book again. In, in you know, in mixed company. Uh, <laughs> mixed company. <laughs> mixed company. I, I never get a lot of times to say mixed company. I don't know why you want to. You know, it's like, hey, don't talk like that in mixed company. Like stuff like that. You see it a lot, like 
with big cheese, you know, the big CEOs. I don't know why I said that. why it would be big CEOs. The big cheese? I, you know, the big cheese. I said the big cheese earlier. I didn't want to repeat myself. You know, when somebody comes in and they're like, hey. Don't, you I, talk to a lot do, of CEOs, do you? No. No, I don't. Hey, wait, watch it there. We're in mixed company. Mixed company we are. And what I do mean is, like, there's me, you, and a bunch of Beast World monsters. I'm that telling you, for some company. reason, the way you say it, all I can think of is somehow it's racist, and I don't know why. It's not. It's a regular term. Now you made it cancelization. <laughs> you just got your head. You got your head in the cancel gutter. That's what you got. I did it. I'm like everybody else now. <sighs> mixed company. Eric, that's what happens. <laughs> Stop it. When you're a CEO called the Big Cheese, and you're in mixed Smoking company. Smoking a stogie. Living life large. What books don't you like there with the mixed companies? Jay Garrick, The Flash, number three. That's a damn good book, Eric. I like it. I like it, except for Robert. How about this? What what are you, racist? I have this big deal here with it. Against robot bears? I am. I'll take that one. No, I thought you just meant like a a French guy that lived near you. I am up where I got a message from Trevor. Shout out to Trevor. And he actually, this is funny. Shout I wish Trevor. I, and oh. I just, that was it. I just wanted to shout out Trevor. Okay. Now, he listened to our review and he wanted to let us know that that day or the day before he went to the mall in his town, right? Really? It was packed. He said there were Holy so many teens. And it's it's awesome, though. I actually got so happy. Where's Trevor that- live? I want to go back to where he lives and have a good old mall again where people care about it. I say that like I don't want to be around those people, but I want to go back to the point in my life where I can deal with that and would care about it. So let's do that. Off to Rhode Island there. That's where we're all going. Right. Uh, but Docs, yeah, you the shit up- out of you, Trevor. <laughs> so I am off base with all my commentary about the mall and Jay Garrick the Flash. That's the thing, but I was right with you. You also have a Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, number three. Pretty cool. Let's get to them kaiju battles. Where's Kong at? Kong is in all of the ads for this. Did you hey, see you it? Think it Superman's says Kong dead? showing up. No, I don't. I think that he might <laughs> be alive. Because, you know, Godzilla beat Superman. It's canon now. Nightwing number 109. Ooh, we are. Right from me. Think B's dead? No. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. Okay, this is a weird play here because it looks like it also ties into the Beast World. Because I thought that it oh, was Oh, shoot, yeah, that's in, right. It does tie into Beast World. I but it does about have that. the conclusion of the Nightwing's, Nightwing's pirate quest. It's a bit of a nightmare. I just it. imagine it's like this. He ends his pirate quest, goes back to the Bloodhaven. Like, oh, no, look at all these spores. He is going to be on the dock. Oh, shit. He gets a call from Starfire. We have a problem with a Necrostar. Because oh, he no. was the one, yeah, the Necrostar, he has to be, because he's the one who said the plan was a A-OK. Good to go. So that'll be weird. Yeah, works out. But you, me and you are both in agreement that it probably is the cliffhanger page. Like, that's it, right? That's They're going to end up, hey, right way, we got shit going on Maybe here. you get Where two pages. Maybe. Get a, wouldn't it have been funny? If when you started out Beast World, just for some reason, and we didn't even notice, we'd go back now and like, oh, shit, he's in this pirate getup. Like, he ran right to the HQ in his pirate <laughs> That'd be funny synergy. Like, I like that. That would have been such a weird play that if we went back. But uh, you also have Superman number nine. Feels like it's been a while since Superman's come I out. Agree. Are you with me? It, it really I does. I can't even remember and, what happened to the last Superman off the top of my head right now. I can't remember what happened to in fucking The Outsiders, Eric. We just got done that 10 minutes ago. Or maybe a day ago, the way we play. Yeah, I'm but- looking now because I swear to God, I, I want to say that it was uh, November 22nd. Oh, that's yeah, not that right long ago. 
Why does it seem like it's crazy? But uh, yeah, we have Superman chained on the cover. So that's pretty cool. I still like that. That's the one book that I really like Joshua Williamson doing. So I'm down with that. We have Titans, Beast World, Titans, colon, Beast World, colon, Tour, colon, Central City, colon, number one. colon? It's weird. This one has Titans, colon, Beast World, colon, Tour, colon, Central City, number one. That's too many colons. What are you, a proctologist? Or... <laughs> uh, <laughs> you didn't Let's like see that? see if that one's any better. Because I doubt no, it's going to be any better. My joke. No, I don't want to talk about that at all. Well, I shouldn't have said it in Next Company. That's what I well, should obviously. Have you didn't like that so many colons? This isn't- I have spent the last two weeks of you just talking about colons, man. What do you After want from me? After I said it, I actually thought, like, I'm so down. I'm like, is that, is that the right doctor? Because you didn't react. I thought, <laughs> then again, if I'm like, what am I, a pediologist? Is that something? What is a pediologist? <laughs> I don't know. Whew, Eric, big cheese. Wonder Woman number four is the other one. Wonder Woman number four. We'll have, right. uh, you know, some narration. Little Trinity in the back half, though. We like that. So we'll I see do. what's going on. As something tells you it's like we like that so much. They'll be like, and in the backup story, Beast World hits. <laughs> some stupid like that. We're like, oh, shit. And here's a Kanga backup. There you go. That's it. Uh. I had been notified, Eric. Uh, Yeah, actually did point out that we haven't been picking the books that we think will be on the Patreon really? spotlight. Yeah, we, we've actually just at the end, I think that we end up going so long into it that we just end up where we don't even think of it and then we leave. But I, we already talked about it before we even got on to do this section. And we do think that it will be Titans, colon, Beast World, colon, Tour, colon, Central City, colon, number one. And then the also the Kaiju's Justice League colon versus colon Godzilla versus Kong colon three. Right? That's what you do. Yeah, it says in those ads that Kong, you know, now the king of the jungle steps up. Do, do they call him the king of the jungle? Do they really say that? They say something. It, it has that feel to it. And then Tarzan's like, what the fuck? Like, that's, a, that's my only thing. Is, is Tarzan the king of the jungle? He's the king of the jungle to me. There's a lion to me. I don't know. Oh, the King of Skull Island enters the battle. I, get, I see yeah, it. Now. I knew it said the King of something. Goodbye, Jim J. Bullock. <laughs> Jim J. Bullock. I like Jim J. Bullock. He, he was kind of funny. He was a center square for a while. Uh, but with that, I still like Paul Lynn, though. You know. Agreed. Yeah. I, Paul Lynn, Eric. That's a reference for all the young kids. But what do we say <laughs> at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. week. Hopefully. <laughs> keep it weird. Weird. Weirder. Well, not as weird as this. No, but still no. keep it weird. Yeah. And, and uh, we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. A book came out, it was a juicy night I sit alone, put on my bedroom light I started reading it, I get it was just pants What does this shit happen to me? And that's about the time I got mad at DC This shit won't tell them even if was free They had no clue right now, it really shows Who the hell is Galaxy? I wish I could control my rage Here we go again, here we go again 
later on Give it another world, hold up, relax And read some Power Girl But now her name is Paige And I thought, what the hell When did she get telepathy? And that's about the time I got mad at DC The ship won't tell them even if was free They have a clue right now, it really shows What the hell is wrong with me? I wish I could control my rage Here we go again, here we go again